This very special, very spooky episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. We are doing cool things with the network, new shows, reaching new goals. Uh, we're doing it with your help. Um, you know, just past the five-year anniversary, I'm very proud of the show. And uh, we couldn't do it without you guys. So uh, please, if you'd like to join us, go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Thank you. <laughs> Come on down. That's right, you screw. Come on down to Los Illuminati Garden. We got pasta and we got plagas. You, you're gonna be family. You're gonna be so family. We'll get inside you. Unlimited plagas ball. Bing. Soup salads are and breadsticks. Kabow. And sauce. Mama mia, do we got sauce? I'll tell them about it, Leroy. Hey, you don't have to take our word for it. We got Matalo. Maine. It's an Asian-inspired sauce, you see? It's so good, it's like a trip out east for your taste buds. And then we got... Cabron. Nera sauce. It's good. Like mama make it so nice. Which I think is some sort some sort of cheese sauce. A bechamel. Yeah, for good about it. Boach. Listen, Joey. Let your Uncle Cracker talk to you for a minute or two. We keep our cost down because that's the way we did it. In the old country, <laughs> we got cheap labor to work the pasta mines to provide elegantic value. <laughs> Every dish comes with Luis Sarah Miss Soda squirts and plenty of sour krauser. But hey, come here. What do we tell you about taking our fucking word for it? Fucking sisters, kid, I tell you. Can't even get a job, you fucking Hello, kaboom. I'm Ashley Graham. I'm the president's daughter. I have a set of real big two-point sweater jumpers and a big old juicy butt, and I'm here to say that I can't resist Los Aluminum Olive Gardens, Regenerating Crub Bowl, Bellalina Sisters Tea, and Novis Doritos. Mm-mm, I'm a Plagas girl, and I love me some pasta. Pasta, pasta, pasta! Plagas, Plagas, Plagas! Come on down to Los Illuminolive Garden, where the pasta ain't free, but your family. You family. Your family. Your family. 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 It's Hospitaliano. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Rouse. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fire. Hold on. Oh. My name is Gory Murderfield. Mm, my name is Rust Cole. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. That is a retro games podcast. 
and you <laughs> this week we are talking about Resident Evil 4, which is a survival horror game developed and published by Capcom for the GameCube in 2005. It is a survival horror game, pet ants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. It straddles the line, but it's there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely there. It straddles the line and it uh, marks a turning point, but we're not quite in RE5 territory just yet. The turning point happens partway through this game. It's <laughs> really interesting. And that's when we're um, going to stop. And then we're going to cut. Co- we're going to cover the second half of our action game uh, uh, slot in spring. Yeah, exactly. It's the longest uh, intermission. The um, This is just the sketch for that, that episode. Um, <laughs> So Resident Evil 4 stars Leon Kennedy from Resident Evil 2. And as we mentioned, a huge turning point for the series. Um, it takes the kind of uh, gets rid of the fixed cinematic camera that we had and kind of places it behind Leon's shoulder. So it is, it is not fixed. And this is kind of the template uh, template for all kinds of third person shooters. Yeah. Um, you know, this is kind of like I, you know, I played that. 2013 Tomb Raider and I was like oh this is video game the video game now <laughs> and like you know this all started with RE4 yeah. like that kind of Gears of War Assassin's Creed kind of Deus Ex Human Revolution over the shoulder third person yeah. kind of thing Human Revolution <laughs> is a uh, first person but you know what I mean yeah yeah I mean yeah. like th- there were a couple of things that came before this like uh like Kill Switch um mm-hmm. had like that third person kind of survival uh, or a uh, cover shooter thing uh going for it but this is definitely the one that I believe just kind of like set the standard for it yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because whenever we say something's the first, there's always something else that comes there's, up. There's always going to, yeah, it's, it's not a... Well, well if you look back a, to Contra and the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the, there's the overhead parts of Contra, the parts where it's over the shoulder and you're infiltrating the base. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. But uh, for, for uh, this was hugely influential is our, our mm. way we're getting to... Getting to. Yeah, yeah. And so by putting the camera so close to uh, to Leon and on the GameCube version, I I always forget this until I go and look at um, screenshots. But like GameCube actually had this hyper forced um, widescreen on it. Like mm. it was basically a Lawrence of Arabia aspect ratio mm. um, for the play, kind of like playing up the idea that like you have this peripheral vision around you. And uh, so much of the tension in this comes from, you know, having to control what you see uh but also the fact that this is a game gary about aiming um yeah. again in stark contrast to everything but i guess resident evil survivor um <laughs> <laughs> um and it's paced in such a way that you have to pick a position uh prioritize your targets and then execute your attacks with precision as they kind of slowly approach you Yes. Yeah. And that pacing is something we're going to camp out on like a couple times throughout this because it's one of the things I really love. Um, the, that not pacing, that kind of pace. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that, like the word I always use for this was like slow action game. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's the closest thing to me. And it's, it's my favorite. Like yeah. this, this as the, the point between a actual resident evil game, which is like very slow, um, you know, and something that is kind of like a Twitch based action game, like you're still doing really, really cool things. It's just everything moves slow enough for you to do it. And they mm-hmm. somehow make that not boring. Right. Like this, this game is really exciting. Yeah. You know, it is, it is made for these kind of close calls. It's made to be constantly looking over your shoulder, looking for threats mm-hmm. and, and stuff. It is a thrill. And I think that it's able to accomplish that uh, through two primary forces, which are variety and tuning. Yeah, tuning is a really big one. Yeah. The way that we'll, we'll talk about the way difficulty works mm-hmm. uh, in this game. Um, so the encounter design is is really a departure as well. Um, so rather than these kind of cramped hallways, you know, where you're going to want to have a zombie funnel towards you because you have auto aim and it doesn't matter <laughs> really where they're at positionally uh, towards you and there are more obstacles than enemies. Um, this is more about open areas. Um, there are larger crowds to deal with. There are craftier enemies that kind of will jump and dodge 
and uh, ambushes, <laughs> things like that. Yeah. Um, is much more about, you know, in earlier Resident Evil games where zombies were kind of an ambient threat, this is much yeah. more about individual threats. Yeah. Um, you know, everything that moves slower than a hunter just kind of ended up being a, uh, like an environmental threat almost, whereas yeah. these guys use the environment to their, uh, to their benefit, right? Like they are able to find ways into where you're kind of holed up, especially toward the beginning. Um, and where those open areas kind of narrowed down into uh kind of more narrow fields of play like hallways um they almost always find something to offset that to keep the tension up it is never just herds of people coming at you even though they are the enemies are named after the cattle it's los canados um mm -hmm. it's never just a whole bunch of them coming toward you um they almost always uh adjust things to keep that tension up even when they when they constrict the field of play Hallways are actually almost always used uh, just as conveyances between rooms. Yep. Like it's very rare that you fight in a hallway. Mm -hmm. And in rooms where they exist, like seeking out those choke points to kind of try to recreate an, a classic Resident Evil mm -hmm. funnel for enemies is actually like really advantageous. But yeah. the, the big arenas, the big set pieces in this game are designed to not allow that. Mm -hmm. um, there are always back doors. There are always hidden ways that enemies are going to be able to actually get up behind you. Yeah. Um, you know, if you literally put your corner, <laughs> you know, your back in a corner, you can do that. But the way that it's tuned they're likely to get you know you have yeah. to keep moving yeah somebody um, will somebody will pull, will pull out a stick of dynamite and throw it at you yeah exactly you know? like the, it, it's tuned very well to like the play is designed for constantly kind of moving checking things trying to be aware of your surroundings mm -hmm. like it is such a weird like i'm more engaged playing this game than i am playing something that is has way more inputs per second yeah like than something like god hand where it's like you know those enemies <laughs> who kind of duel you and hang out and, and watch and it was about the individual fights yeah. you always have to be aware of what's around you in this game and it's yeah. awesome it's um it's really funny though that you bring up god hand because um playing so this is the first time i've replayed resident Evil 4 since we did god hand a couple of years ago um and boy oh boy is it abundantly clear how this is a stepping stone to that yeah yeah <laughs> I mean, there are definitely elements to it yeah. For sure. And there, there are like a lot of different ways, but the, the actual way that you engage with enemies is pretty different. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, pretty, um, pretty fundamentally different. There's some limitations that uh, that people will probably get tripped up by. This is not a dual stick game. Um, it's kind of like Metroid Prime in that it is tank controls, right? Like you mm -hmm. are turning with your left stick and moving forward, by, forward and back by pressing up and down. The right stick just kind of shifts your, uh, your, your field of view, uh, which will probably throw people off. And you cannot move while you're aiming. So... Picking your position and then knowing when to break from it is like tantamount to survival. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's also one of these control schemes, I think, that like uh, – and this, I say this as somebody who is really invested in old computer games that have kind of obtuse <laughs> control schemes. But like this is the best way that this could be. Mm -hmm. Like this would not work as a dual stick game. No. You know, like you wouldn't have that tension. You wouldn't have like – this is something that the series does in general. And when we've covered older Resident Evil games um, – you know, the, it's it's not. This is not the first Resident Evil game to get this. Um, that restrictions on your character movement are important mm -hmm. as long as you design around them. Like they work if you design around them. It's the same thing that Castlevania does. It's the same thing that you know a lot of game old games that control bad quote unquote yeah. are actually doing. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like, and it's it's a they're not always successful at it, right? Like there are some old games that are that have this quote unquote bad controls that actually mm -hmm. just control bad. Yeah. Um, but this is designed around it to where your lack of empowerment there is is perfect right. and and again i'm not saying that in contrast to resident evil one where that's also kind of mm -hmm. perfect like that's <laughs> what that game was trying to be yeah um it's a playing this really reminded me how kind of impressive the series is when we've done three games for it and all three of them are home runs yeah 
like this this is out of those ones we've done this is probably this is tied with remake mm-hmm. for me but they're some of my favorite games ever and are really really impressive yeah um super super impressive agreed uh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, another thing that's impressive about this they establish rules and then subvert them i think the biggest one is a turn that happens sometime around the uh the middle of chapter two um which is where you go from this idea that okay ammo is scarce this is a survival game survival horror i want to you know save my ammo i'm finally in an re game empowered to aim for the head as opposed to just mm-hmm. you know hoping i have shotgun ammo and waiting for them to get close enough to aim you know to aim upward and blow their heads apart like i can finally do this um and something about the infection that these enemies have makes their heads have roughly the consistency of soft cheese yeah. So <laughs> you end up um, kind of breezing through the first uh, the first place of this, like almost as um, uh, or the first chapter, rather, almost as target practice for like, OK, aim for the head. You're good. But then eventually that turns into, well, if you aim for the head or are unlucky enough to get a critical hit, all of a sudden a deadlier enemy is in play. The um, here's here's a thing that you may or may not have known, Cole. Uh, those enemies are just seated. It has nothing to do with headshots. Oh, so really? that will that will always happen. Yeah, huh. I thought that too, and I think that it's to the game's credit that it makes you think <laughs> that it's subverting that. Yeah. So. Um, but in my research, like, nope, those those are just those enemies are they can vary with the difficulty, mm-hmm. but their appearance has nothing to do with you getting a headshot. Yeah, that's um, kind of funny because you know there are definitely times where you notice that um, that just like okay, I've been aiming for center mass on these guys, um, and then just all of a sudden the head the head explodes as the plaga bursts out. Um, yeah, that is yeah. actually good to know. Uh, well, what's happening is when you you're getting a critical hit on the head, mm-hmm. and then that would kill the first phase of the enemy, mm-hmm. and then the second phase is is appears. But the same thing will happen if you you know got a if you hit the leg and then stabbed it while it was down. I don't know mm-hmm. if you had that happen, but like oh, yeah. stabbing an enemy when they're down and then the head just pops up. Mm-hmm. It's just whenever you kill the enemy by any means necessary, the the method of killing them doesn't yeah. actually matter. Yeah, well, thank you for correcting me on that because that is a delusion that I've been operate, operating under for 11 years. The game, one, me too. The game, <laughs> like until I was doing research for the episode, the game 100% wants you to think that. Yeah. I, I feel like that's that's very much intentional. <laughs> um, it's kind of, and it's actually kind of a, a feint because if you then start aiming for center mass, you're not going to avoid avoid more of those uh, mm-hmm. placuses. And aiming for center mass takes forever to kill one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so you're still, you always want to be aiming for the head for the entire game. Yeah. Um, and what they actually do to subvert that is like the masks and helmets and the, and the like, yeah. which don't come until a little bit later. But it is it is really it's a really cool trick. <laughs> you know, the first time that happens is up there in like water monster and amnesia, like, you know, the great <laughs> moments of horror in yeah. games. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk um, about that in detail uh, when we yeah, get there. 100 um, percent. One of the things that's really fantastic about this. Uh, is that this game is, is like as difficult as it needs to be. Um, <laughs> it has this, this really awesome dynamic difficulty. Uh, Mark Brown, the guy who does Game Maker's Toolkit, did a video on it. Um, and we're going to talk about it here, have the same kind of information. But his kind of premise was like the fact that they didn't – Capcom didn't tell people this was a thing. Like this isn't a back-of-box <laughs> quote. This isn't anything like that. Yeah. Is a way better way to handle it than than kind of crowing about Mm-hmm. your accomplishment um what it does is depending on how well you're doing um enemy placement resource drops um the kind of money you get all these things will kind of change on the fly which means that resident evil 4 is always as hard as like it, it appropriately hard yeah like <laughs> this is my fourth time playing it mm-hmm. probably total and i've gotten really good at resident evil 4 like yeah. 
you know, not to brag, I mean, it's not that that's super hard of a game and I've played it a lot. Yeah. So, you know, this time went through when I'm like, OK, you know, most uh, regular enemies like I'm using one bullet on them, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. Like I'm doing this, shoot them in the knee and kick them and stab them. And I'm yeah. being super conservative and stuff. And ammo is still like crazy scarce, scarce. <laughs> and I'm like, for a moment, I'm like, what the fuck? You know, yeah. like I shouldn't be running out of ammo. I'm doing such a good job of keeping it. And then I was like, you know what? If I actually just start shooting more of these guys and taking the easy way out, I'll get more. Yep. And you do. <laughs> if you watch speed runs of this, um, enemy uh, players will intentionally die yeah. um, in order to lower the difficulty to make upcoming areas quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool system that once you kind of know, see the strings, um, you can manipulate it. But they didn't say, hey, there are strings. Right. And there's nothing in the menu that says, you know. Yeah, there's not a hey. tooltip that pops up and says, hey, it looks like you're having trouble. We're going to give you some more ammo this next time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so um, the, the, that does wonders for the game's longevity, not just in terms of like subsequent uh, playthroughs. Like you can up the difficulty to professional, which more just changes a couple of like variables within the game aside from actually um, giving you this huge overhaul. Um, it just kind of changes the baseline um, for the enemies and resources and stuff like that for a game that is so, you know, for, for a game in a genre that is so focused on kind of always keeping an eye on how many bullets you have in your clip and whether or not mm-hmm. you have a healing item to fall back on the idea that it is kind of constantly watching you and making sure that you have as many resources as it wants you to have means mm-hmm. that it is kind of almost always optimizing for drama. Yeah, a little exactly. Bit, you know? And so, like, this is a game, you know, even if you say, oh, it's not scary and there's all kinds of, you know, conversations you could have about whether or not this is a horror game, I believe it is wholeheartedly, at the very least, even if it's not jumping out and going boo at you, which it does, um, it is a fatiguing game. It is a stressful game, you know, especially if you're not seeing these strings and then pulling them yourselves. Like, when you are in its loop and kind of like at the whim of its systems, it is kind of maximizing your experience in a way that is so incredibly intelligent. This is not the first time that this has happened, even in the series. Resident Evil 3 um, actually uh, experimented with this a bit, where depending on how you were doing, there would be a place where there would be one green herb or three or a different kind of thing, like or it, it changed up the number of uh, boxes of ammo. Silent Hill did this as well. But this is so smart that I think that it even does it within an encounter. Yeah. Yeah, it does. It does it at the very least more subtly yeah. than that. You know, it's not. Um, it's kind of across more variables, so the effect is kind of diluted mm-hmm. uh, to its credit. Um, it does it like when you were saying, like it, it contributes to longevity. Like when you first start playing this after a while, and you haven't played in a while, and you're a little bit rusty. <laughs> like it's it's going to be the same way you were. It's going to be as hard as you remember it being. You know, it's going to have that same kind of curve. And like the the place that that is you know where you're like it's not too challenging but you're consistently challenged but you're not frustrated mm-hmm. you know is is flow like that's that's the the definition where yep. it's like okay Chicks i'm not frustrated yep <laughs> yeah exactly and like that's a uh, that's awesome like and it's a, a, it achieves that so well mm-hmm. so goddamn well like it <laughs> yeah. is it is uh what a marvel yeah like, what what you know what a man um i it, when I, we start first started playing this, I like texted you and i'm like why did we wait so long to do this again <laughs> i mean this is a break glass in case of emergency game you yeah. know, and also it's on the it's masterpiece a, list. Like. Yeah. And it's also one where like, well, we did remake and I think that that was a good idea to do it when we did it. But we don't want to pull something like we did at the beginning of the run of the show. We're like, ah, oh, fuck it. We'll just do Final Fantasy six and then tactics like within the same year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we, we are spreading things out a little bit. And like remake is impressive for entirely different reasons. Yeah. Love remake. I was, you know, this this is so fucking good. Yeah, without um, a doubt. 
Yeah, it, it, it kills me. Um, <laughs> so there are uh, these kind of context-sensitive prompts that come up in, in QTEs in, uh, in cinematics. Uh, this is not my favorite thing no. about the game. And this was also an early adopter of this, not first anything like that. Like this has been done, but mm-hmm. this was an early adopter for kind of stamping those onto this genre of games. Right. And so the effect that this has is, uh, at least in the version that I played, which was the PC version with a Steam controller, um, you just have to, like, you can't tune out during cinematics because um occasionally like an enemy or like a like another character will move to attack you or something will happen a trap will spring etc and you have to check to make sure that you don't have to press both the triggers or just press your accept and fire button at the same time um and boy oh boy gary guess when i take notes yeah yeah, (laughs) yeah, during uh during cinematics yep um so my death count was probably doubled because I would just be taking a note during a cinematic. I don't learn. Um, and well, they're, they're uh, yeah. inconsistent. It's not yeah. your fault. Like they don't always have them. Yeah. So um, which which makes it uh, on replays kind of frustrating. You yeah. die and you're you're guaranteed to rewatch the first part of that cinematic again because you're waiting for the prompt. Yeah. Um, you can't skip it. What you've already seen. Um, I mean, we could do like it can be in a whole like watch out for fireball special report to hash out QTEs <laughs> as a thing. Because yeah. like I I. I I'm not a big fan and no. has spent a lot of time trying to think of charitable ways to look at this mechanic. Um, right. And I can't think of any, like, I don't think the, they add anything. I don't think they add anything here really. Yeah. Um, I it's... don't mind them in the middle, like when they're in the Krauser fight. Oh, right. Like when it's like, you have to, that's actually kind of works for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but or, or taking in, out the plug inside of El Gigante, right? Yeah. 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 That, that's fine. That, that actually is good. But in cinematics um, or just the barrel or the, you know, not the barrel, the boulder, uh, the boulder stuff. Yeah. Boulder stuff. Like, Fuck that. I, I don't know. It doesn't add very much to this game's credit. No part of no point of friction was enough to actually make me not want to play it. Right. Um, so like I would get past this kind of minor thing and just recognize it as the tiny flaw in the diamond and mm-hmm. and move on. Yeah. It just uh, it makes it feel incredibly dated, especially since QTEs are starting to be not phased out. But like if you look at something like Uncharted 4, where like half of their accessibility menu is just getting rid of those like yeah. okay you don't have to match anymore you can just hold and i think that is a much smarter way to do it like yeah let David me Cage is weeping in his grave <laughs> like he's he's just he's looking at these trends and just like what do i do yeah uh, you know like how, <laughs> how can i how can i live he's... my family needs to eat how do... <laughs> he's, he's he's uh he's like just uh, uh playing uh playing uncharted 4 and like weeping like salieri yeah and, uh, <laughs> no no <laughs> it's genius no <laughs> <laughs> why would they get rid of my entire being um so yeah, fuck detroit um the... <laughs> gary you know i'm gonna play that right no, I know. You, you, you have your fun supporting that monster. Um, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, this game is not the first one to do this kind of inventory Tetris, but that's something that's really well remembered and, and something that I like about it a lot. Indie, um, indie, indie devs, get on it. I want a game that is just this. Like, give me, uh, give me increasingly uh, goofy amounts of stuff, like a sign of value uh, to it, mm-hmm. different shapes and things, and then. Um, uh, make it like a supermarket sweep kind of game where I'm like shopping and trying to fit stuff into the cart. I love it. This is the ecstasy of order for me. It's it's pretty it's pretty great. Yeah. It's uh it's the same like I mean not to not to I know it doesn't matter when something's done at first, but like this was something that I really liked in uh, Deus Ex mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, uh, which um, is, it has a very similar system. I also dug it in Diablo too. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is a it is a thing. And like you know organizing your your thing. One of the something that popped out a little while. I'll see if I can find a screenshot for the um 
for the show notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the PS4 version first came out, and that's what I played it on just so we could each establish what we played it on, mm-hmm. um, there was a problem with uh, tying the chicken egg-laying cycles to frame rate. <laughs> so the chickens were laying tons of eggs, and someone just beautifully arranged their inventory to be only eggs. Oh. <laughs> like, it was it was wonderful. Yeah. The, were they Were they calling out to us? I mean, I don't want to be uh, so vain, but yeah, they, they, they were yeah, the, it was an abject suffering randomization, like in the making. Um, but it, it was, it was really beautiful. Nice. Um, I, I can get into the, the inventory thing here. And even, even if you're not like a ecstasy of order kind of person, um, just having a, just like, oh, this is the corner where I'm going to put my weapons. This is the corner where healing stuff is going to go. Mm-hmm. Like is very, very appealing. Yeah. You know, it, it's a, it's really aesthetically. And they, they even play into that. They make more space not only is it a gameplay concern for having resources um but having more space just to kind of fit things for that aspect of it is really valued yes um, it's super expensive and uh it's it's one of the best investments you can make mm-hmm. um investments from another thing that people really remember from this game which is the uh, the merchant <laughs> yes uh the merchant who for some reason has a cornish accent he sounds like a fucking pirate and this takes place I, in spain i think he sounds like one of the um the villagers from dark corners of the earth Oh yeah, ah, stranger. You know, he, I think, <laughs> welcome. Or sounds like my impersonation of one of the dark yeah. corners thing. But like, yeah, he's he's a really uh, weird character. And if you are uh, an intolerable YouTube person, <laughs> why not make a video trying to explain the lore significance of him <laughs> using a lot of sources and yeah. uh, and and flashy graphics and and memes and stuff. Yeah, because that happens. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, he's uh, he's he's infected. Obviously, but he's yeah. uh, kind of covering both sides. Uh, I, I think that he's kind of an Alathrotep figure. I think he's yeah. one of the original Plagas who was awakened. He's like the outsider. Yeah. Like he's giving you these tools as an agent of chaos. <laughs> um, he's fantastic, though. And yep. he's so, again, just in the way this game is so tuned to feel good. Like when he shows up, it's such a good feeling. Like yeah. it's like it's signaling, you know, the music kicks in usually, <laughs> which like that's I mean, this is something that we could have talked about in any of the Resident Evil games we've done. Mm-hmm. Did we make uh, last time we did a Resident Evil game do the tie between the Resident Evil saber music and the Firelink music? Um, because they're not dissimilar and they serve the exact same purpose, but no, they're actually kind of similar arrangement wise. I don't think that we did. Um, not specifically. Do you want me to drop a marker here so you can do a uh, so you can do a comparison? Uh, no, because they probably won't end up being actually the similar same <laughs> put in a marker there and, I, and I'll, I'll check if, if you didn't hear a comparison it's because i was wrong yeah um if you did hear a comparison it's mm-hmm. because i was right yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it yeah. is they're very they're kind of similar and the very least they serve the same purpose so it is this like pavlovian like ah yeah it's like like a, it like a breath so of fresh air good yeah. like <laughs> it is there's so many things about this game that just feel good like and this goes into the earlier parts and i swear we'll actually get to the content of the game at some point but mm-hmm. um or the the kind of walkthrough part but like when you really efficiently clear an area and then sweep it for all the goodies that they gave you to get through the area mm-hmm. and you just know that you're going to go to the next area fucking loaded to bear. Yeah. Um, that feels so good. Mm-hmm. Like I did a really good job on that encounter. Here are my awesome <laughs> rewards. And yeah. then the game, because of this adjustable, you know, difficulty makes the next encounter make you need those rewards because yeah. you did so well. Yeah. Like it's so fucking perfect yeah Cole. it's it's not even it's not even just i i agree that it's so fucking perfect it's not even just rewarding you with security it's rewarding you with variety because as you yeah, get yeah, more yeah. inventory space and as you go along more different weapons become available right and it's the kind of the usual escalation of like you know shooter weapons your pistol your shotgun your machine gun your rifle kind of thing but like as you go into that situation loaded for bear like well okay i can open up with my rifle and then just kind of switch around 
You know, I have mm-hmm. more options for engaging this than I otherwise would have. And, well, and you bet your ass you're going too. to need it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not just that you have the more options. It's that the game ensures that you need to use them all. Like, mm-hmm. it's really like something <laughs> I talk about all the time on the show is like elegance. And it's yeah. so elegant. Yeah. Like, it is a beautiful, beautiful game. Like, mm. good God. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so you're going to be spending money with that merchant. Yes, you are. Um, you, if you're on professional mode, do not shoot at the, at the merchant uh, because you will die forever. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, uh, I, yeah, that's why you don't play a professional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going to spend money with him. Oh, the other thing. So not, it's not just the music that is comforting. Like when you round a corner and you see the blue, the light, blue flame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, to the point where the blue flame is never up, um, in the alternate campaign that you can do for Ada. And mm-hmm. it's explained great. Like you run into him. There's no blue flame up. He says, Oh, I haven't lit my torches. So I'm not in business yet, but I'll sell you something anyway. I'll sell you something on the slide. And that's why he doesn't <laughs> do upgrades yet. He hasn't like set up his, his tinker shop. Yep. <laughs> Which is a, a huge bummer, which makes those encounters, those campaigns. We're going to talk about, we're going to do at least like a type five on each of those. Yeah. Um, and, and talk about them. But it's part of the, part of the reason why they're less satisfying, I think. Yeah. So you spend money with this guy to kind of like mostly buy either upgrades, uh, treasure maps, or uh, get new weapons. Um, there are a couple of upgrades for each of your, uh, or a couple of just like, just like replacements for each of the different kinds of weapons you can get. But um, this game, Resident Evil 4, I feel has the sweet spot for granularity of weapon customization. Mm-hmm. Um, because you have four factors that you can do. You can clearly see the effect that it has on yep. uh, the way that uh, uh, any given weapon works. And you can clearly see what the ceiling is for each weapon. <laughs> well, and and the each... Uh moving even further there's a little bit of that element of like working towards a build mm-hmm. because each weapon has a final form if you put all of the upgrades into it that radically changes it right um, i mean depending on not all of them are radical changes but some of them are like really fantastic changes um and there are good reasons they're pretty balanced like there are some weapons that are just straight up duds right like the for the starting handgun even with well, not even the starting handgun. The starting handgun is pretty good if you fully upgrade it. Yeah. Um, but the um, like the second handgun you get is not worth fully upgrading. Yeah, the black tail. You know? Yeah. But the you know between the final two, you have to you're choosing between damage and like reload fire speed. <laughs> you know, and they're pretty balanced. Like both yeah. of them are good. Yeah. So you're 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 making choices that are meaningful uh, in in that kind of character build sense and that CRPG like, oh, this is the kind of this suits my playstyle. Yeah. What, I'm going to make an equipment that suits that play style. Yeah, like you, um, you may not even be aware that you're just making a choice, but like, okay, I like the shotgun because of the way that it works and the way that, you know, it is situationally useful. They're going to give me more ammo for this, and I'm going to gravitate toward using it more. And then, yep. and then just by inertia and by kind of variety, you're going to pick a secondary as it goes along. The nice part about this, and again, just a, just an upshot of the way this is balanced, no particular weapon is actually, or class of weapon is actually useless, yeah. right? Like yeah, the pistol like I, remains viable throughout, and in fact, you would be very well served to you know to rely on it a lot of the time. One hundred percent, the weapon I use the most. Yeah, um, without a, without a question. Um, and even you know, I never on playthroughs of this game buy the TMP, mm-hmm. um, but playing through the Ada missions made me appreciate it as like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, like if if I had had room in my inventory, this would have been a good thing to have. Yeah, you know, it's same thing with mine thrower. Like the mine thrower is kind of fun. I always fuck around with it mm-hmm. when I have some extra cash, but like you play with it and it's like, Oh, this is actually really good. Like mm-hmm. this, this would be a good weapon to use if I had room for it. <laughs> um, so it, it, you're right when nothing is useless. And like that, you know, the fact that almost every weapon scales throughout the entire game, um, means that it's never, it's always exciting to get a new weapon. Mm-hmm. It's never a waste of time to invest in one. 
Right. You know, like they're so that that's huge. Like the game doesn't waste your time in general. Yeah. Um, and the enemies, they're the the weapons scale. You know, we talk about the pistol being useful for the whole game because the enemies scale. Right. And it does something that I want to see more video games do, and it's really hard to do. But like, the enemies you fight in the very first village of this game are fun to fight at the end of the village. The game mm-hmm. when they show up again, they are still fun to fight. They make them more challenging by changing the arrangements of enemies and the level design. Yeah. They don't just like. Now it has a thousand health or now it's only <laughs> hunters would be the equivalent. You know, like now right. you never run into regular zombies. It's important to have those kind of regular zombies to kill. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls 3 in order to, uh, to, you know, <laughs> to have like a set of, con- you know, a contrast. Like there, if you can make them still fun to fight, it is really, you know, it never gets unsatisfying to shoot mm-hmm. the knee, run up, yeah. kick, do a stab. And you do that for the entire game. Yeah. And they also re- like, you know, if you disregard the danger that they that they pose to you. Um, when they show up mixed in with kind of tougher, uh, tougher dudes, um, they still fuck you up because yeah. if they get close to you and attack with their torches or pitchforks or whatever, um, they'll stun you. Like they, yeah. they will knock you out of your aim, which is one of the worst things that can happen because like reconnoitering and recovering from that is, uh, is, is a bad scene. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the reason why you might, uh, avoid that is, or the reason why, uh, you know, to avoid those attacks or one of the things that reasons that works is because, the windups are really slow in this. Mm-hmm. Um, this game has a lot in common with Dark Souls. Like you and you can't you don't have like a dodge roll, obviously, mm-hmm. but you can like the weird thing that I realized. I feel like I just realized that this playthrough is that like, oh, I can just I can stop aiming and step back. Yep. I can just slowly walk backward as they're if in I, there. <laughs> and that will do it. Like you don't need a dodge roll. Yeah. Like you just need to like just step back a second mm-hmm. and it just does it. You know, like and, so these huge windups like you can get through this game avoiding a lot of damage. Yeah. And that that even gets uh, that even becomes useful in one of the hardest boss fights in the game. Um, mm-hmm. a, a boss I didn't end up beating uh, uh, Ada's ver- version of Sadler. Like you can avoid his tentacle attacks just by stepping backward. Krauser, yeah. you can do the same. Um, yeah. for pretty much all of them, but, uh, Mendez, like for fuck's sake. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's the, that's the, the dodge roll. So it's still, it's doing that value that dark souls have, uh, has of like big, slow windups, mm-hmm. you know, which I really, I, I want enemies to telegraph their attacks really, obviously, you know, that's <laughs> like something I, I value in a game. Like I want to be able to do that because I'm paying attention to enough things that this very simple task does not become too easy. Yeah. Um, one of the things about this game, so you, we do get the special weapons. Um, they will carry through. There's like a new game plus. Um, eventually, you can get kind of like weapons that break the game. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, we're not going to talk about too much, but are for if you want to keep playing the game because it is it's fun to play. Yeah. Um, one of the things about this game is that it starts off as kind of like terrifying B movie like Resident <laughs> Evil, and then becomes so bug nuts insane as to be hilarious. Yeah, uh, like the, the the way that I think of it, it goes from George Romero to Sam Raimi. I even I think Sam Raimi it's more than Sam Raimi. Yeah. Like this is sillier than any Evil Dead or you know any anything like that. Like I don't even know what to describe it as. Yeah. It's the closest thing that I could think of. Like yeah. ma- like maybe uh oh gosh Peter Jackson possibly. I don't know. Yeah. So, something like you know each of them at their most like most silly. Yeah. Like it's a really funny game and I think some people might uh bounce. I know people who only really like the first half of it because they can't make the transition. Mm-hmm. Um in playing it again and like really paying attention to it, to my mind, like that transition is really well set up. Yeah. Uh, because this game starts off really fucking silly. <laughs> like you just don't know it, you right. know? So on subsequent playthroughs, you're like, Oh, this is fucking hilarious. Like yeah. where'd everybody go? Bingo. <laughs> like have some fucking gravity. It's the president's daughter, Leon. <laughs> There's a dead man, like right next to you. That cutscene happens with a man who's impaled being burned. 
you know, like literally right behind you. The smell of burning flesh permeates that one liner. And the smell of burning flesh permeates every one liner in this yeah. game. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Leon is uniquely qualified to do that. He cut his teeth as a professional in what has to be the most tragic incident on American soil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, our nine ten um, that we had. Like the... um, there, there is an actual date. It was, it was sometime in August that uh, that 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 the mansion incident happened, and then mm -hmm. uh, it was like a month or so later. So it might have actually been September. Wow. Um, yeah, in uh, ninety eight <laughs> that it happened. Yeah, Leon is. Uh, this playthrough has made him join my like pantheon of leave extraordinary video game characters like oh yeah i want a a sitcom that's leon and jc denton like <laughs> stuck in a submarine having to like entertain each other with with bon mos hey. i couldn't imagine them having less to talk about oh yeah just, well, i mean but just kind of like well, you know leon kind of childishly playground insulting jc denton and you know denton just like philosophizing you realize uh, that's in, not an insult right yeah, just his you know, flat tone. Like they are so good, and yeah. they'd be so good together. Like I ship them shits hard. <laughs> um, oh gosh! Yeah. Uh, so go to jckennedy.tumblr.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for their wedding registry, and yeah, they they are so good. Like they they are both just like man, Leon is great. Mm -hmm. He's uh, so good. No arguments the, um, here. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think that like it is singular here because like when you, when you take him into Resident Evil six, which is a game that I have a lot of affection for, um, just like he doesn't actually get sillier to match just how crazy that is. So like, right. this is a, this is like the perfect expression of, in of, this of game, him. like you're in on the, on the joke mm -hmm. or like, and the developers aren't on the joke At no point in Resident Evil six. I think I was meant to be laughing. Yeah. You know, like I was because it was super silly, but I'm like, oh, this isn't funny on purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, but this is this is funny on purpose. Like this is a very funny game. And I, I feel like that's 100. There's no world in which like the Mecha Napoleon statue is supposed to be taken seriously. <laughs> yep. I can't. Like, that feels like an impossibility yeah. to me. Whereas like, you know what? Like the a lot of the ridiculous stuff in RE6 like mm -hmm. is sold pretty seriously. And part of that might just be like you know gamer expectations graphical fidelity kind of like there are budget a lot of kind of factors. concerns yeah. yeah exactly like yeah and, and i like resident evil 6 too like we mm -hmm. we are in some ways the best people to be doing this and in some other ways the worst because i don't know that our tastes necessarily align with the public's mm -hmm. about this i think that we both like this series more than the average gamer does yeah i mean for sure this is yeah. like this this is up there for me um yeah. like the the series as a whole even as its worst and its worst has tremendous I would even say sentimental value. Yeah. Um, more than anything. Like I can, I can find the good in pretty much all of this. And yeah. Not, uh, I played survivor. Yeah. Most like, of the time it's not yeah. that I have to work very hard to find it. Like I think survivor has some pretty fucking cool moments. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and know? it's not, it's like not that fun to play. Like it's not, I don't think it's a good game objectively, mm -hmm. but I have affection for it too. Like, yeah, this is a, it is the, um, you know, there's a, there's an alternate universe version of us that did like, you know uh the green herb chronicles rather than bonfire side chat you know <laughs> yeah that, that's not what we would call it by any means oh no um, no yeah like, i'm not yeah. gonna get that benson yeah. crowd yeah. um no, no thanks yeah it, which uh, i don't know um so <laughs> what's what, what's great about this is it, it exists in this kind of nebulous and subjective space where like okay so we can all agree there's a line we can all agree that there is a time when this game shifts over from being just kind of like nominally funny you know and like quirky to being just outright farce mm -hmm. i think that's different for a lot of people there's kind of no one particular place that i see cited as like the moment where we cross that threshold into this just being completely asinine 
uh, you know, well, before you not, realize it's asinine throughout. I say asinine not, in the most heart, you know, like just fond way, right? It, it's because it's not, I mean, a line might be a bad way to put it. It's like much more of a gradient because even in the back half of this game, after that like line would have been crossed, there's still yeah. plenty of things that are creepy. Yeah. That was the point you know, that I was leading to is that it is yeah. a gradient. Like, you know, we talked about this uh, off air um, a couple, a couple of times, but it, it is an escalating series of yeses. It is yeah. selling, a, it is selling you on this with every single moment. And there are even like little troughs or dips back into just complete outright horror. Like even mm. when we are 100% in crazy town, when you get to the regenerator lab. Yeah. 100% that yeah. bag, like that moving <laughs> bag, um, which has its own entry on the resident evil wiki, by the way. Um, and I want to, when we get to talking about that, I'll bring up their like theory, why it's there. And it's pretty great. Mm. It's not a lore theory. It's a gameplay one. And it's good. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but yeah, that is really, really terrifying and unnerving yeah. and like again happened after mecca like it's it's just amazing <laughs> the line that walks uh you know for me i know it doesn't work that way for everyone right but it's hard for me to think of a game that uh we've done for the show recently that worked on me this hard mm-hmm. like i'm like you're just you're just working me like <laughs> yeah. this is just this is a laser targeted you know this is a bullet right to my heart like yeah I, and is, yeah I, I, you know I, again like i won't say that we're unique in this regard but like the two of us in a room together we both kind of link horror and comedy a little bit like we prefer oh, yeah. goofy goofy scary a lot of the time you know yeah. or at least or at least have space for it like i'll yeah. take just scary scary as well but like i usually will find the goofs and the scares and, mm-hmm. and vice versa yeah um, so this game uh, had a really long and kind of troubled development history. Um, it's kind of a miracle that we got it. Uh, <laughs> four different versions were scrapped, uh, including a game that ultimately became Devil May Cry. Yeah. Uh, which is something people have been talking about and someday we'll do for the show, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, um, man, I love the first Devil May Cry. I remember liking it a lot. I, I have not revisited it. Yeah, I, I should say that. I remember liking it. God, if five years of doing this show has taught me anything, I shouldn't say I love X. It's yeah. I remember loving X. Yeah, exactly. There's a big difference. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I think that like around the time Devil May Cry came out, like that was the uh, like the back of the box story. Like, OK, this game where you can just kind of juggle enemies up in the air arose out of a glitch when they were developing what would uh, ultimately end up being the next Resident Evil game. Mm-hmm. Um and uh like but that was just you know that, that that was just kind of the tip of the iceberg and more details have come out um screenshots and I th- uh, maybe not videos of other stuff like the fog version which like okay leon found the progenitor virus which is something that was hinted at in um our the remake and then mm-hmm. was completely gone into as being related to the plagas in resident evil 5 but like he had a devil left hand and he was fighting zombies in a castle yeah <laughs> yep. Which, like, the, the, one of the things about this is all of the scrapped versions sound like something I'd want to play, too. Me too. That's another reason why we yeah. might not be, we are simultaneously the target audience for this, but also <laughs> there's no objective news going on here. Right. Um, but objective <laughs> news is an illusion anyway, so. Right, yeah. Um, the, uh, so there's that version, uh, which sounds really cool. There's also the Hookman or Don't Pee Your Pants version, um, <laughs> which is, like, literally um, him fighting supernatural threats in a dreamlike world. I think I read somewhere there that was him uh, hallucinating. Yeah. Um, which is a really interesting way to do a game. Uh-huh. Like take your your action protagonist, give him a hallucinogen from the from the start, mm-hmm. and like none of this stuff is real. Yeah, you know, as as kind of a because you know Resident Evil has never had ghosts. Right. That would that would be a new new thing. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a science horror game, not a a fantasy horror game. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> as I was playing it this time, though, I realized there's there's probably an argument to be made that nothing that happens after he's injected is real. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. Like there's, there is an interpretation. There is a, a, a think piece out there for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this game is on everything. 
Oh, yeah. Uh, you can play this on literally like almost everything. So PS2, uh, we if for a long time, it was like it's one of the, the big bullets in the like GameCube doesn't have a lot of exclusive great titles, mm-hmm. I think, things because like a lot of the things that I thought were, you know, really kind of system sellers for the GameCube have been released elsewhere. Yeah. Um, in, in better versions, mm-hmm. almost exclusively. So like the PS2 version of this has more content. Um, the later versions look a lot better. Like the Wii version has better control. Um, you know, or it has a different control scheme that really changes the game. Yep. Um, but that is absorbed by the, uh, by the difficulty. Exactly. Um, scaling kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, and then, uh, we also get kind of a uh, current and last gen. So there's a PS4 remake, um, of it as well. And a PC version yep. too, that had a kind of a troubled beginning, but eventually got kind of fixed. Yeah. I remember, um, I couldn't get it to run. Oh, that's too bad. It, it was crashing for me. So it was fine. It just became a couch game for me. So I mm-hmm. went downstairs and played it on PS4. It works really well uh, as a couch game. That's how I did it. Yeah. yeah, it was it was it was good in either way. I wanted to try it on PC just to see what it would be like to control with a mouse and keyboard just to mm-hmm. try it. Yeah. Um, but I uh, ended up just playing it on, on my controller. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, this was uh, also kind of notable because uh, Mikami said, if this comes out on anything but the GameCube, I will cut my head off. Mm-hmm. Um, which obviously he didn't because he went on mm-hmm. to make other games that this informed like, uh, oh gosh, uh, Shadow of Evil, I believe. Yeah. Whatever it is. And also, um, oh gosh, uh, The Evil Within. Um, yeah. But, um, oh man, I forgot to put this in the notes. I always wanted, not always wanted, but like I consider buying many times the uh, the GameCube controller that was the, uh, the, the chainsaw. chainsaw. Yeah. 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 Um, it's supposed to be a really terrible controller, but look awesome. And yeah, I would just want it as like, like a, the, the as a shelf controller. piece. Yeah. I use that slime controller a couple of times and it's not, it's a bad controller. <laughs> it's a um, controlling game with a Hershey kiss. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, it's very ergonomically unfriendly. Um, the chainsaw controller is, is a really great, great thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that actually that, um, I feel like that, uh, those games, that Capcom thing was part of like a bigger initiative. Uh, the Capcom like was, five, like yeah, along with a uh, beautiful Joe and the runaway five. <laughs> the, um, but like beautiful joe and then a couple other games like po number five the games that nobody was like particularly that interested in mm-hmm. or pn05 like whatever that game was yeah um and a couple of games that didn't come out but it was uh you know the fact that it just kind of got ported everywhere ultimately is good but at the time was probably kind of a bummer yeah um and before anybody writes in i understand that pn05 is a pretty cool rhythm game like rhythm action game kind of thing it's just mm-hmm. it, like when we say like people weren't interested just it just didn't sell well yeah, I don't, I mean, even in reviews, I remember being kind of lukewarm on that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I haven't played it, so I am not speaking from experience. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, like this was part of a big initiative. And then it's kind of good that there is this uh, exegesis from the GameCube. Um, it was a wonderful system, but like, it's nice that this stuff is available, you know? Like, I want basically every game to be released in an appropriate way on stuff where it can just be run at will. And the only yeah. barrier is just the money that you would pay to get that version of the software, you know? For, yeah. For I'm, I'm not interested in, in hardware really. Right. Like I'm interested in the experience. So like the idea of having, you know, so the, the, you know, the PS 4.5 thing is frustrating to me, like as a transitionary step. Yeah. kind of thing, because eventually it's going to be designed for, and like, you know, I'll be able to play everything on my PS4, but it'll start getting kind of crappy. And mm-hmm. yeah, you know. it's a, it's, it's a little bit dismaying. Um, yeah. They had a value with uh, starting with the PS2 version. They started putting in um, uh, campaigns related to uh, Ada Wong, who appears in the main um, campaign of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And then also like the Mercenaries game c- comes back from RE3. Um, and mm-hmm. that's a lot of fun. Just kind of takes it into these action scenarios, um, kind of over the top, very specialized character build kind of things mm-hmm. going on. Um, and then even story, like 
you don't really know the details about Wesker's involvement about this until you get to separate ways. Yeah. And this was the first, I love that when it first came out because uh, I had a PS2 and I was a little bit of like, not a console fanboy, but I was like, oh, cool. The best version of this that has extra stuff. I just want all of the extra stuff. That was the same way. Um, and then realized with this and then um, the last time, and it's been a long time, but the last time I looked at that and played Code Veronica, mm -hmm. that sometimes maybe, you know, these games are maybe better without that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I kind of, in playing this before I played Separate Ways, I'm like, you know what? I like this much more as a mystery yeah. um, without, and Separate Ways is really just like, hey, literally everything that happened in the game is now explained. Yep. It's Wolverine's you know? origin. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Like it's a little bit too much. And those games, I remembered liking Separate Ways and um, what's the other one called? Oh Ada's gosh, story. O Operation Ada or something. Yeah, like Operation that? Ada, which is that's a little egotistical, Ada. Um, <laughs> but the, um, I remembered liking those when I was younger, mm -hmm. and then played them again, and I was like, "This is the point." Like this whole game kept me going for like twenty four hours, mm -hmm. and this is the point where it started feeling a little bit like a chore. Yeah, you know, like this. This is where I stopped liking it, and it is just uh, not being able to engage in a lot, so many of the systems that are part of the game, like the upgrade yeah. systems and, yeah. and the like. It's, it just feels poorly considered, honestly. <laughs> Like, yeah, like this is the kind of thing that would be released uh, now as like a uh, like a fourteen ninety nine intercool. Yeah, you know, like to promote an upcoming thing. Like it very much is like hooks into re five. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. Um, it's also uh, the only time the PS four version is great. The cutscenes during separate ways. Uh, they did not have a version of it that does not look like you know terrible. Yeah, so they, they're they didn't amazing. do it. In, they they didn't do it in in engine. So they just like grabbed yeah. the old low res version and upscaled them artifacts and all. And uh, yeah. they, the the fun thing is they still overlay like like they they expect you to do QTEs over them. Yeah, but it, it's so hideous. Like, it, <laughs> it's, so it's like the only thing in the game that doesn't look good because one of the things we didn't talk about is this game like still looks. It's got that GameCube magic of like like a remake does, where it's like, oh, this game still looks really great. Mm -hmm. It doesn't look as good as remake, but like even the old versions of this game look good. Yeah, you know, and this um, looked incredible. When it came out. Yeah, and even the modern versions they run at sixty FPS, which isn't always a huge thing, but like here it does. Uh, it did work for me um, yeah. in a pretty big way. Yeah. yeah, ends up being a nice thing, but it's also not worth uh, death threats if it doesn't happen. Yep, <laughs> it's, you know. it's it's not worth a, a Steam group. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. That's literally the only thing it's worth. Yeah. So chill the fuck out. Um, <laughs> um, early on, I called Shadows of the Dam Shadows of Evil, um, and Shadows oh, of okay. the Damned is uh, is a game that I'm gonna be doing on uh, on Hex Crank sometime soon. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so this is uh this ended up being the literal turning point. Like this is what Resident Evil games are now. Yeah. Like RE5, the biggest thing that they would do is kind of change the tone even further and then make the focus be kind of almost entirely on co-op. Which is like the thing that makes RE5 worth playing mm -hmm. to me because like the actual story of RE5 like loses me quite a bit. Um, the camp and stuff I don't think is as fun or funny. Like I don't like RE5 mm -hmm. all that much, um, yeah. but it is fun to play with another person and engaging in the system is really fun um, with another person. Yep. RE5 uh, the that, is the nadir of the series for me. I, I think so too. Like it, it, like at least the mainline series. Like I'm not talking about like Gaiden. Oh yeah. You know, no, but like yeah, it it is uh, for me that is true as well. Um, it's also what it does though is having a co-op partner allows you to focus on one of the best encounters in this, which is the cabin defense mm -hmm. thing. And RE five does that a lot. Yeah. Um, I love that. Like me and another person defending a cabin, like that put me in. Sign, like give me a whole game of that. Like that is that's, like my favorite thing. Coach. It's yeah. it's right right up there with like crawling through vents. It's like one of my favorite things that you can do in a game. <laughs> yeah. Um but then RE6 I think just kind of did a little bit better. Yep. Like um RE6 doesn't it has four different modes so it doesn't always do that, but mm -hmm. the one that has a that t draws the most from RE4 
there are several different kind of like defense sections that are really, really phenomenal. Yeah. I, I really need to like go play RE6. Like I should just ask Jala, like, can the next co-op stream be just us? Yeah. <laughs> like doing that. You should do it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mean that to be like, just, no, no, like, you know, just like, yeah. it's, it's a running joke on the level. Just kind of like, oh, who are, who are you playing Resident Evil 6 with this time? Yeah. 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 I need, I should, I should play it again too. And see if, uh, I mean, my problem is my co-op buddy, Derek, like he loves those games, but he mm-hmm. is not as into playing them again. Mm-hmm. It kind of sucks too. Cause I, I like the revelations games. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. But the one that has, uh, I think the most recent one that has co-op, um, you have to clear the area in the main game to unlock it for co-op. Yeah, that's a bummer. And like the first I chapter, yeah, the first chapter in uh, in Revelations two is is kind of god awful. Um, yeah, and it's it, it sucks because like the second player, like they 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 mix up asymmetrical co op in a way like that. Like you know, like one player is responsible for like highlighting and illuminating enemies and finding mm-hmm. items and stuff like that. Like it is not just both of you shooting. Like that's it is right. it, you know you're just more tied to each other for co op, which is which is desperately what I want. Yeah, me too. Like uh, and that's a. Uh... You know, please, uh, but n- never just in general, don't make me do a single player mission, unlock the co-op. Yeah. Like that's when I'm saying down to play like a session with my buddy Derek, like we're literally <laughs> looking through games on steam, like new games to buy usually because we haven't found something that's like worth beating. Yeah. And like every time that comes up, it is such a depressing thing. Like nobody yeah. wants to sit and wait while the other person does that. Mm-hmm. So please stop doing that. Uh, world. <laughs> um, not listeners. I mean, you're not responsible. Um, Let's, uh, cool. uh, tell me a little bit about the plot. Yeah. Um, well, like a lot of the horror games or any of the more narrative based games, um, we're going to give kind of the setup and the premise as opposed to the actual thing, because like the way that this turns, uh, kind of again and again is the main draw. But, you know, as we said before, Leon Kennedy from uh, Resident Evil two, uh, one of the, I think six survivors of operation raccoon city, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, describes in voiceover how, that whole kerfuffle um, caused the fall of the Umbrella Corporation, this massive international pharmaceutical and weapons um, corporation, uh, you know, just uh, goes away due to government mm-hmm. regulation and backlash, things like that. But six years have passed since then. It's 2004 and the president's daughter um, has been kidnapped. So Leon, hardened after uh, those years of working special forces since RE2, uh, he is deployed to this area in rural Spain, um, to kind of retrieve her. This is a rescue mission. And mm-hmm. then things get weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we start off, uh, real quick before, I mean, this is going to be a long fucking episode before we actually get into to things. Cole, yep. um, where do you land on, or how did you end up feeling about when you first started playing this? The fact that it does ditch the mythology more or less whole hog. Oh, I'm fine like with th- this. Like this is a standalone thing. I am fine with it too. When I first started playing it, I remember being, a little bit disappointed and like thinking like, Oh, you know, like why is this not continuing this umbrella thing? Like having the fall of umbrella literally happen in a voiceover <laughs> as opposed to being something that my character had anything to do with other than like exposing and, and regulations and the like, mm-hmm. I remember being a disappointment to me when I first played it. Yeah. It was a little bit of a bummer. I think that I'm looking at it in hindsight because it's very clear. Um, thanks to the very helpful exposition that Operation Ada gives us, um, <laughs> <laughs> that uh, the remnants and kind of like mastermind plots behind Umbrella are still active here. Like Plagas would end up being folded back in. Um, yeah. Even when I thought this was a side story, like I was initially skeptical, but like Plagas themselves are interesting and scary in a way that the virus 
isn't. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, it's a different way. Like, I still think, you know, a virus that can turn you into a flesh eating monster is kind of scary. But like they almost every step replaced it with something that was kind of more interesting and suited what they wanted to do for the play. So like when I was reading the files about like, oh, here are these fossils below this town that by exposure to them caused people to start, you know, acting differently, like almost in this, uh, I mean, I, I wasn't aware of the story at, at the time, but like in this color out of space kind of way, like mm-hmm. it's just a matter of replacing it with something cooler. And so, you know, by the end of like chapter two, I was like along for the ride with these Plagas guys. I think that I, I, it is, you know, that that's true. I think what, what, um, what it was for me or what it is for when people kind of come to peace with that is understanding the like, uh, ways that you can affi- make a, a story more efficient, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm like less tied to the specific lore and more tied to the idea of a good story, mm-hmm. you know, as, as I move through with this, because like around this time when this came out, you can feel Capcom like feeling really bound by what they had created, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it was always kind of this ever expanding circle, but between this and RE zero, like you get this real sense of them just like, we need to push the boundaries of, what this is because we don't just want to do zombies. Right. You know, we've made this like series that became wildly successful. That is really kind of trapped us mm-hmm. with like zombies and then like a boss monster. And then it's like, well, there's this guy made of leeches. There are these leech creature creatures, you know, they really kind of expand it. You see a little bit of that in code Veronica, mm-hmm. you know, with the, uh, the wide variety of enemies there, but it's just interesting to see them kind of buckle under the expectations of yeah. the T virus really, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it was and like, I, so I think that it would have been, frustrating if they didn't find a way to kind of like tie this back in especially if they uh continued the series right i think you know five for all of its faults it did kind of continue the plagas narrative in kind of a cool way that Mm. kind of linked it to the progenitor virus down there in africa along with you know and that became what you know what ultimately led to the t-virus and then six just combines all of these elements like in pierce's chris and pierce's campaign and six like you're fighting g-virus monsters like yeah. it is it is a 60 car pileup of every single contagion <laughs> that the series has thrown at you um kind of used for gameplay variety in this very effective way mm. yeah 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 i would yeah. agree um, this is kind of like i remember it just took me a little while to get into it mm-hmm. um you know just yeah. because that was uh i was i was attached yep. you know it, it, it's, uh, it's a silly thing to think of now like being that attached to the, the re storyline but yeah. Yeah, so so I remember being especially, you know, even when I was reading about this, because I didn't play it until PS4, or it came out on PS2, rather. Um, mm-hmm. How weird would it be if I didn't play it until it came out on PS4? Yes. Like, hey, I played this cool. amazing game, guys. Hey, hey cool. <laughs> I think that he's a game I think you'll like, based on the series that you like. Yeah. No, I didn't play it until it came out on the PS2, so, like, I knew a lot about the, like, the stuff, so maybe, like, I went into it with my expectations kind of tempered. Mm-hmm. Um, but you played it on PS2 as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, well, I played it. Yeah, I played it on PS2 as well. So my expectations, I hadn't followed it very much. I've never been like somebody who like stokes game boners, though. So it wasn't something where like, yes, I had played it on PS2, but that was still kind of my first exposure to it. I had read reviews, but I hadn't gone yeah. on whole hog. Yeah. Um, yeah. So th- this opening cutscene, um, it is two Spanish police officers uh, giving Leon a ride and kind of giving him the business. Um, <laughs> these guys are pretty hard to suss out their motivations. Yep. Uh, um <laughs> Because they're they're very unhelpful about this whole thing and uh, are also not really seen to be in line with the Plagas or anything. Nope. I think that oh. they are just uh, complicit. Maybe they are um, being paid by the front organization, um, whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever legitimate front this whole thing is putting forward, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but Plagas they, 
<laughs> but yeah, Blagico, um, a better future today. Um, but um, they, you know, they talk about Leon in terms of being a cowboy, right? And so this is very much a game of its time, being in the early two thousands. Like this is weirdly like they just they got a hair up their ass to make a game about American imperialism and mm-hmm. the trope of America being the world's police. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's all yeah. They they uh, so that's you know, and they're they're not wrong. Oh, I the, mean, true, um, true. It's yeah. just it, it is it is kind of bizarre. It's like that arc or that uh, that one issue of uh, the new X Men that is about a plane hijacking that came out. Yeah, like right after nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So they're they're acting kind of cagey and a little bit creepy. Um, you uh, and Leon is so above this, like right from the start, uh, <laughs> like just doesn't you know give a shit, which is pretty great. Um, he gets out, uh, and uh, the police are supposed to wait for him. Um, he contacts his handler, uh, Hunnigan, mm-hmm. who is a really weird character in this. And I feel like they just want to get rid of her so they can bring in the codec conversations with, uh, with Sadler mm-hmm. or, you know, um, and all the stuff with Hunnigan doesn't totally make sense. Like he's kind of a skeevy perv. Yeah. I mean, he's her. totally sexually harassing his supervisor. She's kind of, yeah, she's kind of a non-character though. Yeah. Like she, she feels like she is like just a remnant from the serious part of this game. Like she feels like she stepped out of 24 or something. <laughs> um, um, I do like how they pay off on again in six though. Like how she yeah. becomes like an ally that makes the entire thing possible. Yeah. Yeah. At least in the, in the vacuum of this. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's giving him all the details about this and we learn about the details. Okay. You're here to rescue the president's daughter. Are you a bad enough dude? Um, yeah. And on this path into the village, are you a bad enough dude's daughter <laughs> to rescue the president's daughter? <laughs> you a bad enough daughter. Um, so this moment, you know, camping out in here for a little bit, you go into this house, uh, just let yourself in. You know, you knock, nobody answers. You come in, and you just see this like amazing scene of this guy kind of hunched over uh, a fireplace. Yeah, you know, this little area. Um, and having him, and one of the things this engages in, and it's a trope that's one of my favorite things and hopefully is not secretly problematic though, but a fear, a real fear I have is being in a dangerous situation where everyone around me is speaking a language I don't understand. Mm -hmm. Like people shouting or screaming or like stress happening in a language I don't get is really terrifying to me. And this game does it constantly. I mean, if you want, even if you want to take that away from a cultural sphere, like the fear of being misunderstood and being unable to understand that's a real thing yeah you know <laughs> yeah it's, it's like this alienated you know he's very lonesome in this like it's him versus the entire thing mm-hmm. so uh yeah, yeah this guy <laughs> there, there's there's an awesome kind of like mirror of the uh the shoulder look from the first game and what happens here as well like mm-hmm. they're they're very much kind of calling back to it as he picks up this axe um and then the police flee like they leave you all alone you know yeah. you as this cowboy with your um exquisite fur-lined coat i love that coat yeah the way leon dresses he's a fashion icon yep um (laughs) uh you know he picks up this axe and attacks you you dodge um you're doing the typical zombie thing you know this is like i don't want to shoot you know maybe you're just sick but it's much more like he's just a person like he's clearly not a zombie (laughs) um here and uh yeah you are then you have control um you know you find uh other villagers start trying to get in yep to the the house after you take out this first guy (laughs) and uh they've blocked the door yeah. So you have to uh, have to get out um, the way you're going to take this guy out. So we talked about aiming. Um, the game does this really great thing where it has this really powerful laser sight that works better than any laser sight would actually work in real life. Yep. It's kind of like unlimited distance laser sight mm-hmm. that lets you do it. And uh, when you say it's about aiming, it's also about uh, kind of conditional uh, damage 
on the enemy or like specific damage. So the enemy yeah. will react depending on where you shoot him. Um, very early on, there's nothing that actually tells you to do this, um, but it is within your your advantage. You know, it's advantage if you hit somebody in the head, it will stagger them. You want to hit them in the knee or below the knee to knock them down, depending on what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're constantly moving. They're moving slow, but like it is stressful to make this this hit. Yeah, uh, to actually hit that target. Yeah, and it's much uh, harder to hit the knee as it moves and they're walking toward you. Yeah, than it is to hit center mass of the head. Hitting a knee versus the shin is a very big difference in this. Yeah. Um, because one of them makes them take a knee, one of them makes them fall down. And sometimes it's not an advantage to have somebody fall down. No, no, that uh, gives yeah. them like six seconds worth of iframes. Yeah, well, that that's 100%. That's the case. And you hitting them with a knee allows you to do this kind of AOE melee attack. Yeah. Um, what a what a redemption this game is for the knife. <laughs> I love Like your this. knife is so, like that's like my second most used weapon after the pistol in this game. Well, I mean, just the fact that it's uh, it's kind of always bound to your, uh, to you know, to the opposite of the aim button. Yeah. Like you can just always deploy it on a whim. Like it's a panic button a lot of the time. Well, and it does pretty good damage. Like yeah. it's actually, you know, as opposed to being just something that is literally need is is there, so the game never becomes technically unwinnable mm-hmm. in in the earlier games. Yeah, it does a uh, it does just a little bit over half of the damage that a single pistol shot would do, but you can deploy it really quickly. Yeah, yeah, and it, again, that directional damage makes that really matter because these enemies have different multipliers that take more mm-hmm. damage depending on where you hit them yeah. or react differently yeah and this is um, just a step up from how useful the knife was in the early game in uh code veronica yeah yeah which is still useful but not nearly as useful as this right um so super super great they attack and you are introduced to uh kind of this is the first silly action movie thing you can do is jump <laughs> out of the second floor window and do a roll yep <laughs> um, <laughs> i'm just gonna absorb all of this uh damage with my back no big yep. deal um, you know, and just that little roll at the end is so great. <laughs> yeah. um, but you're taking out these guys. It's your little combat tutorial here. Yep. Um, and then you, you continue up, go down this winding wooded path uh, to rescue a doggo from a trap. Yep. There's a little dog. Of course, I think everyone rescues the dog, and it's why they, wouldn't they you? do that? Well, they do it on purpose too, because it makes that next boss fight, like you know, the, the first boss fight, really manageable mm-hmm. um, in the game. First or second, I can't remember, but they, it does. Um, you know, the, the, they put this here as a met- like this is fulfilling a lot of purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, one, it's to, to give you this little heads up, uh, uh, about bear traps, Yep. um, which bear traps are a big deal in this, this game. Yep. Um, it also is going to give you this little ally to ease you into that boss fight Yeah. later. And also to show that Leon's a good dude, but maybe, maybe we know the dogs are bad news in these games and they're well, going to be that, uh, <laughs> that the villagers are bad. Yeah. Like they put all these bear traps out. Like that's a real, you know, if you're, if you're deploying bear traps, like. Yeah, catch some doggos. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't know yeah. how common bears are in you know the Pyrenees or whatever this is, wherever this is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing too. You don't ever see a bear, so yeah. Um, there are apparently doggo traps. Mm. Yeah, man. Um, I just again, uh, I will repeat this since it's been, I think, since the Call of Duty episode, since we talked about mm-hmm. how bad the uh, violence against doggos is. I don't like it, especially when they're yeah. not obviously monsters. Fucking stop it. This guy's <laughs> a good guy, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this gets down to, I think the most famous scene from the game, um, yeah. because a lot of people get to, uh, experience it looking down at the village of the, you know, these people, um, kind of living their lives around the centerpiece of some policemen burning on a pyre at the center. Yeah. Yep. They, uh, they either caught the police that, that ran away, which is the way I like to think about it mm-hmm. because otherwise those guys, why didn't they get help? Um, <laughs> other, or, uh, this is just something they do. Um, and this this fight, this this village, this next encounter is top. Like it's hard for me to name a better level right. than this. 
um, tied with the best levels in video games. Right. Easy. Like like two uh, one. You know, Super Mario World. Like all of the best stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Liberty Island. Like this is as good <laughs> as any of that. Yeah. It, um, and it it, it, it is um, just exceptionally good. Yeah, it is. So you and the, we're going to explain why. So people who were listening to this who haven't played, which are, you know, that's probably some people, most people play this game, but like are probably at some point getting kind of sick of us just saying it's good without like we're explaining why. But like mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to get across. And hopefully we can do it with this. Yeah. Um, so one, uh, you set the encounter up yourself. Um, you're, you're not immediately spotted. It doesn't happen in a cutscene, which actually happens later um, to this game's kind of detriment a little mm-hmm. bit later, I think. Um, here, though, they don't know you're here. So you can kind of take stock. You have those binoculars um, at first. You can also kind of position yourself for wherever you want to actually have shit go down. Or you can try to sneak and get a lot of kind of useful resources. Yep. Uh, some healing stuff. You can actually sneak and get a couple of grenades before anyone notices you, which is hard to do, but it will help you out a lot. Yeah. Um, here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, gr- grenades, especially like flash grenades, um, end yeah. up being just uh, like almost wind buttons. They, they, um, they got me through a couple of the, the boss fights, really. Mm-hmm. You know, like having a lot of grenades is what made the end boss pretty trivial for me yeah. uh, from being so conservative with them um, because they're a really high value item. Yeah. And, um, and so looking at this in context, um, this is unusual for a Resident Evil game, obviously, because, you know, we're in this wide open village. There are multiple different kind of like micro arenas inside of this. There are houses, there are barns, um, there are behind house paths that you can take. Um, you know, the main streets, like your positioning and your tactics within this are very, very important. But even among action games, like, you know, compare this to stuff that was out around the time, like Half-Life, which was about seven years before this, or like Fear, which would be a couple months after, you know, mm. like just the, 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 you know, this wide open place where the enemy AI is going to be deployed against you. And almost like this little playground of things that you can do. Like if you get yourself trapped on the second floor of a house, you can either, you know, push the ladders down or jump out or move. Like this is a, a, like a, like a salad bar almost mm-hmm. of all the different elements that the game is going to throw, throw at you in its first half. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's also, it is just a, like a playground is a really good way to put it. Um, there's also a really kind of, this is a really interesting space. Like there's a sense of place here. Mm-hmm. Everything, you know, this first couple levels of here that are full of variety. They are, if you look at them in a, as a wireframe, they're very clearly video game levels. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really easy for me to buy in of this as a village. Yeah. Like there's not the kind of abstraction that I usually associate um, with video games. Like there are like four or five houses here. That seems about right for the number of people mm-hmm. that we have here. Um, there are beds. Yeah. There are places to sleep. There are places to cook food. <laughs> there are – like this actually feels like a living place, yeah. which helps me tremendously like get into it. And those details um, about like the food and the beds and stuff like that. Every like, time you, you can look at food in this game. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, this is this is rotten and hasn't been eaten or has just been nibbled at recently. And this is just a bed that is covered with filth. Yeah, just um, blood. Just, Every, like everything about the way that nobody needs to sleep or eat um, yeah. is incredibly unsettling. The um, and there's also some really awesome like environmental storytelling stuff too because uh, and you you probably want to do this later and the game signals this really brilliantly. Um, I, I guess we'll get to it, but like one of the rooms, there's a bedroom that's locked out from the in uh, from <laughs> the outside, which is probably where this cop was being kept. Yep. You know, or at least uh, or or where Ashley was being kept on her way to the uh 
you know, to be taken to the castle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, to an overnight here, there's a place for keeping prisoners uh, that has a lock on the outside that they're trying to keep you out of because there's only, there's not another way out. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really easy to get yourself trapped in there. And that's one of the things <laughs> uh, that happened to me on one of my playthroughs that's really amazingly tense because so the enemies start swarming. Um, several of them spawn in, you know, kind of a, kind of come in um, or just kind of come from other parts of the village uh, here. And it is up to you to, to kind of keep moving. Um, you can take a stand in a couple places. There's cool things you can do by pushing drawers, sets of drawers in front of doors mm-hmm. to make temporary uh, kind of blockades. But everything is temporary. Everyone will get through it eventually. Yeah. Um, I went into that room with the locked room thinking there was a way out. <laughs> um, you can put, a, a again, a dresser in front of the door, but there's no way out. Mm-hmm. So it just becomes like this tense like moment of quiet where I'm just kind of sitting there with my gun trained on that door. <laughs> Waiting for thing like waiting for the chainsaw guy to burst through it. Yeah, you know, which we should, we have to talk about chainsaw man. Oh yeah, Doctor Salvador. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. Yeah, just the the iconic enemy from this because like when you hear it, you think, well, that couldn't possibly be. You know, you hear a chainsaw. You actually he actually gets introduced in a cutscene. Yep. Um, you know that that happens where he uh, kind of starts you know revving his engine and, and you have to out. be you have to be near where he's at. I think. Yeah. For that. For that yeah, it doesn't always it doesn't always trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Uh, I love that. Uh, him being a doctor like i love this idea of like oh like this is the village doctor and he just like fucking this is his tool you know (laughs) like he's just amputating legs he's not treating these people like like people because they're not anymore Mm -hmm. like they're not controlled like like human beings um he's instant he's an instant death which like ordinarily i'm against that like i don't like one hit kills in games um i like it with dr salvatore and later with the bella sisters um whenever there's a chainsaw guy because uh he like everything in this game is so slow like you just know it's coming mm-hmm. so he function he's a function of dread rather than a function of reflexes yeah like yes you can you can do the back step and get away from him um you probably don't want to put yourself in a position where you need to do that though mm-hmm. you want to hear this chainsaw outside the house and frantically look for another way out <laughs> you know or like see him climb up a ladder run over to it kick it down you know and then run to the other side of the roof yeah things like that like he's made as this kind of uh tension escalator that is just uh, sublime. Yeah. Um, and even if you do die to him, it's more of like a like a Sierra or a uh, Mac Venture kind of thing. Like, I don't mind it the first two times that it happens. Mm-hmm. You know, just because like, kind of okay, fun well, to see I... the uh, super grizzly. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just kind of like, oh, like this, you know, the, 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 the horror paid off. And yes, that is, you know, like it, it is game ending at this point. But like, OK, well, they mean business. Well, there yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> And it, it does not take very long to get back to the place. Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's honestly not that big a deal. Um, I, I love this guy. Um, yep. You can actually fight him now if you want to. Yeah. Um, it's hard because you don't have a shotgun. You have you might have found a grenade or two, but you, you can just pick have up bolts. a shotgun in the uh, in the in the. Oh, area. you're right. Yeah. yeah. When he first shows up, though, you're unlikely to have it. You pick up yep. the shotgun from the uh, second floor of the house, mm-hmm. um, but he's still tricky um, to fight. And he's also surrounded by, you know. 10 of his closest friends. Um, you don't have to though, uh, right. which is a cool thing about this is it can become just a survival scenario. And that is a way that you're going to conserve ammo, ammo and stuff too. If you want to just kind of run around, um, you can game it if you want. Yeah. Um, and this whole sequence kind of lasts either until you kill enough people, it feels like, or just it's a function of time. Like yeah, eventually you, the game you can definitely wait it out. Yeah. Like the, the, the game just decides, okay, you're done. And then the church bell off in the distance starts ringing. Where's everyone going? Bingo? Uh, 
let's do it. I'm definitely going to do some sound effects and some, some Leon clips. Not every Leon clip. You should play the game. There should be a best of you Leon YouTube somewhere out there because it's like he's pretty good. But this this is a real good one. This is the first explicitly fucking stupid thing that he says. <laughs> um, so um, you move on. You can leave the village uh, at this point. It's, it's barred up until this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, you go into this next section, like the, the farm areas. Yeah. Here, yeah. Um, which are introducing a different kind of gameplay mode. Like every one of these like first little areas introduces a, a variety of gameplay things. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you have to be very aware. There are tripwire explosives um, kind of laid out around this and those will uh, knock you down, which is mm-hmm. the bigger thing more than anything, especially if you have enemies on your tail. Um, but you, it, it, there's less pressure on you to defeat everybody who's around here. Um, even though they do have the dynamite throwers, but like you can select where you want to be. And this is where the ladders are really brought in. Yeah. Yeah, ladders. Um, you're also introduced to kind of wildlife mm-hmm. um, here and also this uh, blue crystal kind of treasure hunt. Yes. Thing, or the amulets you can shoot. So and that's really weird and gamey. <laughs> um, it's the only time it happens uh, in the game. You get this little thing that says, like, shoot all the the 10 medallions and you get everything. And it's their way of making you situationally aware and like vertically aware. Like it's it's trying to get you to use the camera and actually aim around, mm-hmm. you know, something you never had to do in a Resident Evil game. Um but they're they're saying, hey, this is going to be a value. You're going to have to shoot up sometimes. There's going to be cool stuff hidden there if you're aware of your surroundings. So we've hidden these these tchotchkes. Yeah. Um, they also introduced this little puzzle element. The first one is dangling over a well. <laughs> and if you shoot it, it will fall into the well. You have to actually shoot the support beam for the well yeah. first. Yep. Otherwise, uh, the value of this pearl pendant is diminished as it is covered. Why, why is there shit in your well, guys? Stop shitting in your well. <laughs> Stop shitting. Like you're not eating. Um, what are you, what is this livestock being raised for? <laughs> Spooky questions. Friends. <laughs> you can um, also there are crows everywhere, which I'm trained to be scared of because of Resident Evil oh, yeah. uh, stuff. But if you kill them, uh, you always get treasure. Hmm. So as much as it maybe pains you, uh, kill the crows in this game. Yeah, um, never kill usually the crow. get more than uh, you'll usually get more than your value of a bullet. Mm. Um, if there's ever a bunch of crows, like a Congress of crows or a murder, um, if you throw a flash grenade, you'll kill all of them at once <laughs> and you'll pick up tons and tons of treasure. Okay. So worth it. Well worth it. Kill every bird. Yep, uh, I, don't kill every chicken. Chickens don't give you anything if you kill them. No. Just wait around for them to lay eggs. Yep. That <laughs> would you eat for, for health. Yep. Or throw as distractions. Or throw as a distraction. Yeah. The um, eating food for health thing is one of my favorite little bits of like gameplay immersion breaking in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because when you get that gigantic bass and just imagine Leon, just like, not feeling so good sitting. That was, that was my first idea for a sketch was just like him sitting down, just, you know, <laughs> just wet ripping noises, eating. him methodically eating a bass in real time. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. These, these scales are going to help me grow real good fingernails. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, those little bones <laughs> here, Ashley, eat this bass. <laughs> I know it's as big as you, but I, like I saved enough bass for, for us to share. You can't share. Just he, she just has to eat an entire fish. Hey, president's daughter, eat this big raw fish. Uh, <laughs> I got a guy over in Taiwan who will pay top dollar for this video. For this video. <laughs> Here, grow, GoPro it. Um, yeah. Um, so, dynamite throwers that we were introduced here are great. Yep. Um, I love those guys because they just kind of stand there um, waiting for you. And if you can, this is another aiming tutorial moment because if you mm-hmm. can hit the dynamite. That's always fantastic and fun. Yeah. Also, the game 
you're likely to at some point hit dynamite out of the air, which is like the best feeling in the world. Um, I don't know. Like it's, I've never like aimed to do that. I think mm -hmm. it just kind of has to do with the angles that they're going to throw it. It's going to line up with their arm arc anyway. Yeah. So it becomes kind of like a timing kind of thing. Like it's so fucking cool though. You're usually good. If like, if they throw at you while you've been holding still aiming at a certain point, like just Mm -hmm. a matter of timing uh, to do it, not just with dynamite, but also with um, like um, hatchets, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so treasure hunts, uh, tripwire explosives, traps, and things. This is kind of the trap section mm-hmm. for this first part. Um, the uh, You are seeing, you're kind of moving through these little houses and farms. You see a lot of pictures of this hooded man. Yeah. Um, a lot of times they have treasure behind them. Yep. Um, so they're worth checking. Again, just sweep your environment. Money's really important in this game. It is. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so you walk into one house and you find this wardrobe that is uh, that is a thumping. And uh, yep. out comes this. You come uh, a humping. <laughs> yep. Uh, out comes this uh, uh, kind of very uh, what would be the word for him? Suave kind of guy, Luis. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, you think it's going to be a zombie. Oh, like yeah. the game has has done this before. Yeah. You know, where somebody. So that's that's the the fun part of this. But yeah, it turns out to be Luis, who is a, a different kind of stereotype. Yep. Than we're used to. <laughs> um, and he leads you to believe, oh, this is you know, I, I am a I'm a cop from Madrid, um, and uh, I'm here to investigate what's going on. Uh, that ends up being a lie, but mm-hmm. um, as Luis is uh, released, <laughs> I love how he goes back and forth between uh, being Luis and Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's faking it. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is this is um, your kind of Resident Evil games always have this this character. Like this would be your Ada Wong if you didn't have Ada Wong right. already. Yeah. Um, but his being released introduces kind of the boss of this of uh, this realm um Bitores Mendez or as I call him Bitores Mondo yeah. um kind of shows up he's this eight foot tall kind of Frankenstein guy with a he looks like Rasputin yeah 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 Rasputin beard yeah um very striking eyes too because one of them yeah. is bright red yeah um he's the mayor mm-hmm. of, of the village ex- uh, explicitly in the lore so he's going to be the boss of this first section of the game um he shows up uh does a like a you know Leon tries to kick him and he's you know he's just not having it he just catches the foot and twists yeah it's it's fantastic um these these big dumb action scenes and that actually ends the chapter yeah um which is the first time i knew that there were chapters in this game Mm -hmm. like it is kind of like it's interesting because the structure you know is that's not what they do in resident evil no um so it's it's very interesting when these chapter sections pop up yep or was the first time i saw it yeah i mean resident evil has always been linear this is the first time that it's been segmented like this Mm -hmm. yeah um Um, so opening cutscene in one two um, you hear this uh, this voiceover. A hooded man actually injects you with uh, what we will find out to be the Plagas. Yes, thing. Um, super creepy because it's just this amorphous blob that is pushed into your neck. Feeble humans, let us give a, let us give you our power. Um, yeah. As the hooded man, who we're going to recognize later to be Sadler, um, injects you, and then you wake up and you explain your history uh, to Luis. Um, you know, you find out he was the cop from Madrid, um, and then a villager attacks. Uh, the, the v- the dialogue between those guys is so shitty. Like, and so, and it's like, when it's not funny, it's, it's not particularly good or anything. There's a part early on, very specifically where you explain they used to be a cop in the last scene. He asks if you're a cop and, and you like say something kind of dodgy. He's like, yeah, I don't believe it. And then late. And I'm like, is this supposed to be like him now admitting it? Like, was this supposed to be some kind of character growth or is this supposed to be significant that we just talked about this and now we're actually admitting it? Like whatever is being expressed here is not coming across. No, it's not. Um, this is weird B movie filler dialogue stuff, <laughs> and then the kind of thing you find in a in a traditional Resident Evil game. Yeah, I mean, it's like two people tied together. All that they have to do is get to know each other. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> for some reason, the vi- a villager comes up to kill you while you're tied together. Yeah, like so. Did the memo not get across that you are now gestating the the thing that is them? Like, why don't they just kind of let you be? Why are they trying to kill you? I have no idea what's going on with that. <laughs> Um, but you have this little QTE to like have him actually split your your bind your binds uh, bindings instead mm-hmm. of uh, your head, and uh, then you take him out. Yeah, and uh, this is where uh, Luis takes off. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna keep seeing him. Yeah, um, and then this opens up into kind of a long sequence where you get your you can buy your first rifle um, mm-hmm. from the uh, from the merchant, and they make a big deal about the merchant showing up. Like you know you you see him walk through a window not through a window but you you look through a window to see him walking around behind the house um, yeah. and then he's set up as this mysterious figure in the first couple times they try and build him up and lend him some gravitas and then eventually he's just a dude who yeah he becomes a gameplay mechanic yep yeah at first you're kind of uh, unusual uh weirded out by it it's pretty great um the rifle here is a really an inventory stretch and a financial stretch mm-hmm. um because at this point um you have not had very much time to gather treasure um, we should talk about how treasure is segmented. Um, there is a a time, excuse me, a time versus reward mechanic yep. in uh, treasure where you'll find things that are pieces of a, a of a pendant or whatever, or a stein, and you can sell it now for quick cash. But if you wait long enough to get all the parts, you'll get a lot more money. Yeah. Um, so again, another little difficult ends up being kind of an oblique difficulty slider. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're having a real hard time, um, sell it. You know, and, and buy healing items like uh, first aid sprays will only be for sale if you don't have any. If you are low on healing items, mm-hmm. that's something that's dynamic as well. So if you need to sell it and you can kind of scrape by, if you're doing pretty well, you're going to be rewarded with kind of a better verb set as you can maintain with your current equipment mm-hmm. and wait to sell these things for high value items. Yeah. Um, so getting a rifle here is kind of hard. It's worth it though, because the sniping in this game is some of the most fun <laughs> in games, I think as well. Yeah. So you can I buy really like sniping. Oh yeah. It's, it's great. Um, and you wouldn't think it were, it would work so well with an analog stick, but again, everything mm-hmm. moves so slow that you can kind of like line stuff up, especially exactly. like this, this whole area feels like, um, a tutorial for long range combat. Like that is exactly what it is. Yeah, like, I mean like anticipating the paths that people are going to take because it's this kind of weird hanging village. Um, with like walkways, uh, kind of stuff along the, uh, you know, both sides of this, uh, kind of chasm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, this is the long range combat section of the game explicitly. Um, you, it's, should be noted that you don't have to engage it that way. It's just the best way to do it. Yep. Um, they form like the door that you're at forms like a really fantastic little choke point. Mm-hmm. So if you aggro them and need to re- retreat to the, you know, the, vil- the little hut with the uh, merchant outside, um, you can. And uh, that's no problem. A couple, like I ended up doing this a couple times. Uh, one time I did it, but it got out of hand and I just kind of ended up having to stand back and kill people as they went through the funnel. Mm-hmm. And then was like, no, I should actually make inventory room for this rifle and, and engage this section like it, it's meant to be engaged. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is the uh, sniping tutorial. Mm-hmm. And again, this is one too, like expecting, expecting you to do something different. Like yep. it is a, it is a wildly different, um, you know, version of environment uh, than you saw before. The variety in this this opening is amazing. Yes. Um, yeah. So you uh, you take take out this village um, eventually, gathering two parts of a Resident Evil tchotchke uh, <laughs> to open the door, um, and you actually get into this uh, this kind of nicer house. Yeah. Here, yeah. Um, there's where the a, mayor really lives. Yeah. There's a small uh, a small puzzle with like a crystal ball that you just kind of have to rotate around to mm-hmm. uh, to reveal the, the the proper code. But as you walk into the bedroom, uh, Mendez walks up behind you. And says, "Ah, yes, we have the same blood." Yes, yeah, he will. He will spare you. That that thing you're making in the crystal ball is the symbol of the the village, the mm-hmm. Los Um, and it's kind of like it looks like something from Bloodborne to me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he spares you, and we move into 1-3. Mm-hmm. He spares yeah. you and then immediately tries to kill you. <laughs> yeah, but he, I mean, he doesn't, does not succeed. You're able to, to get out there. Bit, BitTorrent Mendez is very hard to, uh, to, to, uh, kind of peg. <laughs> um, so you move into 1-3, and Hunnigan decides to check out or check in. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you, yeah. You've been offline for hours, man. What's yeah. up? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, in, I'm on a mission. <laughs> and uh, tells you about the cult, the, the Los Illuminados. Yeah, there's this uh, uh, organization that is active in that area. This would have been good for you to know before, but we were in kind of a hurry. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, my bad. Yep. Only part of that was true. Only part of that happened. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, as you explore the house a little bit further, uh, Mendez decides, hey, you're getting a little bit too meddlesome and decides to attack you. But then um, from outside a window, somebody shoots him. It's not revealed, yep. but, uh, you know, once we figure out that Ada's in play, it's quite obviously Ada. Yeah. Ada distracts him from uh, murdering you with his blood. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, this is when you are. So you're in the house. You have a little bit of time to explore it. It seems empty initially. Um, there's a guy in the bathroom, though. Which, like, <laughs> so some people, someone's still using the bathroom. Um, which is a nice little jump scare. Uh, you're exploring the house. There's an egg in the oven, which is really fantastic. Yep. Um, here's a really interesting thing that happened uh, when I was here. Is This was when I was talking about killing crows before. I always knew that you kill crows in this game. Kill crows since the day I was born. Uh, this time I was playing it. I was like, you know, I never try to kill chickens. I wonder if they give me an egg. Like, I'm not going to hang out here and farm eggs. Um, so I shot the chicken. And, uh, like, on the frame, I hit the chicken, the chainsaw guy. <laughs> and I thought... It was like a like the chickens in Legend of Zelda or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit! Like the game spawned a chainsaw guy to stop me from killing wildlife. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's kind of fantastic. And like, but you know, not the case. No, no. He's, I had a very, I had a very similar experience because it's the first egg that I got like way back when. Like, this is two thousand five when uh, when it came out on PS uh, two, and uh, like I get this egg and I see, okay, you can eat it or you can throw it. And I was like, I want to see what happens when you throw it. And again, mm. this is quiet house. Um, I think I'd taken care of the guy who was in the bathroom. And I was like, okay, I'll just puck this egg at this wall. And I threw the egg and then mm. <laughs> that was enough to get him to come. I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Oh, does shit. this egg summon? <laughs> summon the the vegans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it still counts. <laughs> um, no cheese, 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 cheese. The, uh, yeah. So you fight a chainsaw guy here. Yeah. Um, which is, you know, at this point, you're a little bit better equipped, and it, it's a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You, uh, so you go through uh, this uh, this kind of church door. You head up to this church mm-hmm. uh, here. This is with the um, the the graveyard in the back, in the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you go through. So the church in the village leads through an underground tunnel to the actual oh, yeah. like big spooky church with the churchyard that is a you know like a big uh, waist high wall kind of center. Yeah, gothic, gothic horror kind of thing. Here's another uh, council of birds to murder. Um, and uh, you kind of go through this graveyard, and I'm expecting, you know, again, zombie game. Like, I love it when you put a graveyard in a game like this and just nothing happens. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, because they had just uh, done it in Code Veronica, you know, and actually had them rise from it. Yeah. Um, the door is locked, uh, but there's a thing uh, in the back that you can go get. Uh, this weird little, like, puzzle you do in the back yeah, of the yeah. uh, uh you know, and this is um, an annoying puzzle. It's it, like a turning things. You can only turn it in increments of three or four, though. Yeah, and you're trying to recreate the insignia that you saw before. Yeah, yeah, by um, by lighting up different parts of it. Like this gets you. I don't think this is necessary to progress. This actually gets you the green cat's eye in the main game. It's necessary to progress in um, separate ways. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if it's the same thing, you can some bonus treasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a note about Del Lago kind of guarding the path 
into the church. Um, mm-hmm. We have no idea what Del Lago is, but we're going to find out as we, you know, walk through the Ewok village um, around the back of the cliff and uh, get to this gigantic lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Ewok village is, feels like this is like, you know, the people who made Resident Evil 5 are like, oh, that, you know, like, <laughs> let's do that. Um, and uh, you get to see this little cutscene where the Ganados throw one of the officers from the beginning of the game um, into the lake. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see Del Lago. It eats his body. Yeah. Um, um, if you so, so you don't want to actually go in. Like at this point, like there's nothing you want less than to go in the lake. Like it's doing a really good job <laughs> yeah. of like, you know, showing you the Silent Hill hole you're gonna have to reach your arm into. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you so this is, I feel remiss if we didn't mention this. If you just fire your gun into the lake, Del Lago comes out and eats you. Yeah. <laughs> pretty 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 fantastic. And the the before I play entry on this is like people going back and forth like don't fire at the lake and other people being like no do it <laughs> the people who are saying do it all right like do oh, yeah. it to see it you know yeah, there's a save point right there come on yeah <laughs> um so you actually uh you get on this boat um introduce this weird little vehicle section yeah uh, the, game, the way the boat controls is kind of weird and our first like technically boss fight yeah um kind of cutscene based uh kind of thing where you fight uh, the del lago Uh, yeah. So you are in this tiny little motorboat in this just gigantic like fish salamander kind of thing mm-hmm. that uh, lurks around. He seems way too big for this body of water. I have no idea how deep it Poor actually guy. is. It's like SeaWorld. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody needs to make a blackfish documentary about uh, about the village. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful, intelligent creature and lock it up in Mundo de Mar. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, and you have an unlimited supply of kind of these uh, harpoons that you can throw. But very quickly um, at the beginning of this, uh, Del Lago gets wrapped up around your anchor and then mm-hmm. starts dragging you around and will uh, kind of decide to turn on a dime and start swimming toward you. Yeah. And so it's about like managing not to be swallowed whole by this guy while also um, getting your shots in. Yeah. yeah. This is a, a pretty great, like pretty imaginative boss fight. Yeah. Um, here and it has a sense of scale like later when leon is literally just killing giants it's a little bit weird <laughs> here it's like oh he's barely making it like he's using his ingenuity and like if uh if del lago hits your boat uh he capsizes it and you have to swim back oh my gosh um, I, I can't breathe at all when that happens it's super tense it's and again it's a qte thing you're just tapping to mm-hmm. do it but it's really tense and awesome well, well it's so tense because uh you know you can see the distance between leon and the uh and the boat and the distance between del lago and leon and yeah. because of the foreshortening it always looks like you're further from the boat than you actually are yeah yep, yep. <laughs> um super super tense and great um yeah. good super good boss fight yeah um eventually you take him take him down um you know after you you've uh you've hurt him enough mm. um and uh you you get done you get to the other side of the lake um there's a little cave you can't get into yet i believe that's a merchant kind of place where yeah. you can get to at the beginning of the next chapter yeah yeah you're not there yet but eventually there's a there's another little exit on your map you go to the actual shore yep. and uh vomit up a bunch of blood yeah that's no uh, good because you got you got plagued <laughs> yep. you got plagued so when leon wakes up uh it's several hours later and the sun has gone down um and uh this is well no before he wakes up he has this dream this really creepy thing about the uh the plug is kind of crawling throughout him um, yeah. as six hours kind of pass which yeah. is a, a, a respectable night's sleep good on you leon yeah that's not too bad <laughs> I, I, the one thing this game does and i i recognize uh 
I'm glad it made the choice it did, but it's just something that is like a minor nit, I guess, is that the the infection, like it's a story about, you know, Leon getting more kind of infected and more uh, kind of debilitated mm-hmm. by this disease that doesn't come through in gameplay at all. Mm-hmm. Like Levi is never less capable. And I think that it would be powerful if you really wanted to make us feel this this disease to make that actually impact the way it controls. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's the goal, but it does make me think that like, Leon has this goal to kind of save Ashley the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, having him infected doesn't accomplish much with the plot. Right. You know, you could have just had Ashley be infected when he finds her and then they, they you still have to quest for the, the device to get rid of it. Yeah. And it's not like the villagers don't attack him. <laughs> you know, they still do. So the, him being infected kind of feels like, I mean, analyzing this plot is a little bit silly because it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Game's not about that. But like, Having him be effect- infected feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity or at the yeah. very least like an extraneous thing. Well, it's a I mean, just it fails to sell what it's trying to do. Like we see this horrifying scene of the Plaga extending along his nerves and we think, OK, well, there's going to be a time pressure or, you know, like things are going to get worse very rapidly. And they kind of never do. Like yeah. it, it only ever pays off in these very kind of like melodramatic ways at the very, very end. In cu- yeah. 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 And in, only in, in, in cutscenes. Cut yeah. Yeah. So it is a it's a minor disappointment, but again, it doesn't it doesn't end up mattering. And I wouldn't yeah. have wanted to have Levi, Leon start limping or anything, <laughs> you know, as this got worse because the game is not designed around that. No, no. I mean, it just if, if they tried that and they couldn't find an interesting way to make it happen, um, I'm happy they abandoned it. Yeah. You know, at so least too. at least for the play. Um, um, so you wake up with a note uh, that is obviously from Luis um, warning of El Gigante. Um, yes. And it is now dark and rainy. And this is the first. Uh, kind of appearance. That, um, well, before oh, before that, the El, El Gigante thing, I love because it's it's you know I don't speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, but it reminds me, you know, you know what that means because it looks like gigantic. <laughs> um, it reminds me. I don't know if you saw it going around, but there was like a, a German website uh, that a bunch of people were making funny jokes about. Uh, they were like, I can't, I don't understand German. Is, does this mean good or bad? And the German website had a picture of Trump, and the headline was uh, "East Donald Trump ein Sexmonster." <laughs> If I saw that, yeah. yeah. I was hoping that's what you were going for. I'm sex monster. <laughs> sex monster is so good as like a word in the German language. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's the uh, that's the beautiful thing about German is like they make new words just by jamming um, whole yeah. sentences together. <laughs> yeah. I'm um, so happy about that. I, I, I love both the economy and simplicity of that, but also the crazy kind of like accidental poetry that arises yeah. from it. <laughs> Ein Sex Monster. Ein Sex Monster is so good. Ein Sex Geist. Um. <laughs> oh man, Sex Geist would be an amazing, not quite a band name, but like a musical collective, let's say. Pretty, pretty good band name too. Yeah. Like Sex Geist. We'll see Sex Geist. Um, Anywho, uh, so the, moving on to the, the actual, the kind of set piece moment of this uh, this level. Yeah, uh, which is oddly enough. Uh, uh, no, not just, sorry, the, the, odd, the odd part comes later. Uh, no, like the set piece. So you see these, uh, the, the regular kind of ganados, the villagers acting kind of weird, and their eyes are glowing red, and they have kind of blood around their mouths. Um, and they come at you with these torches, right? Um, and so you take your shots and as Gary has revealed, they're seated to have their heads kind of explode or in some instances kind of sheath backward as yeah. this horrible tentacle monster erupts from their neck hole and they continue coming at you even faster and more aggressively than they, than they did before. Well, and they have an entirely different moveset. Yep. Like the, um, the kind of bladed arm 
mm-hmm. version of this is the most dangerous. There's a couple different variants of it. Um, the one they introduced right away is the most dangerous one, which is this bladed arm that has these wild, wild swings that are, yeah. because again, because of that perspective, always look closer than they actually are. Mm-hmm. So you like you want to keep your distance. Um, and if you're low enough on health, this has classic kind of Resident Evil Hunter rules, where if you're low enough on health, it can one shot kill you. Yeah. Uh, by lopping your head off, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is pretty intense. Yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, and these things are a son of a bitch. Yeah, uh, they take a lot of hits. Um, you have to hit the plogus. You know, if you hit the body, it's going to take forever. Yeah. Um, you want to, you know, you want to just like focus fire. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're never dealing with these things alone. You're always dealing with them along with other villagers. Yeah, and so you have this crazy mix of wind up times um, from manageable and predictable uh, down to completely non-existent. Like it yeah. can just attack you at will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's earned that, especially by putting it in with a mix. Not everybody is just kind of like attacking instantly, um, but by kind of like leading you up to it. This is an amazing surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really good. And just also really creepy kind of body horror wise, mm-hmm. like really, really phenomenal. And yeah. it's just tactically, you know, <laughs> that, yeah. you know, the, the, uh, the, that, that's a nice uh, emote. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a nice. Um, (laughs) So, um, yeah. So you end up kind of working, uh, working your way behind this waterfall uh, to get this insignia. Again, just Resident Evil stuff. Eventually, this is going to open up this mechanism that's inside that's on the church. Yes. To get in. Um, And so uh, once you have that, you head back to the church. Yep. And, uh, you know, on your way back through this kind of, you know, small little uh, cliff, you know, cliff bottom village or whatever, uh, you get this amazing cutscene of the Ganados uh, kind of pulling out an El, uh, El Gigante. I say and because there are multiple ones that you're going to find later on. This is not a unique creature. Um, yeah. But I just, they really sell the pure brutalism and strength of this by requiring a whole gang of folks to kind of pull him out. And then he just kind of like pulls back and, you know, kills all of them by slamming him into a wall. Yeah, he swats at, <laughs> at his handlers and the like. Yeah. He's very much under, con- you know, or out of control. Yeah. You know, with this thing. And this is another boss fight, mm-hmm. like in, in rapid succession. Um, yeah. And it is really pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the arena you're in is full of these tiny little huts full of items. You, you know, you're not going to run out of ammo. <laughs> um, there are a couple of different ways to take out one of these things. Um, you can just kind of do firepower, you know, to it. But essentially, you're, you're hitting these damage thresholds. You're doing enough damage to it to stun it. Right. Um, once you stun it. Um, you can kind of just fire away if you'd like, but you can also walk up to it and do a QTE. Yeah, you run you... up his arms and then attack the plogus bud. That that kind of like buds out of his back. Yeah, you know, hitting it with a knife. Um, the nice thing, since this is the first one and it's a very intimidating enemy, uh, the doggo will come to help. Yeah. And I was very scared that he was going to smash the doggo, but the doggo just barks and distracts him. Yep. <laughs> So. <laughs> yep, and uh, it's it's quick enough to kind of dodge around. So yeah, it is a uh, a very useful thing to do. You know, it just in case save, saving a dog wasn't enough of a reward, um, he will make this fight manageable. It's like having a uh, co op buddy in uh, yeah. in Dark Souls. He uh, exactly. runs aggro for you. Yep. Um. So yeah. So I just kind of made this like a running. I ended up doing this fight a couple times and actually got through it, but would reset or restart it from the checkpoint in order to do it with less resources mm-hmm. because I wanted to be able to loot all these uh, these huts. Yeah. Um, um, grenades are crazy useful on this guy. They're really well. good. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the, again, it's just about hitting that damage threshold mm-hmm. um, and then having him uh, kind of get staggered. So you find him. We're going to run into more of these guys. I'm always happy when they show up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, make your way into the church. There's another little puzzle, uh, one that I think is a little bit more successful, mm-hmm. um, about matching the uh, kind of shards of light in a stained glass projection 
um, to match the symbol uh, uh, by rotating them. Gary, I don't mean to single out your uh, your genetic condition, um, but um, with colorblindness, how does the red and green distinction work? Um, I didn't I didn't have a problem with it. Okay. Um, partly because I mean I just looked at shapes rather than colors. Okay. For it, um, you know, I'm, I would look at the corner that I was going to be, you know, looking for, and then just make the colors match that or the shapes match that. So okay. it's pretty uh, colorblind friendly. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah. So you do that, uh, in order to get access to Ashley, mm-hmm. you actually get to Ashley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then as you find and, Ashley, um, Sadler, this hooded figure that we've seen in a couple of the, uh, in a couple of the, uh, paintings reveals himself. Uh, so we should talk about both of these characters. Yes. Um, Ashley's going to be a real mechanical, uh, function as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to come into play a lot in the next section. Um, as a character, there's not a lot to her. There's a little bit of that. Um, she's a little bit cold and put off at first and then kind of warms up to Leon and mm. then like really warms up to him uh, <laughs> near the end. Yeah. Uh, but she's mostly a gameplay consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, and this game is well remembered and, and rightly remembered as one of the best executions of a uh, like an escort mission yeah. in games. Like it's hard for me to imagine a better one where it's mm, actually right. an escort. Like people talk about um, what's her head from Bioshock Infinite, but she's never in danger like there is no right. you know and uh this is actually like you are responsible for this person but they make it work right um and you don't have a lot of control over them either like it just stay you know wait or come with me but it's about these hiding places and it is about uh those being kind of tactically deployed yeah. i also in replaying it really in my mind somehow like i kind of had actually for the whole back half of the game nope it's only uh, a couple like of chapters yeah. yep she uh it's it, they just engage that the same way they deploy all of their gameplay variety mm-hmm in this game yeah um but yeah as as a character you know she kind of exists to be a combination of determination and pluckiness Mm -hmm. um and uh to 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 kind of offer this like i think that by deploying her for a couple of very specific scenarios i think that they just by playing fast and loose enough they just kind of only put her in a place where it can be to the game's advantage which Mm -hmm. is which is good yep 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 um i like her a lot sadler um is another thing kind of altogether. (laughs) um he's very funny uh but does not become funny later he's kind of like a microcosm of the game yeah he kind of starts off as a little bit generic i think yeah um you know he's doing this whole thing to demonstrate his cult's power you know no longer will the united states think they can police the world forever um which is okay okay (laughs) this is a very roundabout way to do that um there's just regular terrorism guy yep um (laughs) like you don't uh and then uh his plan uh, is to send the Plagas back with Ashley. Yeah. Uh, which is, you know, pretty cool. Like, it's, you know, this little sleeper agent, Manchurian candidate kind of thing. Yep. Um, something that is revealed, I think, in Darkseid Chronicles, which everyone uh, includes uh, aspects of this, where we see Krauser's kind of backstory. Um, mm-hmm. uh, she specifically has a queen Plaga, which will mm-hmm. uh, which will help her spread. It's not just like, holy shit, the president's daughter erupted into a, into a tentacle monster. Like, she is specifically a vector for this stuff. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah. so so you have ashley and this uh kind of begins the escort mission part of uh of, of the village uh portion of the game which is trying to navigate ashley around a whole bunch of bear traps <laughs> yeah yeah um and it's again not nearly as bad as it sounds right um, it's more my fault because i wasn't looking out for them and so it ended up being like a like a sideshow bob rake kind of problem yeah yeah, they do. They do way less damage than maybe you think. Yeah, yeah, they don't break your shin, which is what I imagine <laughs> a, a bear trap actually doing. Oh God. Um, yeah. So the uh, we find a note um, as we're going through the section. The cult is actually after Lewis. 
who somehow used a drug to remove the Plagueis from him before it hatched. And that yeah. kind of gives us a little goal mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah. And so this yeah. is uh, kind of the second best kind of set piece of this. This is really, really uh, phenomenal. I love this. So this is the yeah. uh, the cabin battle as you are chased across a bridge by these Ganados, by the by the cult members, um, into a cabin where Luis is at. And he's like, okay, well, um, I'm going to creep on the daughter a little bit. Looks like the president's daughter, uh, or the president rather, equipped his daughter with ballistics, referring to uh, what I think doctors call her sweater meat. Yeah. So, yeah. And, um, and so the twins, um, go ahead. Yeah, no, no that's, that's all I had was that, that, that no, twins uh, boob uh, I just creep on the one that I was going to say that actually the character in the game looks younger than she's actually presented. Mm-hmm. Um, as I've said a thousand times on the thousand podcasts, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like it's creepy because she looks young. It doesn't actually matter that like, Oh, technically she's 18. Um, it's still pretty creepy. Yeah. yeah. These grown men kind of lusting after this, this pretty, like a, a, a youngish looking girl. Yeah. Or, so. or, you know, even, even beyond that, an avatar of vulnerability. Yeah. 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 Even if she is, even if she looked 18, it's still half your age. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out. Um, but the nice thing is, is that this level is another level that I can't think it's really hard for me to think of something better than it. Like yeah. it is only things that are as good um mm-hmm. and this is again i want this in a game so bad like yeah. just a game that is focused around like you know having a limited amount of time to defend a fortification mm-hmm. um and then you know mm-hmm. def- like finding choke points and there are so you can never be safe in this no like uh it's you know and you have uh luis there um so the 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 ganado attack and uh you can kind of set up a couple of things you can push some some shelves in front of windows um six, know, kind of six set- months before dark corners of the earth yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's it. They're going to get in. Um, <laughs> and they're going to keep ramping up the intensity. So they get in through the bottom floor. You can fight them down there. Mm-hmm. Eventually, you have to make kind of a tactical retreat upstairs. Um, <laughs> and then they start, you know, leaning ladders up against the windows. Yep. And so you're spinning um, plates trying to push the ladders down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you, there's too many of them to ever be be able to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And it feels like, I don't know if this is actually true, but it seems like Luis just kind of like stops firing at some point to lift mm-hmm. them upstairs. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can he die? in this um if you shoot him okay yeah <laughs> like if you shoot him enough i don't know if he dies i think he shoots you and kills you okay yeah gotcha i knew i knew it, he was there's was a fail condition tied to him yeah as well because he's not like an invincible avatar you can't just avoid guys and have him you know take care of business mm-hmm. um and like, like really really luckily you stuff ashley in a closet for this so you don't have to worry about her right um as we meant the plagas are in full effect here the yep. plagas uh Ganado. so we're going to end up with those you know you'll have a group of them regular ones just kind of walking up the stairs and then one of them in the back which is like this whipping <laughs> tentacle coming out of his head and it's like jesus christ you know <laughs> so every time i do this section i come out of it pretty drained of resources like yeah. this is one of the harder encounters in the game for me yeah no it's uh it's incredibly tense um I, it feels like i barely breathe through the entire yeah. thing um especially like and it moves fast too like you know it's if i say it's exhausting i make it feel like it's a marathon like it's probably like 10 minutes of, of yeah. sequence maybe um but um it is it is kind of miraculously paced and again that kind of director sensibility of the game yeah. kind of giving you drops and you know giving you just enough to scrape by if you end up uh, dipping below viability um, is, is really important to the way this kind of comes across. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, this um, is uh, like, if the, if the village wasn't here, uh, this would totally be the most memorable section. <laughs> it would, it's, it's like the best, um, 
you know, it, it would be the best section in a lesser game by such a country mile. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that it's like the second best sequence in this game is <laughs> huge. Yeah. Um, eventually, they kind of stop attacking. They kind of call it off. And right. uh, and I love how it's just, this is the focus of the chapter. You get a brief little bit of like, dem- you know, teaching you about escort gameplay in this game. And mm-hmm. then. This is the this is the set piece. Yep. We're already on to chapter two, three. <laughs> yep. Um, which is kind of a weirdly gamey section because you get uh, a note talking about how the villagers are preparing for either way that you could go. Uh, one of which uh, has uh, a lot of Ganados guarding it and another one that has um, El Gigante. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and the, the, the MLG cool thing to do is do both. Yep. Um, you know, because they're both fun and you're going to end up with a lot of resources you know, through them, um, which I do like you go through, uh, you know, I, I usually, I think the easier one for me or the less intensive one is probably the El Gigante. Mm-hmm. Um, you get tons of resources and the arena you're fighting him in this kind of corridor actually works to your advantage. I find. Yeah. Because you have um, to wait for him to turn around. Yeah. As you, like exactly. you can run between his legs like he's Taurus. Yep. Exactly. Um, there's a boulder above him in the arena. You can drop it on him. Uh, mm-hmm. the timing of that I find to be a little bit difficult. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you, uh, you end up, um, you know, kind of going through that game to the end, then I, then I turn back <laughs> and head back to the other section, which is a little village section mm-hmm. um, full of guys. And the introduction here is the double chainsaw ladies, the Bella mm, sisters, yep. who I love. <laughs> um, and this is a really well-designed village. Um, which, it's full of, um, it has a couple, a bunch of points of no return where you have to like leap down and there's not a ladder to get back. And every time I'm like, I know there's just going to be a cutscene that's going to fucking air do something as soon as I jump down there. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, and you have, uh, you have Ashley during this. Yeah. Um, so you can put, this is where you can stick her in, uh, dumpsters, essentially. <laughs> yeah. There is a dumpster in, uh, in 2-2, um, oh, yeah. but, uh, but here it is absolutely, um, imperative because like, it feels like those Bella sisters move faster. Yeah. I don't know yeah, that yeah. they actually do. I've never seen an objective comparison. Uh, but the fact that there's two of them at the very least is, uh, is, is a huge deal. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, really, really good. Eventually you get, uh, past this section through either of those streams and you get to this section uh where the gate uh out of here there's a there's an eye that is missing yeah and you find a letter from mendez that says it'll only open before his sight <laughs> be a little bit uh just invite people to take your eye dog like you could yeah. be subtle <laughs> and protect your sight or be completely obvious yeah. <laughs> um yep. uh, this is a this is a great sequence because you go into this barn at the end of one of these paths and uh, Mendez chokes you out and then bends the door closed. Like, okay, we're going to end really this good. here. Like, like I, t- I'm finally sick of toying with you. Yep. Um, and um, Mendez is such an imposing figure. It's not just the camera angle, but like they have always shown him towering over you. He is preternaturally like big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and this is another boss fight. Like this is a really dense section of game with really fantastic encounters too. like right mm-hmm. here in this little bit, because we just had those two little paths, which are both great and would have been a chapter on their own. Mm-hmm. But now we have the, the Mendez boss fight. Yeah. Um, which is a really cool arena. Um, this barn that really plays through it. Um, he kind of, uh, turned into this kind of stretchy kind of bug man. Like his torso <laughs> just stretches out. Um, what, like what, a stretch what's, Armstrong. What's funny about that is he, he moves around like just a regular big enemy until you do enough damage to him. If you, if you throw a fire grenade at him, he turns into the stretchy bug man immediately. Like he just hmm. sloughs off the bottom, like the, like the lower part of his torso and starts like swinging around from the rafters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he'll also start doing that if you do enough damage as yeah. well. Um, this is really about kind of going back and forth and managing your distance. Like mm-hmm. you don't want to be close to him. Yeah. Um, and the fight, you know, it's like a traditional Resident Evil fight in the first half, but then when he gets to the rafters part, it becomes more about Resident Evil four. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes more about specific aiming. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
Um, here. The, so, the, the TMP is really useful here, I find, actually. I, I never take it with Leon. <laughs> I, I believe it. I, I just never have room for it. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but just the, 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 the dramatic uh, aspect of this fight, like as the barn is burning down around you. Yeah. Um, it is yeah. sold so, so well that when you finally you know, dies. Like, again, it's like killing Rasputin. <laughs> um, and you take his goopy false eye. Um, it yeah. really just, uh, you, you feel like you've accomplished something, which is great. Yeah. Um, and you use that to, uh, it's, it's really, really good boss fight. Um, and he's also been a figure that's been hounding you this whole first third of the game. Yeah. So, I just, um, so, so like armchair uh, design, like how awesome would it be if he was like a nemesis kind of figure? Like certain areas he would chase you out. Um, if it was like limited to this first half of the game, like, oh, yeah. I, I like the way that this, this game has three different principal antagonists mm-hmm. and divides the game up that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have your Mendez, you have your uh, Salazar um, section, and then you have your Krauser section. Yeah, or Kra- Krautler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Krautler. <laughs> the Krautler. Um, so you scan scan the eye, of course. Um, and the uh, the villagers at this point are getting a little bit desperate because you're leaving. <laughs> Um, at this point, drive a car down this lane at you. <laughs> um, Dispensing with all subtly, uh, subtlety. So you have to yeah. uh, snipe the car driver out. Yeah. Um, Something I just realized that we didn't mention, and I just want to make sure, just in case anybody writes in, I was like, I can't believe you didn't mention. Um, we talked about in the beginning the boulder chase sequences. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, yeah, they're just kind of placed. Um, there's a couple of them. They're just kind of placed what feels like randomly, like if you're walking down a hill and there's not <laughs> much going on. Someone's probably yeah. going to push a boulder behind you. Yeah. Um, Whenever a yeah, boulder is not on, people be, should be thinking, where's the boulder? Yeah, where's boulder? Yeah. Um, just, again, just putting that as a note so no one says we didn't mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so this leads us to um, you take this uh, up the hill until you eventually get to the castle. Uh, and we're entering into the second third of the game. Yes. So this castle, it's a it's a it's a big, gigantic uh, Spanish castle. Magic uh, may or may not be included. Um, and you know, you have Ashley with you and you're kind of making this approach, um, along this, uh, path that is under assault by these catapults, these siege engines that are attacking from different angles. Still firmly in the, like every new level has a different gameplay (laughs) mechanic section of this game. And we're, we're pretty far into it. Yeah. Um, you're kind of making your way up here. One thing that's interesting here is that you can't clear out this first area and then leave Ashley there. Right. Um, which is what I did, but, uh, it will spawn enemies to kind of come in from behind you. Mm Mm-hmm. Eventually, so you have to stick and move. You can leave her somewhere, go clear something out, but then move her to the new safe space. Yeah, she won't be good anywhere for forever. Yeah. Um, there's a section where you have to kind of raise this cannon up to blow open the front gate, and that is a matter of just kind of buying yourself enough time um, as these enemies are attacking um, in order to uh, you know uh, do this uninterrupted. Um, and uh, should be noted that we are getting to a different kind of enemy. So this is not just the kind of regular belt and suspenders. Um, uh, villagers, these are like Sith Lords. These are, we're, yeah. we're fully in the Illuminados. They're cultists. Yeah. Like, they look like, they look like, uh, you know, just like Call of Cthulhu, regular cultist kind of characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mechanically, they're very similar. They just kind of get different armaments. Yeah. But they're the same kind of, uh, you know, squishiness. Yeah. So when you get into the castle, your your uh, connection to the outside world kind of uh, breaks apart. Uh, Hunnigan tries to get at you, but again, just no signal. Um, and this kind of coincides with the different kinds of plagas uh, that are going to come at you. It's kind of beefier ones. These different kinds of, yeah, Luminatus. Yeah. Um, so different weapons. Um, Morning Stars, which have kind of like pretty good range on them. <laughs> It'll just the... completely wreck you, like knock you back. It feels yeah. like the recovery time on that is a little bit wider. 
Um, and then the red-robed ones, which are ones that have uh, the Plagas inside mm-hmm. them generally. Yeah. Generally. Um, you know, we run into Lewis, um, and he says he has medicine for him, but for us, but he forgot it. <laughs> Thanks, Dick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, this is, you know, Resident Evil has this long history of, like, kind of shitty side characters. Mm-hmm. You know, and sometimes they're pretty good, yeah. and then sometimes they're Luis. Yeah. Um, I would be fine never seeing this character again. <laughs> Like, uh, I, I don't, you know, I know, like, I, I just, I don't, I'm not that interested in this character. No. Like, after playing this, it's like, yeah. the, 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 the most useful thing he does is die. Yeah. Um, that feels kind of cruel. Like, I wouldn't say that about a real person, but when he, when, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that moment where, where he reaches his end super unexpectedly. Like, yeah. it's a, it's, it's a real, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, deep blue sea kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a real weird character. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, also, in addition, in addition to these, uh, the Morningstar ones, we also have shields. Um, I love the shield. I love these guys. Yeah. Um, these guys are really stressful. They deploy them like it is a like uh, lane based tower defense game. Yep. It's you like know, a like a phalanx kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Where they're they're at the vanguard, and other guys behind them have maces, which we just <laughs> said have like exceptional range, like pretty fantastic. Uh, the way these guys work is that um, a shotgun will knock down their shield. Um, so one shotgun blast, but that's that ammo is still kind of rare. Um, you can also, uh, shoot at their feet under their shield, mm-hmm. which will cause them to take a knee and then you can knock their, sh- you can do a little, uh, spinning roundhouse, yeah. um, and take it out of their hands. Um, this is also Leon's moveset changes mm-hmm. when you get to this chapter, um, with these robe guys before this, if you stunned a guy, you would do it with a spinning kick. Yeah. Pretty cool. Now, when you stun a guy, you suplex them. <laughs> yeah. And because the guy's heads are made out of glass, mm-hmm. so often are you suplexing people into their heads exploding? <laughs> like that ha- That's like the, the third most common verb in this game yep. is suplex into de- decapitation. <laughs> like, uh, it's who, so good. Gary, who made God Hands? <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah it is it's it's really pretty incredible like yeah. it is over the top in the best possible way and um you, that still happens with plagas guys so sometimes mm-hmm. sometimes you can suplex them and then a plagas comes down and it's like, oh, shit, my <laughs> suplex wasn't good enough like you, you hear that extra meaty yeah um and then you're fucked not fucked yeah but you know you have more work to do <laughs> super super good i love i love fighting all of these these things i like the uh the mix-up and you know a lot of people kind of shit on the castle section of this and like the mix-up of enemies really makes this for me mm-hmm. uh, there are a few too many times like leon just gets locked in a room and has to fight a bunch of dudes yeah i won't i won't say that doesn't happen like too too many times but it doesn't mm-hmm. happen 10 too many times like yeah. i, I think you that know, just so problem. this is the hard thing about the game like uh, previously in the in, in this show i've talked about re4 being a little bit too long um mm-hmm. so many uh, uh, a lot of people especially in uh the slack have talked about like oh i got to the castle and the the, the shine kind of came off the apple um and it does become a different game here um, but like mm-hmm. taken as a whole, I don't know what I would cut. I think it's just a bunch of micro cuts that would make this chapter and the next one probably about 20% shorter. Yeah. You know, so like it's 20, just... 20% and I also just, it's not at no point did it become fatiguing to the degree that like I was not into it, you know, um, I was engaged entirely the, like the whole time. Yeah. Like it's a little, it could be a little bit shorter, but I didn't get bored. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's still kind of remarkably well paced and it's just hard to determine what part of the exhaustion or fatigue that is just what this game is designed to instill in you, like where that intentional uh, fatigue lets up and then just kind of like, mm, maybe you could have backed off a little bit where that fatigue um, sets in. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. Um, so, and there's plenty of just really interesting encounters that happen in the castle too, that like, I wouldn't oh, give yeah. up for anything. No. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, yeah. Keep the temples, yeah. but put them, put them a little bit closer to each other. Yeah. That, that's, that's kind of my, that would be where I'd be at. Yeah. Um, so we actually make it, uh, into the castle past this point and, uh, Salazar pops up. <laughs> I love Salazar. So Salazar is really confusing. It's not like unlike something from code veronica i feel like they tread this ground already with i mean with alexis with this, the ashfords you know th- this makes code veronica look like uh look, look like downton abbey yeah i mean uh, it's still when you first go into code veronica and you see the little like lord Montleroy pop out and it's like a little <laughs> bit like okay yeah you, you see alfred yeah it's it's more of like a contrast thing for me like up until this point i was too actually scared to mm-hmm. actually fight a tiny little napoleon guy mm-hmm. and i love that they actually say like his he's so he's this little wrinkled like He's like one of the um, the things from Time Bandits. He's like a Time Bandits dwarf. Hmm. I've never like. seen Time Bandits, so I don't know. It is. Uh, oh, you should see Time Bandits. <laughs> um, it, did you say should or shouldn't? Oh, you should. Okay. Like it's a it's a good it's a Terry Gilliam movie from like the height of his power. Oh, okay. So, you know, it's uh, it's not quite as good as like Baron Munchausen or you know Brazil. Yeah, but it's part of that. He considers it part of that trilogy. Hmm. Um, it's very good. Okay. Yeah, um, but he is uh, he he is a small man, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he's very overblown. Like he wears a Napoleon hat, uh, very theatrical. We find out that he is only twenty years old, even I though love that. <laughs> yep. So he's probably suffering from some kind of uh, advanced progeria. aging disease, like progeria or something, something along those lines, or just you know, as he has given over his soul to uh, to the Plagueis, you know, the candle that burns at both ends, you know, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um. And he is uh, theatrical is a good word for it. His voice is real silly. Um, and this introduces this kind of like these little, you know, bromances that like Leon gets into with his antagonist. Like Batoris Mendez was scary. Yep. And like Leon didn't give him any lip. Now Leon is he's been suplexing guys into decapitation so much that he's like confident to actually kind of fight back. Um, and it's so, so good. Like. <laughs> <laughs> let's, it's, let's, great. Uh, it's like playground it's like really playground like i'll just put in the whole little little exchange here yeah <laughs> i was starting to wonder when you might notice us who are you me llamo ramon salazar the eighth castellan of this magnificent architecture I have been honored with the prodigious power from the great Lord Sadler. I've been expecting you, my brethren. No thanks, bro. My, my, we've got a feisty one. If you care for your own well-being, I suggest you surrender yourself and simply become our hostage. Or, Mr. Scott, you can give us the girl because you're not worth a penny, I'm afraid. You can die. I'm never turning into one of them. Never. Got that right. We'll find a cure. Uh, of, of, of this part. But like, it, it does feel like, you know, a boy chasing a little girl around a playground with a worm in his hand. <laughs> so I, I hate to call back to something you said probably a handful of times on the show. But um, that, that amazing Georgia court case. 
mm-hmm. um, that, uh, that that has been kind of adapted into a Rick and Morty bit where you have the the, the, the judge talking with uh, with the defendant who, you know, is trying to convince him that his uh, appointed attorney is trying to sexually assault him. Um, and both of them are just like so the <laughs> the defendant is totally running the show, but the judge just kind of is saying things that he thinks sound like insults. Like, I'm proud mm-hmm. of my mouth um stuff like I'm that like my is really good yeah like like <laughs> like everything on both sides sounds like both of them are saying things that they think are insults yeah the cadence <laughs> of insults without the content of insults right which is something i i value <laughs> yeah. um, but uh just the the, the combination of high-pitched and raspy that salazar has and the way that he ah yes mm-hmm. like a little bit of a peter laurie kind of thing sure um <laughs> Yeah. Again, there, there's probably an argument to be made that everything after the Plagas is injected is some kind of like uh, transformation hallucination. It definitely could be. This is just a regular guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. He's. I love how he's. He's got his right and left hand behind him. Yeah. These things are super creepy and awesome. Yeah. There's like hooded figures where you just see these like mandibles and mouth parts sticking <sighs> out from under the hood. Yeah. So again, it's mixing that actually creepy with the ridiculous. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, we have to now we get to like a, a very mansion-y kind of part of this, like mm-hmm. a very Resident Evil-ass thing where we have to open this door by finding all the these plates. Yeah, so there's just kind of a like a like a kid's puzzle version of a manticore in front of us. Yeah. Um, and then it yep. kind of op- opens up to give us a couple of different uh, couple of different ways we can go. We yeah, find yep, out that yep. the cult is after um, uh, Luis because he has a sample. Um, and they're also worried about Ada getting a hold of it. Trust me, we're going to get so sick of this sample. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is not a uh, not our favorite. It's the Narsh of of vials. <laughs> um, the uh, so there's this little section uh, where you head down to this prison. Um, there's actually a sign, uh, you know, down that leads down to it, and uh, you go down here into this this little kind of dark, dank place where there's a guy in a cave, mm. um, and you can see him there. He's up chained up against the wall next to the thing you need. Um, so you have to open the door and actually go in and grab it yeah, uh, or attempt to grab it. Um, and this is another kind of boss or mini boss fight. Yeah. Um, thing. And, and just like a lot of good, good games do, they eventually become kind of regular enemies or at least, yeah. you know, uh, sprinkled around. These are the, uh, the guard doors. Yeah. Um, um, these things are really interesting. Uh, <laughs> fight. They have gigantic Wolverine claws um, and they're blind. Um, and they do like a blind enemy in a way that I really like. Like I don't like, uh, you know, enemies that uh, are functionally kind of, you know, supposed to be blind, but they don't actually, they're not, mm-hmm. you know, like I always, I'm always bothered by the thing in uh, the last of us where the clickers are supposed to be uh, looking, you know, they see by echolocation. So mm-hmm. that means you can't make noise. Wait a minute. You know, like that's, that's not how echolocation <laughs> works. Yep. Um, you know, so they should just be able to see you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, but it, it just means that they're just regularly blind. Yeah. It's just, they wanted to give them this creepy audio cue that has nothing to do with anything. Um, so wherever these things are deployed, there are bells, um, at least one or two, which, um, if you use a high enough caliber weapon, you can kind of fire those and get them to attack, uh, one of them. It's a, it's a couple of, uh, free shots, but the way these fights almost always break down for me, especially because, you know, the variety of, the variety of ammo that you have at your disposal kind of changes, um, is, um, to slowly be walking around, trying not to make noise as I kind of go around a pillar or something like that to get in a shot on his back and then like very quickly while he's struggling, get to a new position where he can't get at me. Exactly. It's really fun. It's, it's like the old hero boss fight. Yeah. Uh, and demon souls. And like, 
it's really, really tense. Um, when they kind of mix these guys up and they end up with other characters, it's less fun. But it's fun for me to kind of avoid them while taking out the other characters. So I eventually can have this like, yeah. you know, creeping around the tables in Jurassic <laughs> Park, yep. uh, you know, in the kitchen from the Raptors kind of feeling of like, yeah just sneaking past to get an angle on their back. They also, and the game knows that they're going to do that. They knows you're going to do that because they give these guys an animation where they will like really quickly turn around, (laughs) but they haven't heard anything. Yeah. It just gives them the spot of movement. That's trying to psych you out into like, they just shooting early. Yeah. And and, and I love that too, because they just, it it sells it as like, Oh, I felt somebody walking on my grave kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's got a sixth sense about it. (laughs) Um, I love these things. Like these things are fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, it's too bad. Like, so they work really well here. There's one encounter where I don't think they work well at all. And there's like one more where I think they use this to really good effect. Mm, yeah. Yeah. We'll get to those uh, in turn, but yeah. Um, yeah. So then we get to another kind of a uh, section of this and this, uh, the other, you know, another encounter, this huge room. Um, this is the room with the three, like the, the kind of pools mm-hmm. in the middle, right. And the, the uh, three stairways. They go down. This is a really kind of a really, really hard room. This yeah. is the first time you've had to do like an encounter this big with Ashley in tow. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are uh, so many enemies yeah. from this. There are like little monster closets on the side where they'll continue to spawn from. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of like a big arena combat level, yeah. you know, where you are just constantly moving. There's no safe spaces, um, you know, and you're trying to find what I was earlier, like two hours ago, and I was talking about finding choke points in areas that are <laughs> bigger range things. This is what I was thinking of specifically. Yeah. was like getting, seeing if you can form a train of guys following you, run down the stairs, you can get in some shots while they're all lined up yeah. and then repositioning. Mm-hmm. Um, this took me a couple of tries uh, this time around. This was a big difficulty spike for me. For sure. Um, you're given a choice, right? You, so you have to raise these walkways and you have these cranks. You can either have Leon do it and he does it faster, or you can set... Um, Ashley to do it she does it slower but you can protect her yeah yeah I always I always wondered if that was like a, I've always just had Ashley do it so I can protect her mm-hmm. I never trusted the guys to leave her alone if I was doing it so I wonder I mean, if that's if and we should actually can we talk let's talk about what happens when they get to Ashley yeah we we really should yeah. because they don't yeah, just they attack her they pick her up yeah yeah and start taking her to a door if they get to any door that's game over mm-hmm. um it also does hurt her though yeah, like being uh, and you can shoot those enemies. If you shoot them anywhere on their bodies, they'll drop her. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she cannot be commanded or kind of get, you know, get back into the fight, you know, start running away until you kind of clear the area around her. Right. If she's panicking, you can't um, kind of. Yeah. Guide her. Yeah. And there is friendly fire like you can accidentally shoot Ashley. Mm-hmm. And that's a real problem. So yeah. um, there's also the Yoshi's Island thing. So you'll always know when she's been picked up. Right. Like there's a real Pavlovian like. Leo! Yeah. If you want to put in a marker there, I'll put that in to <laughs> freak people out so they think they have to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's also kind of this perennial choice you have to make um, kind of throughout the, for the, the middle third of the game, which is uh, this game introduces a new color of herb. So uh, instead of ah, just yeah, having, yeah. Uh, you know, red and green, they get rid of blue, but they give you yellow, which will raise your max HP. It's very useful on Leon, but you want to use a couple of these on Ashley just to give her more longevity um, in some of these situations. She uh, in my games, like she never gets one until I'm maxed out. Yeah. Like I, I don't I don't end up making a choice as I'm going um, just because the uh, you know, I if I'm doing if I'm playing well enough, she's not going to get hurt. Yep. You know. I'm always happy when I get to the point where I'm full up and I can start giving her some. Um, put your mask on before you put hers on. Yeah, 100. Yeah, those, those are for daddy. Um, 
yeah. Never say daddy again. <laughs> yeah, I've got right. Um, so uh, this, this, I mean, this big encounter very hard, but eventually you, uh, you kind of get through it. Yeah. And uh, we're introduced to another, you know, a real, again, since it's so hard, finding the merchant here is very relieving. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're introduced to this weird uh, little mini game. Yep. Uh, here. <laughs> I, I didn't this. spend a lot. I didn't do very much of this this time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I've spent time with it in the past, but this yeah. time I was kind of eyes on the prize. Like I was enjoying yeah. it, but wanted to actually play the game rather than this this part. Yeah, I did all of them. Um, just, uh, just, you know, I got all six bottle caps, each of these, uh, kind of sections. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Like they vary them up. So this is a shooting range, uh, kind of a Hogan's alley. Uh, kind of deal where they pop up uh, different enemies. Uh, Ashley gets you negative points if you shoot them, um, and then if you do well enough, you get a uh, you get a chance to shoot Salazar at the very very back of the range to get extra points. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a good way to get huge infusions of cash. Yeah, yeah, and you get um, little toys. Yep, you know these little things are kind of fun to play with. It's like Smash Brothers. Yeah, exactly. That's a good that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah, what what comes next? Was that this, uh... Um, so uh, there's a there, there's a baffling cutscene where like you're walking down a hallway. Ashley starts to run away because she's embarrassed about coughing up blood. Um, and then who designed this trap where like she leans up against a wall and then it is exactly where the shackles would come out and not crush her trachea. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's a good trap. <laughs> Gotta say, it's a it, you know, it's cunning, cunning at the cu- cunning at custom, the highest, custom made. Um, so we so we lose her for a little while, which is kind of a relief after this, you know, this part where we've had yeah. to deal with having her, and it was it's been very tricky. Um, here introduces one of my favorite things is when uh, Salazar hijacks your frequency. Whenever Leon is talking to somebody on Kodak, that's not, you know, Hunnigan. Yep, it's it's delightful <laughs> um, because they're they're just taunting him, and he you get the sense that like. He doesn't really know what to say back. Yep. You know, so he's just like has to kind of has to say something. Yes. Uh, I'll let our miserable insects out to get some exercise in the suit. Well, we'll see you. Yeah. yeah. No, you won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about Leon. Um, but this introduces the, uh, a sewer section, which is uh, mercifully like pretty short. Like this sewer here is not. Yeah. Sewer. Yeah. Um, and I actually like these guys uh, mm-hmm. that you fight the the Dora, Dora, Doritos, uh, Novistadors. The, yeah, Novistadors. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Um, and these are uh, the, the, these are insectoid kind of uh, kind of things. I, I get the sense that they're just plagas that were allowed to uh, evolve outside of a shell. Yeah. Um, yeah. And kind of their thing is they're invisible. Uh, they're invisible and quick. So this is yeah. a this is a very highly uh, par- par- paranoia inducing section. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to get out the shotgun for these guys. Yep. Um, they also, they're invisible and quick, and they also, after you take them out, they go to the ceiling. And one of the ways, like, keys that you can see that they're here is see them drooling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can see them uh, drooling from the ceiling, which is a great, great visual. Yep. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Um, and these guys are mixed in with uh, swinging blade traps as well. So this is a sewer level and sends fortress. Just in case yeah. we have, were not sufficiently parodies of ourselves. 100%. <laughs> and, uh, that's what it is, though. Yep. Um, yeah, you eventually make your way through here, though. It takes a, it takes a while. And uh, you get to this huge room with these uh, Ganados, like, worshipping this upside-down statue over an altar mm-hmm. that's hanging here, which is, which so is pretty creepy. fantastic. Yeah, just, really, uh, really just, as, just as an image uh, is, is great. And around here, you actually find uh, Salazar's diary that talks about the history of this. So this is the lore that I wanted, mm-hmm. um, you know, about this, you know, this cult and this threat that was about these parasites that was long ago sealed away 
that uh, this Castellan, this you know person who was ultimately responsible for the well-being of this area, um, being convinced to uh, to allow both Las Plagas and uh, and the Illuminatus to return because like Sadler was uh, the snake in his ear. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of framed in a weird way, like a, like a, almost like a religious freedoms, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, you, we he saw it as this like what it was, this kind of evil cult to be stamped out. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, no, you know, they're not so bad. <laughs> um, it's it's pretty it's kind of weird. Um, but it's good to get this uh, this kind of little bit. Um, there's a little section here with this like kind of this guy who is wearing a goat skull, this red robed leader mm-hmm. um, has a key that you can see it's hanging around his neck. Um, and he runs away until he gets to this Gatling gun or just to this <laughs> turret section. He just rises up out of the floor again He's like a, they plan for it. It's all it's all planned. Like this whole section is so levelly um, <laughs> in, in a way that like – but it still has the trappings of like an actual kind of castle. And it's made sense for it to have these traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they did this, like I'm – again, I've, I've made enough yeses to be into this. Oh, yeah. Like uh, so yeah. when I'm laughing at this, I'm not saying like, oh, this doesn't work for me. It's like oh, I'm along for the ride. Like yeah. at this point, I am so bought in. Yeah. Um, and he just, it's just like any turret section, like he fires and bursts until he has to reload. Mm-hmm. And then you try to get into your hit, your shots there. Yeah. Yep. And that gets you the, uh, the key that will get you into kind of a more traditional puzzle, this, uh, kind of execution painting puzzle where you have to do like a little, uh, lights out kind of thing, uh, to show six corpses total. Nothing mm-hmm. too special. Uh, it's just interesting that they continue doing this. Yeah. Yep. Um, he continues, you know, Salazar continues to kind of give you the shit and Levi, uh, Leon says, uh, if you don't need me, get off my back, old man. He might surprise you. <laughs> God. I don't care if my tree is growing over your property line. Yeah. <laughs> like, he might surprise you that I, to learn that I am 20 years old. It's really, yeah. really weird. Yeah. Who cares? Like, it doesn't... Uh, why were you responding to this like meaningless empty thing that Leon said? <laughs> yeah. You know, he's not actually saying you're old. <laughs> right. um, you know, it's it, it, he doesn't even know what he's saying. Just let yeah. him play. Uh, the cool thing here, like Sellers says, oh, I've got absolute control over the Plagas, which we learned mm-hmm. isn't true, and that kind of gives a little bit of I don't know, like pathos to his whole story. Like he still thinks he like this is his domain, right? But yeah. like Sadler is the one who using echolocation can control all this. Like he only thinks he has control because Sadler right now is doing what he wants because their goals align. Yeah. It's, it's a playground for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so you continue, uh, continue past here. We're introduced to, uh, Illuminato with rocket launchers. Because <laughs> uh, again, really, really going. Yeah. Um, and that leads into the hedge maze. Uh, with yeah. all of these uh, these dogs. We've had a couple of dogs before. This is where uh, they're the most dense. Yeah, they're a real problem. They're hard. Yeah. Like, this is this is a shotgun. Yeah, because they, they just, they're quick. And, yeah. you know, a quick enemy in this game is hard to deal with. Like, yeah. you can't, there's no way to, like, do this well with a, a pistol. Right. You know? Um, you need something that has a wide spread so you don't have to aim as precisely because mm-hmm. they are going to leap on you and do just ridiculous amounts of damage yeah. i'm sounding like a tmp apologist but like if you can kind of use that rapid fire to draw a line across them that also mm-hmm. ends up working to stagger them i mean I, I recognize from playing the ada stuff that the tmp is useful i just never had room for it yeah uh, I, I also said i'm sounding like an apologist because that's a joke like you understand oh. what the what the benefit is <laughs> yeah yeah i just didn't it, if you don't have it, it might be a good place for that otherwise the shotgun does just does just fine mm-hmm but uh, I was running low on shotgun ammo because this game is perfectly tuned for difficulty. So, yep. yeah. Mm. 
And so um, as you get into, again, just uh, the, the, the chapters always end in these nice places where you would want to spend some time, um, Ada ambushes Leon. Put your hands where I can see them. Sorry, but following a lady's lead just isn't my style. Put them up now. Advice: Try using knives next time. Works better for close encounters. Leon. Long time no see. Ada. So it is true. True? About what? You, working with Wesker. I see you've been doing your homework. Why, Ada? What's it to you? Why are you here? Why'd you show up like this? <laughs> See you around. Ada. Mm, yeah, that's this is this is amazing. Like this little <laughs> this little bit with him throwing up the gun and catching it and like <laughs> slow motion over the top, you know. <laughs> and he doesn't realize it's Ada until she pulls off her like completely transparent sunglasses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Ada. Like, oh, um, the love of my life who saved me multiple times in Raccoon City, who I've been chasing all this time. Like, maybe I got into this field of work so I could so I could get closer to you because I always yeah, figured you never died. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um super silly. Um he he accuses her of working with Wesker. Which is uh, true. Yeah, which is true. Um she gets away because her sunglasses explode, which is like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> the super spy tech. Uh this is super ridiculous. <laughs> it's um, so funny. Again, you say it's ridiculous. We're not saying no, it's, it's bad. very funny. Like it's it's just you know saying it out loud makes it like yeah. I'm super on for the ride. Like it is it is really entertaining to watch. Yeah, uh, as it's going through and it's unpredictable, which is valuable. <laughs> um, but it it is just it is absurd to say out loud. Yeah. yeah. So chapter three um, three um, kind of gets mm-hmm. you into the more civilized part of the uh, of the castle. Um, with the uh, kind of the dining room that has uh, this weird little puzzle where you have to shoot the wine bottle. And that gets yeah, you into yeah. a place with the uh, the second guard or encounter that I think works, where you're locked inside of this cage with uh, with this blind brute enemy. But also you have these uh, Illuminatus who are taking pot shots at you from outside. So like, and yeah, and the, the cage doors are have these padlocks on that you can get rid of. Mm-hmm. But uh, it takes, you know, some resources and it's going to make noise. There's yeah. no silent way to get out of the cage. Yeah. Um, the trick here, like when I when I remember this taking me a thousand tries when I was young or no, when I first played it, I wasn't young. When this came out. <laughs> yeah. But um, <clears throat> I remember the first time I played this is taking a lot of time. And the trick is you just need to get out of the cage. Yeah. Like you might get hit, you know, but throw a grenade, you know, do whatever you can to actually get that padlock. And then you have the entire kind of level to use. Yeah. So you can go back to that dining area. And, you know, that's where I actually did the Jurassic Park hiding from the raptor <laughs> thing with the, the Garado um, after Gardor, after, uh, you know, all the regular guys is kind of funneled out. Yeah. You know, I was able to take them out, um, you know, get get out of the trap. Yeah. Is, is the, my, you know, my hint for this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, additionally, um, a couple of other navigational things. Uh, this, I 
think around here is when you get introduced to the uh, the fire breathing statues that are from Devil May Cry. Oh yeah. Um, but also, uh, this is when the stage three plagas uh, start coming. These are the ones that uh, kind of become bat spiders that separate from their host. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So it becomes a like a like a three stage fight. The they, they uh they spit as well. Yeah, yeah. Those ones, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you kill the person. Um, then they pop out of the neck when you shoot them when they're on the neck, they separate and then become very fast and jump at you like face huggers. And then also yeah. the spitting. Um, yeah, this is where, uh, where Luis dies, um, to Sadler's dick tentacle, um, as he retrieves the, uh, the sample. Yeah. It gets impaled right through like the, the stomach yeah. from behind. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then we see the tentacle. I, I call it his dick tentacle because it retracts under his robe. What else am I led to believe? Yeah, what else could it be? It's literally <laughs> the only thing you keep under robes. <laughs> so I'm I'm wearing a robe right now and yeah. from and, the and, neck and, down and it's, it's all dicks. Yep, it's very much <laughs> it's like it's just not to not to ruin the mystique because yeah, it's wondering, but <laughs> it's like Carl becoming an eye monster, except Gary it's a it's a Gary Dick monster. Yeah. I'm 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 a I'm a creepy pasta. <laughs> From the neck down. <laughs> creepy pasta in the sheets, creepy pasta in the streets, Gary Butterfield. <laughs> Um, so, uh, um but but i love the, the the scream that uh that leon gives here lewis yeah um <laughs> steve luis you fucking insensitive like like nothing here has been an it's authentic... a guy who speaks mexican yeah uh, <laughs> nothing here has been like an authentic spanish accent you know no. like it's been very uh just very very latin american kind of uh sounding kind of stuff uh but just say his name the way he says it for once i was just thinking like i was thinking about that and this is going to sound a little bit like you know not all not all men or like white people too kind of thing but -hmm. like it would be weird to expect capcom to all of a sudden get a culture right just because it's not american culture oh yeah there's probably a line you can draw between the bad accents and still you know wrong deliveries of this that you know directly is from jill the master of unlocking (laughs) <laughs> you know like they're they're never going to get anything right i mean it's the you know? uh it's it's the prejudice of lowered expectations yeah you know so so it's it's it's, it's not like oh oh like of course the accents are, are wrong like what the fuck is wesker's accent you know where is that guy from like it doesn't it's it's just not a value they have yeah i suppose you know, I, just, I, I guess all that i want is consistency if they have if, if they have the character himself thing saying like ah yes yo soy luis sarah um, I would expect Leon once he heard that to say, "Oh, Luis," as opposed yeah. to Louis, <laughs> because yeah, I don't Luis and Luis, uh, Louis and Luis, uh, only sound like each other on very superficial levels. Yeah, they're different, they're different names. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, but it it is just uh, I just don't think the company company gives a shit about yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, and that would be a that'd be a weird and fucked up place to draw. Yeah, don't draw line. the line there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um. So here is a pretty uh, here's a section that I don't that's an escort part that I don't like. Yeah, um, pretty rare. I, I don't like this when this happens. I don't mind it in uh, there's a similar version of this at five where like somebody's covering you. Mm-hmm. But I think this happens in um, uh, Metal Gear as well. I hate it there. I think it's in two where you have to cover the the girl with a sniper rifle. I never oh, want to yeah, cover Emma. someone with a sniper yeah. rifle. I'm American. Um, yeah, I don't like it. Um, I just uh, it's it's not. It's it's a, like a confluence of like things that that doesn't work for me. Yeah, it feels uh, it feels disempowering in a way that is like, well, find a way down, you dummy. Um, well, yeah, well, yeah, jump. <laughs> like you ju- you jump off you jump off anything. You've never used a ladder. Yep. Like to go down, just jump. <laughs> um, you'll be fine. I have I have nothing but but mixed herbs. 
Yeah. You will be a okay. But like, so what's happening here is you find Ashley. She is uh, in that little, the other side of that trap. Yeah. It didn't crush her trachea. Um, you have to shoot her bonds and then uh, enemies start swarming in. Yeah. To, to fight her. They're also shooting you, I guess. I think it's about peripheral awareness is why I don't like about this. That's the thing. If, and just because of the, con- like, this is the, the one place or one of a couple of places where that constricted peripheral awareness really works against you as opposed yeah. to in the game's favor for tension right yeah like yes i can take my my eye out of the scope of this rifle to like look Mm -hmm. around me like pretty consistently but the clock that's ticking down with them approaching ashley is a little bit too you know too narrow like a little too short for me to really want to do that yeah you know i also just want to end the encounter kind of like there's a sense of urgency that's being belied by oh like these things are trying to get ashley after protector it's like i don't want to go shoot this fucko who's just taking pot shots at me with a crossbow you know, nearby. Yeah. So, yeah, th- th- I mean, this doesn't really work for me. It's not a, it's not a war crime, but it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Um, this leads into something that I think actually does work. So after you, you know, after Ashley is in the free and clear, you end up being able to control her in this mm-hmm. uh, kind of disempowered stealth section um, yeah. where your only real defense is either sneaking around or throwing these oil lamps at the, yes. uh, at the cultists around you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a little bit conspicuous that there are this many like burning oil lamps. But they're but around. Like, like I was surprised going back through, like, oh, there's so many there's so many hanging oil lamps that I can take advantage of now. Oh yeah. These are ones that are just on tables though. Yeah. Like you're in that hallway and there's five of them or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there are there are a lot of them. I think that my this area was super easy for me because I did badly on that sniping section. Oh yeah, I could see that. Um, so it yeah. it ended up being like there was enough oil lamps for every cultist so a lot of the tension was drained from this mm-hmm. section i get it i like it in in person a lot and it is a cool change of pace but it didn't work as a, a tense experience for me yeah i just like went to the oil lamp took out the guy went to the oil lamp took out the guy and it was probably one of the very few things where this this difficulty dynamic difficulty thing kind of fell down because yeah. you're totally switching gameplay modes using the same kind of metrics to adjust difficulty you know across that kind of apples and oranges comparison didn't mm-hmm. quite work yeah um this also mixes with uh some qtes about the suits of armor that i guess have plagas inside of them they that is revealed later i think this is a holdover from the haunted castle version yeah they just decided this. to reuse those assets yeah <laughs> um but yeah it's later revealed these have plagas in them yeah uh but yeah yeah, yeah. but this gets you the snake piece and then all of this is kind of uh put together to get you further into the castle in chapter four Um, Leon and Salazar start talking about this being like a scene. It's like explicitly metatextual yeah. uh, like <laughs> exchange. Oh, why don't you show me what a good script is like through your own actions? Man, that through your own actions is such like an anime tag Yeah, to me. Like that's something I associate with anime dialogue of like mm-hmm. through your own, a-, like just a weird emphasized shout. Well, if you're such a tough guy, then show me. Yeah, exactly. Like that's why would you say that? Like that's a bad delivery for that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but it's it's like talking head kind of stuff, but like 
then don't do it. Come on. Yeah, it's it's super silly. Again, it works in this because it's meant to be ridiculous. Yeah, but it's just it was just like man, that is that's a weird anime line. <laughs> the um, this is fucking bonkers because yep. this castle has a lava section. Yep, um, there's like a huge like foundry at the beginning. It's a Mario Kart track. <laughs> like it's like you've gone into Bowser's castle all of a sudden. Yeah, <laughs> Bowser's ours castle. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Bowser's our. Um, I, I have no idea what the fuck is going on with this thing. This yeah. is so weird. <laughs> Like, it's one of the weirdest things that happens in this. Oh, yeah. They're like dragon statues that like move up and down the paths, like spewing fire at you. Yeah. (laughs) The little little puzzle at the end. So you're just kind of, uh, you know, there's these timing puzzles to jump across into this rotating cage thing that like is what purpose, you know, Um, until you get to the end. And this guy has this kind of rotating dragon statue thing that breathes fire. And the trick is to kind of faint him in one direction run over to the other side and get to him yep. uh, and shoot him behind his shielding. It, it is literally um, just, hey, these are the mechanics that we have. Like, what can we do that feels like a game? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so silly. But again, that increasing series of yeses, like, I'm on board. Yep. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> like I'm laughing because I love fucking it. Fucking A. Yeah. yeah like, I'm not laughing at this game's expense. 100%. <laughs> yep. Um, there's also, like, so because they try to maintain, like, the integrity of the space, too, which is weird. There's like, okay, well, we've got to get you back to where you were. Why don't we put you like in this really cushy, like roller coaster car? Man, Salazar has so much fun. <laughs> like, it's just like, is it going to take his little like roller coaster thing down to see lava? Like, man, I want to be bored and rich. Like, well, if there was like a, like, if there was a zoo for, for <laughs> different states of matter, mm-hmm. I would go to that. Yeah. I've never, I've never seen plasma. I've never seen, well, I mean, I guess, you know, well, actually you have. It's not, I'm by looking I've up at the sun, it. but you shouldn't do yeah. that because it would. You know. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen—I've never seen lava. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to go see this stuff. Mm-hmm. I would go to if, if I had this castle, I would go down to my like states of matter zoo, go down to the steam wing, yeah. Um, yeah. check out, see what that's like. Yep, just walking down a long hallway over here, we have a screening of David Mamet's State in Maine, and over yeah. here we have the Museum of State and Ma- States of Matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just uh, you know here's the, uh, <laughs> the going down to Foggy Junction, and then walking down to you know. <laughs> steam steam town and then eventually going down to uh to ice iceberg city i'm a Correct. sophisticate yeah okay i'm looking at states of matter <laughs> I, I would like to have every elementary school level science thing explained to me through a theme park oh yeah like that like i would go go to like you know earth science uh you know classes of animal world and just, it's just that's like that is a way i would take in that knowledge i think mm, yeah i want to visit like, that i want to visit the hygiene palace yeah, yeah, or like, uh, you know, you want to know the different, like, go down to the tree that explains the different judicial, legislative, and executive branches, you know, but it's actually like a tree, you like walk on gigantic things and explains it to you, like, man, oh, man. What, how close are we to replacing our entire school system with a series of theme parks? I mean, that is a good way to take in information, like, that, I, I'm... That's like a that, that's like a fucking infinite jest dystopia, though, that you're describing. <laughs> I don't know, I think it might be an infinite jest utopia. <laughs> I'm just picturing like a motorcycle ride that explains the nitrogen cycle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all of this stuff sounds really good to me. Like it just makes it would make lear- it cool. It would make learning fun. <laughs> and that's what learning <laughs> needs to be. Yeah, I just like you know I don't know. I, I'd like to like now walk around you know the 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 inner ear. Like I mean that's what science museums do anyway. Oh yeah, true. But just just do that you know in, instead. God damn it, Gary! You won me over by invoking science museums. I, exactly. Thank you. I knew you'd be on board. <laughs> Like, yeah. So yeah, hopefully that's what Salazar's got setting up, and then I regret taking him out. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um. 
so you go on this little roller coaster ride uh, to get there. Um, there are more animated armor statues. They're attacking yeah. you. These little QTEs that you get there. Um, you do a statue pushing puzzle um, where you have to uh, push the statue in the way, and then a spike ceiling starts dropping. Yeah, like you just have to shoot the, glow, the, the glowing um, or Well, again, like... it's it, they're on the ceiling though. Yeah. So it, again, it's it's look up. Yeah. You know, like if you if you're not, the game has been trying to get like, hey, there's treasure there, and this whole point. This whole time we kind of talked about buying treasure maps and didn't say what they were. Um, they show you where like treasures are in in the uh, on your map. Uh, it might might be you might find it hard to believe that a treasure map shows you where treasure is on a map. What? But uh, the way this works is since it's a flat plane, you just know where it is basically. But it could be under something. It could be on the ceiling. Yeah. You just get to that point and look around for it. <laughs> um, so the game, like the treasure kind of loop in this, has been training you for this moment. Yeah. Um, so this is just a way to narrowly escape from another situation. Um, there's a there's a gigantic room with a chrysalis um, that is the size of at least three uh, Winnebago's um, mm-hmm. where uh, Ashley gets stolen away by some Navistadors. Um, and uh, this also leads to like a gigantic uh, clock that is jammed up with planks again. Yeah, that you had to go shoot. Throwing all reason uh, to the wind. Um, this also leads to the uh, the the encounter with the Garadors that I don't think works, where there are two mm. of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they give you a little bit of a concession by having the uh, the side hallway where you can kind of like lead them down and get them kind of trapped in their uh, in the in their blindness. But uh, but otherwise, like it just uh, doesn't work for me that well. Mm. At at this point, um, I've been putting a lot of points into upgrading my rifle. Okay. So my rifle did such amazing damage that these guys were pretty much not a problem. Yeah. Like, it was pretty easy for me to get off two shots on their, like, hit them once in the back, which caused them to panic. And if I just squeeze the trigger again quick enough, mm-hmm. two shots in rapid succession would take these guys out. Yeah. So it was functionally, you know, like a regular encounter with them yeah. for me. But it was because of, like, a specialized build kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I was more of, a like, a shotgun TMP. Um, mm-hmm. kind of guy at that moment because the the, the rifle especially in the uh, in the castle is such a uh, such a situational kind of kind of deal it definitely is but it's the best i found that it was the best ammo to to kill ratio mm-hmm. you could get in the game like i yeah. you, i was always one kill mm-hmm. for everything so i would kind of try to craft uh, and it speaks to the game that like we could go through it with these very different play styles and, and oh, yeah. work yeah. really well but i would just kind of try to craft situations where i could use it yeah so if i could sprint to the other side of a long hallway turn around and get off a sniping shot like that would literally yeah. be just one one less ganado right away yeah the like um, the, the the rifle would have its day in uh in yeah. chapter five yeah it is a, it is a it is a super good weapon it, and it made this encounter but there are other encounters that are probably harder for me mm-hmm. they're less hard for you with that build like the dogs Mm-hmm. Which were not, which are a problem for me, but not your problem because you had uh, the TMP upgraded. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I'm looking at the notes. Um, yeah. And I'm just seeing the way this goes it's because um, ridiculous. <laughs> because uh, you you get through a big door and you find uh, uh, Salazar again, an, another one of his like stately reposes. Um, <laughs> and Salazar dra- uh, opens up a trap door beneath you. And then deploys like Mr. A... Burns. <laughs> yep, it's a shoot for supplicants, and he yep. throws. Uh, Leon deploys a literal uh, utility belt grappling hook, like he yep. pulls it from his belt and throws up, and then deafens Salazar through his listening horn. Yeah, as he he... A... <laughs> he wants to hear the people die, Gary. Yeah, and he screams in it to really, really <laughs> stick it to that guy to prank him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he... Good prank, bro. 
He um one of the things that's in that um that Resident Evil fact that we reference all the time, uh, th- this might actually be it's it'll show up in the show notes, but this might be it's it's curtain call because this has shown up like six times. Okay. Um, but uh, somebody's like in the fact part, they're like, why does Leon show up for this mission so under equipped? And the guy's response is like, what do you mean under equipped? <laughs> like he he's full of sci-fi tech and stuff. He just chooses not to use it. It's not the people who are equipping him's problem. It's Leon. Yeah. You know, like never using this stuff beforehand. Well, he knows this mission is going to drag on over the course of 36 hours. That, that, that is true. <laughs> yep, he needs to save his grappling hook. Yep. There are only um, so many of them. I mean, come on. This is, this is so good. And then, like, he's like, I'll send my right hand after you. Oh, your your right hand attaches? Yeah, your right hand comes off. <laughs> That's not an insult at all. Like, that doesn't... What are you talking... Leon. For God's <laughs> sakes, man. <laughs> you don't have to say something. Yeah, like, or, you well, can, or you can just say, oh, well, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, or, or just, you know, like, I think I can handle it. You know, that would be, like, a cool... Like, what are you... Leon. <laughs> Leon, we gotta talk, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we as people who talk for a living, we need to take you from uh just just through our quip workshop. Yeah. Yeah. Or the very or just like get Bruce Valanche to do it or like um <laughs> you know, so like or the guy who um God, Simon uh Beerhoven, Beerhoven. Mm-hmm. Not Simon Beerhoven, Paul Beerhoven. Yeah, there Have we somebody go. Somebody who does, you know, like they watch Starship Troopers or something. Like you yeah, can yeah, yeah. you can do this and like you can do these things. You can do it. I believe in you, but you're not doing it yet. Like it's yeah. like the last course he didn't pass at the academy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to send your right hand after you. Oh, well then, how are you going to masturbate, bird? Yeah, how are you going to jerk yeah. off? You know, tiny, like, tiny man? Yeah, yeah just like yeah, throw yeah, it yeah, in. Old man like... baby. How are you, you going to jerk off, old man baby? Old man baby. <laughs> like, there's just so many things you could have said other than your right hand comes off, which like, man, it's, a, oh, it's like... Do we piece of I... the shit for breakfast? the um (laughs) it reminds me um of uh it's the kind of thing where it's like i'm gonna get my hair cut why don't you get all of them cut like it's like uncle leon you know (laughs) fuck uncle leon (laughs) uh every every uh every single time i tell brayden i have to run through the shower he's like better slow down and stand there for a little while (laughs) and every single time it fucking breaks my heart (laughs) Like, <laughs> that's pretty good gary I, yeah. I know that you are probably not the best observer for that because you are like like in it like if brayton says that i don't know if it's just because it's brayton and i know well, i mean that's and that's why it doesn't actually break my heart is because it's brayton <laughs> but it's the kind of thing that like if if it happened on a first date there wouldn't be a second one uh, okay yeah i mean that's, that's not quite true but i mean it would yeah. be just kind of like mm, okay. <laughs> like all right I, I get it, uncle, uncle, girlfriend. Like, don't be I, an uncle, girlfriend. I have a, I've okay, been, uncle, roommate. This is the most I've laughed during an episode of this show in a long, <laughs> long time. <laughs> uh, man. Okay. So then we have another boss fight here. Yeah. Um, and this is extended. About. Like, this is well, drawn out. Well, before we get to it, I want to talk about, like, the something that a mechanic we didn't really include, uh, which is the rocket launcher. Yeah. Uh, another way this game does player control difficulty in a really fabulous way is that uh, the merchant always has a rocket launcher for sale for $30,000, um, pesetas. It only works once. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can always, if you're just having a really hard time with a boss fight, like, you can probably sell things and get a rocket launcher. Yeah. And a rocket launcher will one-shot everything. Um, the game gives you one rocket launcher, uh, <laughs> in the game, just kind of a free rocket launcher. Um, and this is where I used it. Oh, like, wow. it's not that, like, I didn't, I don't think this is like an undoable boss fight or anything. I just was thinking about it and I'm like, there's nothing harder than this really coming. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like there are a couple other boss fights I don't love, but I can handle them. I also don't want to cheat my way out of, you know, the end boss fight yep. for the show. So this is uh, I froze him with nitrogen and hit him with a rocket launcher. Oh, wow. That's funny because I totally just ran from this dude. I ran from the right hand uh, by freezing him um, and just waiting, uh, like knocking down over all the uh, the, the uh, nitrogen tanks, uh, waiting for mm-hmm. the elevator to come up and then just leaving him to wander. And then I used my rocket launcher on uh, Salazar himself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just wanted to, I wanted to do this, the Salazar boss fight. Mm. The, um, I'm not, and like both of us missed the boss fight. I'm not well, saying no, that I'm, as a qualitative I'm, thing. Well, I, I said here, chastened my good companion. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that's not the, that's not the, the point. Cause we both, <laughs> I didn't talk about this as a boss fight, but it should be noted that the reason, the whole point of this is you're waiting for an elevator to power up. Yep. In that weird Resident Evil way that like <laughs> it needs five minutes and five minutes isn't bold. Yep. Um, so you can just kind of run away from this guy. You don't have to fight him. Yeah. The other reason why I want to kill him is you get a really valuable treasure. Yeah. Uh, for killing him. Mm-hmm. You can you oh. can uh, come back later too. Like this elevator mm-hmm. is open to you. Like I came back later and killed him when I had. Oh, more I, didn't, stuff. I didn't realize you could do that. Yep. Yeah. I never I never uh, went back. But yeah. Um. He's he's tough. He's like a weird bug monster kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um. One of the things that's frustrating to me about these nitrogen tanks is that you don't shoot them. Nope. Which is what I would think you would do, but you actually go up to them and interact with them. So the first time I kept shooting it and like nothing would happen, I was like, "What the? F- why isn't this happening?" Yeah, you have to like knock them over, and then he attacks them, and that freezes them, so you can yeah. do damage to them. Yeah, it's like a cutscene kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, super tense though. Like this, uh, this feels like something that would come in a later game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we eventually get this uh, this uh, this cutscene with uh, Sadler. Is back and he's kind of sick of Salazar's like funny games that he's been doing for <laughs> yeah. like you've had your fun, Junior, but like now I'm gonna send Krauser. Krauser like just is in this cutscene, comes out of fucking nowhere, like yeah. we're supposed to know him. Yeah. He looks a little bit like Nikolai from Resident Evil Three. Yes, exactly. Um, but what the fuck with Krauser, man? Like yeah. this is so weird. He wasn't given context until six years later. It is like totally as an afterthought. And yeah. it just it it is really, really I mean, I guess it's just this action movie roots, you know. You kind of send in this like third act character. Yeah. But, uh, like this uh, enforcer almost. So like Krauser yeah. shows up. He's got like his special forces beret. He's got this crazy scarring on his side. And uh, there's something about his countenance. If not, if not his eyes that says like, oh, this is totally a Plagueis monster. That is coming yeah, this guy's going to fuck some shit up. Yeah. Yeah. So chapter four, two is where this goes from being Leon's super spooky castle adventure into Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Krauser, the Krauser tales, <laughs> Krauser Kong. Well, Krauser, you know, he never up. really shows himself entirely, uh, but we get kind of this uh, simultaneous attack of both, um, uh, like super unrealistic uh, magma physics kind of stuff, um, and minecart kind of things, along with uh, history about the way uh, the society tried to suppress the Plagueis before yeah. and the way they kind of reemerged. Yeah, it's, when I say it's the Krauser section, just if this game is broken up into to rough thirds of like the Bitora section, the castle, you know, castle section. And then the third is like the military kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the stuff I associate with Krauser. Like we're not mm-hmm. to the military yet. We're still in the minecart adventure kind of section. <laughs> but this is going to be like archaeology, Indiana Jones yeah, yeah. style environments, things like that. Yeah. Um, um, but like this opens up into a gigantic mining cavern um where uh we have some chainsaw doctors but mostly we're just trying to like maneuver dynamite around yeah <laughs> um, as yeah, we're doing get, this to get over this uh this kind of a uh, huge boulder that's in the way yeah um something i found out is that if you want to skip this you can do it with the rocket launcher 
Oh, really? <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that. I haven't watched a speedrun of this. I wonder if that's the strategy they use uh-huh. for it. But yeah, if you hit it with a rocket, that'll do it too. God, I wonder if killing like X number of regular guys would take less time than killing one of these bosses. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It is um, because this is, we go into this foundry here, this magma foundry again, and mm-hmm. we fight two, uh, two L agent, uh, L gigantes. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is pretty great. Um, there's a really <laughs> cool little reward effort uh yeah. thing set up because uh they give you really good treasure yeah like they drop emeralds yeah which uh um, the merchant will buy at a high price yeah i'll buy that at a high price yeah um but you can you can just take one of these guys out of the fight by mm-hmm. using this trap door but you don't uh, get the you emerald don't, you don't get the emerald and he becomes kind of an environmental hazard <laughs> uh a shockingly large amount of time later yeah like he kind of writhes for a long time <laughs> and will reach out and grab you yep <laughs> um this fight is amazing though because it has a zip line yeah which is if you're fighting these things all you need is a way to get from one end to the other like safely mm-hmm. um so i always fight both of them mm-hmm. um because you're immune when you're in a cutscene. Yep. like once you actually get one down you can get on their back and you can always just run back and forth to the, the zip line mm-hmm. to get your way down so it's like actually kind of an easy easy fun fight <laughs> and i feel like the trap door is kind of like almost just a trap to kind of trick the player out of some money yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, just it's uh like so much of this, like even in assembling the different pieces that you find of treasure to get something mm-hmm. of greater reward later, like it is instant versus delayed gratification. Yes. In a lot of ways. So yeah. Very much so. Yeah. But I mean, like these are substantial enemies. They will do a lot of damage to you if you can get them at once. If you can't manage the way they move, it ends up being a real problem. So like taking one of them out uh, you know, instantly is a big, big temptation. Yeah. Um, we end up in a huge bug chamber after this, uh, the, the Novista doors. Um, and this is a section where you, uh, are running through to kind of get treasure from these caves mm-hmm. here. Um, as far as I can tell, there are unlimited Novista doors here. Yeah. Like they just um, keep spawning from this gigantic, uh, kind of like wasp nest thing. Yeah. And it becomes a little bit of a uh, risk reward kind of thing, because if you want to attack them when you're, when they're far away from you, just kind of hovering, um, the center of this chamber is an, a bottomless pit. So like yeah. if you shoot them while they're hovering over it, they, you know, lose their ability to fly and then just kind of exit. Whereas if you wait and delay and they get over terra firma, they're going to come at you and mob you. So it yes. becomes like a little bit of a, you know, trading resources for resources almost. Well, they have like a pretty much an unlimited drop rate yeah. of these, uh, these gems. That's kind of interesting that you can mostly sell on your own, but also will affix to a, a better treasure. Yeah. Um, and the blue one is most rare. Green is medium rare. Red is you know, the most common of those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so throughout this time, like you, we've been finding out that like, even though there was no viable plaga that was kind of buried and fossilized, the spores themselves, um, were what kind of propagated this new infection of them. Mm -hmm. So like plagas are incredibly resilient and we can see why Wesker would want to get at them. Right. Yes. Because we kind of know what Wesker's motivations are. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> um, other than just i mean like just power oh yeah you know like it's not like as kind of an omni omnicidal uh <laughs> you know new england tennis boy uh, like oh uh, 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 yes chris yes um as i get more evil my accent gets more british yeah i get, I get much more uh, i say yeah. i say <laughs> uh yeah so um we go up to the as we mentioned uh, we go up to the surface here we we get that we figure out um and two them, but Ada is pretty worried about 
removing the Plagas. Yeah, because these things the have hatched. Three. Like once they grow to uh, being adults, that becomes a bit of a problem for us. Yes. Um, and Ashley was injected even before you. Yes. So before you actually uh, get caught, and we knew this because she's been puking up blood, but um, it's just if you are close to, to losing it, she's that much closer. Right. Yeah. So we're in four three, which isn't that much of a that much of a chapter, honestly. We go into this uh, excavated city, which is mm-hmm. like just a an, an Indiana Jones chapter or uh, or area that would have been uh, illuminated by some mirrors. We're gonna get to that later, <laughs> uh, but ultimately crazy. we have to find an offering for the lion door. And this gets to a really really frustrating section, which is this uh, this minecart section, which mm-hmm. like okay, shooting gallery, fine. But the fact that it ends with a QTE when you have the most enemies on your ass, mm. uh, no good. I had to do this like three times. For some reason, this didn't get me. Um, huh. I don't. Uh, I don't have a, an explanation. I mean, a swaffles rule. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. if something got one of us, it didn't get the other. Exactly. I don't know why this was no no problem for me. I actually really liked the tension of trying to hit far off car, car, uh, targets because if you hit a guy while he's waiting to jump into the mine, one hit will take them out. Oh yeah. Um, once they get into the mine, they actually become a problem and you actually le- kind of leap between different chambers of this cart. Yeah. It's like, th- uh, uh, like a, like a three chamber thing. Yeah. So, you know, they get in there, you knock them down with a shotgun. You, then you pay attention to, uh, your surroundings. You have to pay attention to, um, like boards and kind of barriers that you're going to yeah. pass by mm-hmm. here. I think I just lucked out on the QTE. If I hadn't, I would be very frustrated if I ended up having to do it twice. Yeah. Um, and there's also like a little bit of give and take. Like if you let somebody into uh, like, like like a non-chainsaw guy into your uh, uh, mine carts, it ends mm-hmm. up being like, okay, like this, is, the, these are resources, especially if you're really low on these. Yeah. Um, the, the, the real problem that I have is just the series of QTEs at the very end that kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. And again, that's, that's, I'm not going to excuse it, you know, mm-hmm. just cause I lucked out on it. I yeah. don't think that QTEs add a lot to nope. this game in general. Like, yeah. So QTEs, um, <laughs> QTEs, not cuties, little, little cuties. E. Um, chapter yeah, so four, we, four. Yeah. This is, well, this is great. Then. <laughs> so, so this is a QT that really works for me. Uh, so we're back up to the surface level after uh, going on Salazar's wild ride. Um, and uh, we're in this gigantic chamber with a huge, huge robot that uh, is, it's a Salazar bot. It's like a mystical ninja kind of thing, almost. Like a clockwork yeah, robot yeah. that he's made of himself. <laughs> yep. And it's kind of like a, like a level set piece more than anything as you jump from hand to hand and take out these dudes. But as you ultimately, you know, think you deactivate it and then open up the door at the very end and try and run away no he starts chasing you this gigantic three-story tall again napoleon bot imagine like all of the great villains in like history or villains in fiction or even in this series like it's not like <laughs> you know birkin opens the door to like the birkin cave and there's a gigantic <laughs> backup birkin yep. like this this is this is such a bridge too like a bridge i mean just far enough it's a bridge it, to, like, it's a bridge too far to exactly where i want to be yeah it, it is uh it's really something <laughs> yeah. and the weird thing like i knew this was a thing but kind of had forgotten about it oh yeah like, exactly how i articulated which to me in my mind leads me to think that when i first saw it i didn't think it was a big deal <laughs> like maybe this didn't have that big of a impact on me i was just like oh yeah this, like the, so the same thing happened here the same thing happened with the laser hallway later yeah 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 it's pretty 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 great like 
really, really, and just it's just a tap button QTE. Like it's not a big deal to get past it. It's just the context of it that makes it so crazy. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's an amazing line um, as Salazar talks about, you know, what they're trying to do, you know, the ultimate goal. You again. The sacred rite that's about to begin at this tower shall endow the girl with magnificent power. She will join us, become one of us. This is no ritual. It's terrorism. Isn't that a popular word these days? Not to worry. We've prepared a special ritual. The, yeah, the post 9-11 stuff in this game is very weird. Yep. Um, but uh, this leads to kind of like the, you know, the the gigantic ascent to the final fight with Salazar. Uh, this elevator was really tough for me, especially mm. because you end up being in a very constricted uh, kind of movement space with these Plagas. Uh, that are not the final stage ones that move free, but the ones that can just kind of like chomp the your blade head off. Ones. No, yeah. not the blade ones. Uh, oh. Just like like the uh, the kind of stubby ones. Oh, um, gotcha. That uh, like require like the, the the threshold for them to be able to instant kill you is actually uh, higher. Mm. Um, and so like end up like getting some instant deaths on this kind of a lot. It was um this was because I hadn't used a lot of the shotgun in this point um. For that kind of middle section, I favored the pistol. Shotgun ammo was very low in the uh, Novistador cave, but yep. I kind of replenished after that. Um, I was able, so shotgun will almost always knock everyone down. Yep. Um, I ended up having, like, being able to kind of, again, whack a mole this with mm. just keeping people on their back. Okay. Um, was kind of my strategy. So I didn't run into a problem with that, mostly because it was very frantic, like just turning around, making sure I shot people to knock them down. Um, and then switching weapons and, and shooting them while they're down or knifing while they're down when I had a chance. Yeah. Um, so as long as I can keep people on their feet or off their feet, I was doing okay. Yeah. This. Um, my recollection, and this was just, you know, like less than a week ago, uh, was that I mostly had like pistol and TMP ammo at this point. Mm. Yeah. So that would be, uh, that'd be a problem. And the game adjusts what kind of ammo you're getting based on what you're doing. Yep. Too. You know, so like I ended up getting TMP ammo every once in a while, but it's just kind of a faint reminder that the weapon existed and something mm -hmm. I could kind of sell. So um, it was giving me, definitely giving me other ammo. Yeah. Yeah. For that. Metroid yeah. other ammo. <laughs> so when you finally reach Salazar, he reveals, okay, well, ah, uh, yes, yeah, Salazar is on, or sorry, uh, Ashley is on an island. Um, yep. And then he is drawn into this gigantic wall of Plaga. Um, and then kind of along with his left hand, they are merged together into what appears to be Tyrant Salazar. Yeah, this big kind of Lovecraft monster fight. Yeah. That we have to uh, have to deal with here. <laughs> um, this has an instant death attack that I'm not super crazy about. Yeah, it's a um, little dicey. Um, it's telegraphed pretty well, like you know it's coming, but the, the, the fight is about kind of bringing your attention. So you're, you're fighting, he has this uh, eyeball. Thing that kind of floats around. If you hit it enough, uh, the actual chamber that has Salazar in it will open, so you can shoot him. Yeah. Um, so your attention is always focused on this micro level kind of thing. If you're not watching your periphery uh, in that, and you don't see him start to wind up for this this charge to get out of the way, you're kind of fucked. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, like this becomes a factor like from this point forward which is as you are trying to aim you will see these qte kind of prompts that if you don't slam them as fast as possible um will cause you to take a lot of damage or sometimes die instantly yeah um, as you get slammed or as you get kind of stabbed any number of things um and i'm not that into it especially because up to this point the game has been all about aiming 
and yeah. especially because like it feels like there's a like almost a like a margin of frames around those QTE kind of things where like I'm slamming down on my trigger button, but because the game knows a QTE is coming up, it's not letting me fire. Yeah, yeah, that would happen to me too. Yeah, I, I definitely have that have that experience. Yeah. Um, if there's anything to say in this fight's favor it's that there are plenty of resources that you can get like uh you you start out on the top level you can go down to the bottom and uh if you can avoid the qtes you can destroy a bunch of barrels uh to get stuff in order to fight them but like i just walking into it for this playthrough i knew that it was going to be that much of a sink that is like okay i'm going to use my rocket launcher on this just because that will save me plenty so i can walk into chapter five with as many resources as possible. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Like, it's it's a tough... You know, the next few boss fights are actually pretty tough. Yeah. Um, and all of them are kind of good... Uh, good targets for using weapons that trivialize them. Especially, like, uh, like Magnum Ammo and stuff like that. Like, I just didn't want to have to, like, burn through that. So if I can expose uh, Salazar as soon as possible and then just fire the rocket at him, like, yeah. let's just end this so we can get into, like these more difficult micro encounters versus this macro encounter. Yeah. 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 Um, it's not actually egregious as a fight. Nope. Um, either, but it's just like, you know, you, you get a rocket launcher for free. You may as well use that. Yeah. Like you just, you know, it gives you a decision to make. And here yep. is a point where you can make that decision. 100%. Yeah. Um, so you finish that, um, you find Ada who's on this boat to the Island, uh, ask, you know, do you need a ride handsome? Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's such an animated grunt. <laughs> um, and you go, you're going to an island that was like previously not in play. Nope. It's, okay. <laughs> it's it's like we set up. A, oh gosh, it's like we set up a like the United States set up a, a base on Gibraltar or something like that. Yeah. 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 Um, up to the explicitly, we're going to run into the military. And yeah. Gonna, oh. Like. Yeah. <laughs> So Krauser, who we saw before, brought a whole bunch of defectors, and they're like, yeah, put that bug in me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I need that pill. Give me that pill. Yeah. Um, so uh, Ada leaves. She grappling hooks out with her cool grappling hook oh, weapon that she knows to use outside of, you know, yeah. cutscenes. Outside of almost dying? Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I'm going to show you my leg. And then also, wee. Yeah. Yeah. And uh her, her, the way she dresses during this whole thing only becomes more ridiculous when you actually are controlling her. <laughs> like this, like really, like, like traditional Chinese dress with a gigantic ribbon hanging from her neck. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like so much leg, and just like, man, you would never be able to actually do fighting in that without just constantly <laughs> showing off your. It's like, front yeah, yeah, puppet, <laughs> your front puppet. <laughs> 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 but like it has always kind of been a femme fatale kind of yeah, kind sure. of figure so it just it makes a little bit of sense like we're we're so far beyond concerns of sexism 100 percent. like yeah, yeah this this uh you know uh so you you radio sadler radios you with my favorite <laughs> um exchange where he's like he calls you small time sadler you're small time oh <laughs> Rive in my cage of torment. Like you're arguing with your little brother. You know? <laughs> no, you snitched. So no, you snitched. You know, you snitched. So good. <laughs> you smell. Girls go to Jupiter. Like it, it's. <laughs> it is just. It is super, super silly. Yep. Um, and you get this like at the end of this, he says like, "Rive in my cage of torment, my good friend." Okay, thank you, Billy like, Corgan. <laughs> you guys do have a good relationship going at this point. Like you're going to be a little sad when you have to kill him, aren't you? Yeah. yeah. 
you know? <laughs> this, this enemy is defining you. Yeah, and, and Sadler, you know, he's put together. He's not, you know, just kind of modeling, modeling himself after a dictator. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he just see he, he has actual power. He knows the score, but <laughs> like that he is being so megalomaniacal. I think Sadler is really interesting in that regard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Super so, fucking silly. Yeah. So, um, so Ashley's being carried, carried away to this military uh, compound that has this Plaga statue over it. And uh, we're introduced. So like a lot of chapter five, uh, when we're not in these explicit horror sections, is kind of going to be this precursor to modern military shooters. Mm-hmm. Um, where we have a lot of enemies, they're going to be shooting back at us. Yeah, yeah. Um, so explicitly, their replacement for the chainsaw. Yep. Ganado, which is the Gatling gun. Ganado. Yeah. Um, who shows up? Who's another boss uh, character? Has a really slow wind up to his gun, but his gun does tons of damage. Yeah. Um, this first area where you fight him, it's kind of really friendly because you jump across a little gap mm-hmm. to get over to it. And this whole area with all the Ganados around here, or him, you can actually walk, jump over to the other side of the gap. And uh, if you ever hit something when it's in the air, it will always just fall, yep. drop like a rock, loses all forward momentum. So you can wait for anybody to jump over that gap <laughs> and get uh, instant killed. But again, these guys tend to have good treasure. So yeah, um, it's better to actually kill him. Yep. Um, I are... up, this is the first place where I ended up taking advantage of ladders a lot. If okay. you're having a hard time with this game, uh, go to the top of a ladder and then knife people as they walk up to the top of it. <laughs> like I didn't take advantage of that that much because it's not super fun. Right. But there were a couple encounters that were really dense that I wanted to save my stuff for. Yeah. And you can get through this this whole section without firing a shot um, up until the uh, the uh, Gatlingen guy who jumps up ladders rather than uh, <laughs> climbs them. Again, like Mr. Yeah. Godhand. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so ladders haven't been that dense up to this point, actually. Um, mm-hmm. So it is a place for you to uh, to deploy that if you feel like cheesing it. Like, again, all is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a, uh, laser mirror puzzle, which just feels totally kind of cliche. We're going to see that again here. Um, and we get into this kind of cool set piece where there is a military kitchen and a zombie bursts out of the, uh, the, the oven, uh, completely oven on man. fire. Yeah. Oven man. That's his, that's his name on the wiki. Da, da, da. He's, he's, he's oven man. <laughs> really? Um, he has a, huh? Yeah. He, he, this is oven man. Um, this is a, the, the famous jump sticker from this game. Oh, wow. Um, huh. Yeah. Like I thought it was cool, but I didn't think that he was like mechanically different. Like what, 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 what warrants an extra name for this guy? I I think it's just a, you know, him being in an oven. Okay. Like really just turns him in the oven, man. Yeah. So um, r- r- right now I am, I, I am slipper chair boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm slipper chair boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> S- Slippy McCherson. Um, <laughs> yeah. So he's, yeah, he's not, I, I would agree with you, but just the fandom has. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, up. just like, I would probably put the uh, the egg in the oven above this guy, but like it, mm. it works for me. And so, like that's what's disappointing about this fifth chapter is like there's a lot of really really effective uh, imagery and kind of dungeon kind of stuff around this. Like, oh, mm-hmm. it's just a base that has obviously decayed from you know like like a really long way from where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I just think that the tedium encroaches on that more than we got in the in the village. You know. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, one, like, there, you can't have a Resident Evil lab with or game without ending in just kind of a lab right. environment like this. Like, that always happens in all these games. But two, there's so much good here that I wouldn't give up on any of it. It just, right. I wish there was a way to 
incorporate it or just kind of make it a little bit more dense. Right. Because like chainsaw guys are fine. Like they're not, they're not bad, but they're not astounding. Mm -hmm. Um, Regenerators are some of the best enemies the series has ever seen. Oh, for sure. Like this people who slag on the back half of this game, it's like dog, like every encounter with them are great. Like they are, (laughs) they might be my favorite resident evil monster. Oh, sure. Like uh, writ large, like 100%, like including bosses and stuff like that. Like these things are the best. Above and beyond like crimson heads and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, this is the best. So it's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give this up for anything. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so so we see. Um. We we come to this bank of monitors. We see uh, these Ganados throw Ashley into a cell. And one of them somehow looks into the camera and knows that you're yeah, watching. I didn't get that. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's again just don't ask questions. Like, <laughs> yep. you know, it's just, it's just super silly. Quiet. Yeah. So yeah, he turns it off. <laughs> um, we go in through the. We actually go through the lab, and this is this is totally up my alley. Whenever I'm going through like a, a place where black science has been done, yeah, um, this like weird kind of gray skin beast thing. Yeah, and we see the failures the kind of like strewn about, being harmless. Interesting failures are like the best mm. part of evil science. I don't. I don't mean to mm, like I'm like being sexually turned on, but like this but is this is my shit. Yeah. This this is uh this is great. Um, the plug is like coming into the thing's spine, you know, like into it is really, really good. Yeah. Um, we have to go through and we get this freezer key and this wakes up this enemy, uh, this thing called the regenerator. Yeah. And um, like, they're kind of everywhere. Like there are more, th- there are more of them than you can deal with. And if you just try to attack them regularly, like they just kind of come back true to their name. Yeah. Um, you know, there's you a can kill them through damage, right? Like, but you can actually just tear them down but it takes forever it's not a good use of your time exactly it's not the best use of your ammo um but you see like as you kind of like bring these systems back online um uh, a door open up that gives you the thermal scope which as you look at these things will reveal the uh kind of plagas that are writhing around under the surface of their skin that are kind of like feeding them their vitality yes uh so these enemies for being my favorite are not hard once you have the scope no, they're like the, really slow. The, like you walk to the other end of the hallway and just it's an aiming challenge again. Right. As they as they kind of like approach on you. Um, the biggest problem is when the Plagas that is sustaining them is on their back. But well, even the, that comes with the Iron Maidens, like the right. other the other ones that have them on their back, which is again, even then it becomes like a different kind of puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um, I never died to these things. Right. Uh, but I love that you are introduced to them before you have a de- reason like a way to deal with them. Right. <laughs> you know like it's just like oh shit like it's the first time like i'm like this is a very empowering resident evil game yeah and to have this little nugget of old style resident evil disempowerment is so good yeah. that requires again holding your breath yeah <laughs> so you can approach these guys if you can like, uh, or request a marker here too i'm gonna put in the, the sound effect oh for sure these guys because the sound they make is really phenomenal yeah it's fantastic that that, that, that deep breathing kind of rattle kind of yeah. kind of thing um it's a real killer seven kind of thing um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, I can see it. Yep. Um, for sure. This, these guys are really great. Every time they show up, I'm thrilled. Yep. Um, would not give them up for anything. <laughs> um, yeah. but then fucking a <laughs> RE4. <laughs> the you claw go, game? Yeah. You go into a waste disposal room where you literally pick up Ganados using a claw <laughs> and drop them into a garbage chute. Yep. Which you eventually go down later. <laughs> What the fuck? Like ah. this is that's so silly. Me and me and Brain have been playing uh, Ultimate Alliance. Oh yeah, yeah. The way you unlock Blade in that game is getting him out of a claw machine. <laughs> like and it's just like what the fuck was that, man? You know, just uh, <laughs> nobody puts Blade in a claw game. Like uh, <laughs> it's so 
fucking silly. It is the best. It is so, so awesome and silly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, man. <laughs> <laughs> but it's such just uh just out of character at this point especially immediately following this uh this super scary lab that yeah. is uh again just a just a late game highlight of this mm-hmm. uh of this amazing game um so you finally rescue ashley like you break into the cell and uh and get her out um and uh throughout the course of this ada sends you a note uh guess what the only viable way via a paper airplane saying yes you need to get out Via that way, you just sent all of those monsters to the waste disposal. Yeah, which um, would be ridiculous and would not be into it, except for the fact that you jump down and you land on just a big pile of medical waste and spiny corpses. <laughs> yep. And then Leon's um, like, I knew you'd be fine if you landed on your butt. Which like, she doesn't have a big butt, but also what are you doing? But also what am I playing? And like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> okay, so you're just comment- commenting on her shape leaders now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Everyone's skeezing after. Yeah. After. But this uh this kind of introduces the uh the Iron Maidens, which are regenerators. But as they come up to you for hugs, they extend um, let's say unreasonably long spikes out of their skin. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're still very slow. You can still you know just create distance. Um, the big trick to these, as we mentioned, is they have more plugus, and they have one on their back. So yeah. you shoot all the ones on the front, then you have to blast them in the knees so they fall down. Yep. And then hit them back. They're really fun to fight, um, especially if you've been a rifle boy and have been like doing lots of rifling. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> very, very fantastic. Yeah. Um, this very weird part where uh, <laughs> Ashley drives a truck. Um, it's, you jump in the back of to it's escape like a bulldozer kind of thing. Like, I don't get it. Yes. Um, it's super, super strange. Um, enemies are constantly coming out, trying to jump into the back of the truck, jumping in from above and stuff. And very similar. This is very similar to the mine cart actually. Yeah. Uh, mechanically where like you can get, they can get up in your grill and you want to knock them out or you can shoot them before they land in there and they will, uh, die instantly. Yeah. Uh, there are a couple of like pass or fail kind of things where you have to shoot the gigantic trucks. Uh, before they uh, hit you to mm. make them blow up and then go off course. Um, and yeah. those kind of, the, the, those bugged me a bit, but yeah. Yeah. It's just, again, it's just drawing your attention to multiple directions. Yep. Is the idea like you're keeping track, you're putting out a lot of fires at once. I think yep. is the idea. Yeah. Um, at the end of this, we find out that Sadler uh, via his huge bug staff can control us. You know, this is a plaga that can send out these uh, echolocation kind of things you know perhaps you can resist but you cannot disobey uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. um and then he draws ashley away from you um and yep. then leon throws his little tracker onto her because he's very over equipped yep for this thing again he's got tons <laughs> of high-tech gadgets that like no one will ever uh have in real life So this brings us to uh, to five three, um, where Sadler is sure he can execute on his plan, um, but uh, he has to choose the subordinates for loyalty because the plaga that you select reflects the character of the host, and what this speaks very poorly of Krauser, who is ambitious to the last. Yes, um, yeah. So Krauser asks Ada. You know, we don't know exactly the relationship she's had, but he asks he asks about Leon. Um, and neither, you know, he then he talks to Wesker and they're like, <laughs> we don't trust her. 
and we know that she's been helping us. Yeah. So of course not. Yeah. Um, we're walking through again a kind of uh, Indiana Jones section, mm-hmm. and or no, this is uh, before that. This is we're walking through that like just big fenced-in area, just industrial, you know, paintbrush, <laughs> industrial mesh. Yeah. Yes. Um, and we we our sixth sense, our Krauser sense tingles, and we get a QTE QTE knife fight with Krauser. <laughs> This is amazing because it's a QTE that is intermixed with like, ah, it's been a long time, comrade. Yeah, what are you talking about? Like, it is so good. Because um, it's like I played this game obsessively up in the series up until this point. Oh, you yeah. know, like did, did I fucking miss something? Like, because mm-hmm. the, the, the game Gary. has never done engage in this kind of B movie stuff before the series, rather. Right. This is new. Yeah, I've you know. <laughs> And Gary, I've played this. I've played Resident Evil 4 probably like six, seven times now. Mm-hmm. I, just like it is, it just has to be taken on its face. It really yeah. does. Like, ah, we used to be brothers in arms, didn't we? Ah, uh, yes, we did. But you you strayed from the path, didn't you? Slice, slice, slice. You, you get the sense that like the most interesting parts of Leon's life somehow weren't in a Resident Evil game. They really weren't. Like six years have passed and like he went into this like secret service special forces kind of kind of mode so bizarre <laughs> um so he wants the sample uh but ada actually saves you she decides to to tip her hand right like yeah. she she has been watching down her gun sights and then just kind of staggers across her so you can get away as he mm-hmm. is ready to plunge his knife into your chest yeah and he says another one of those kind of things that again it reminds me of anime like yelling a too long sentence that you know, shouldn't be exclaimed. You may be able to prolong to prolong your long life, but you will not be able to escape your inevitable death. That's that's true of like, like what does that mean? That's true of everything. Yeah. Like you may be able to prolong your long life. <laughs> nope. Um, but you won't be able to escape your inevitable death. Yeah. All right. Um. One hundred percent off the rails at this point. So Sadler then is like, we want you to meet uh, it. Yeah. Um, and you, you, uh, you can't remember its name, huh? A senior moment. So, because Leon is very focused on people's ages. He really is. And then we get to the laser hallway from the Resident Evil movie. Oh, man. I forgot about this until I played it. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? It, and it I... is. Are you fucking kidding me? Is a really good, like, <laughs> man. <sighs> so it's just a QTE as you, like, you know, just to just avoid a couple of them and then avoid a couple of them and then avoid all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so yeah it's it just it, because of the movie you actually you find uh the chair that sadler was in yeah it's, it's like his, his throne chair that his uh where his uh the trap door was his his throne that doesn't look over anything like no court could be there it's just a no big metal it, it looks at a door <laughs> yep. um, it's, it's like seven feet away from the door and you can sit in it in this like kind of real co- real pose yeah he just like he totally back. thinks like a joffrey pose <laughs> It's really great. Also, I, I forgot to mention this, but if you if you're playing this game and you're not actually, you know, looking inspecting everything, oh yeah, do so knowing what Leon is actually like, oh, because yeah. it makes all of the stuff funny. Like a very inexplicably popular cheat tweet I made was a screenshot of him saying, um, "Just look at all this lab equipment." When you, when you click on this pile of garbage, <laughs> just like Leon, buddy, just look at it. <laughs> like, um, there's tons and tons of good screenshots you can you can find, and tons of little these little statements from the character that come from those inspect texts. Yep. 
<laughs> so you go behind Sadler's throne. Uh, you find a memo from Luis uh, talking about how these, uh, just kind of the, the, the main traits of these Plagas, uh, that they're sociable, hey, adaptable. I don't think we mentioned it, but he it was revealed he was a researcher for... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he works for them. Yeah, like he was he was like a parasitologist who was really fascinated by the Plagas, fell in with Sadler because, again, like the, the connections to the region and these things, but just kind of got blinded by the uh the you know the science yeah i'm 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 not making a joke there i literally just said that sentence yeah yeah he, he was, he was by science <laughs> um so they're sociable and adaptable which is the big thing um mm. they just kind of you know, they can survive anywhere and then once they establish it like they can just kind of create this self-supporting network right and he is you know fascinated by them but uh you know he just didn't see sadler's intentions as he was setting up this new kind of world order right yeah yeah um we find uh ashley's tracker uh here so with you know that that's no good <laughs> um and we're heading up into this like i had no idea what this actually the function of what this thing is no it's just a it's, it is literally just a high pressure game situation these hanging cage cubes with uh kind of gates that you have to open up by shooting targets yes uh as you're introduced to it yes uh the, the creature named it which is uh the you know the third from the last boss fight of, uh, right. this game it's uh it, it looks a little bit like a like a one of the centaurs from fallout yeah yeah that's what i was actually gonna mention yeah um and it's kind of frustrating here just a little bit because this first part um you can fight him but you're just chasing him off and your damage doesn't carry over right so it's very easy to go in this first part and waste a lot of ammo yep you know for no good reason fighting this guy where you can't actually fight him yet um if you actually know what i just think the game does a bad job of kind of expressing yep what you're supposed to be doing because if you know what you're doing it's actually kind of cool and tense to kind of run, you know, have these little short time limits, these little like puzzle rooms, they're mm-hmm. running from room to room. Um, if you know not to fight the guy yet. Yeah. Uh, until you get to the actual arena. Yeah. With him. You just have to set your expectations correctly and you can just totally burn through your viability by engaging this encounter yeah. on terms that it is not meant to be engaged on. The one, the thing about this, so once he actually chases you into the boss arena, um, this is where my ridiculous hoarding of grenades uh really helped me out oh yeah because this next three fights i pretty much grenaded my way to success oh nice pretty handily um i didn't realize they were that good for krauser but they're great for krauser as well yeah uh um, krauser has a lot of ways actually to uh to derail him which is nice. yeah um yep. there's not too much to talk about it he just kind of chases you around yeah um so we we get past him uh we find krauser krauser's gone into like colonel kurtz mode he's got <laughs> blood war paint on he's snapped Yep. Um, and he says, like, oh, you need three insignias to get past me. Um, one is to the uh, north, one is to the east, and one is on me. So yep. you could have just said, kill me, and then you can get the others without problem. Yep. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you have to actually go get the other ones before you fight him. Uh, and you're contending with his, like, traps and the fact that he's introduced drones. Yeah. These um, uh, sweepers. Evil, you're fighting, like, these these robots, these flying robots that shoot you. Like, those are Code Veronica shits like these oh, are yeah. sweepers I guess that's true. that yeah. wesker usually deploys so yeah wesker's te- wesker tech <laughs> um so you go and uh, eventually get those um krauser has some more villain speech kind of mm, stuff he yeah. says uh he's gonna return the world to law and order um <laughs> hey trump but yeah <laughs> there we are uh uh krauser is sex monster um <laughs> 
the uh, you get into uh, the boss fight actually with him. Yeah. Um, which is uh, has a couple of different kind of phases. He doesn't tyrant out his arm just first. You're just fighting him with knives essentially. Right. Um, and that's the kind of trick to him is the knife is the most does it. I think it's a sixty times. Yeah. Damage it's, it's a so okay. So one point damage is what your un, what your unupgraded pistol does. Your knife does point six. Um, normally your knife in this fight does 60, um, which is kind of conducive to the idea that you are kind of doing this, uh, rematch against him with a knife in this duel. So like, as he comes, you know, comes up at you and attempts to do these, you know, really powerful attacks. If you just like throw your knife at him, um, he will, uh, kind of fall very, very quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, he also, I mean, he's doing, you're constantly doing QTEs to dodge or like just button combinations. They're not yep. QTEs to dodge his attacks. Uh, yeah. And he'll nice knock thing, you off as you like try and raise up and attack his ankles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing is it doesn't, uh, when you, something I realized for this is that a QTE is not often failed if you hit the wrong input the right. first time. As long as the prompt is on the screen, you can hit the right combination of things. So if you're yeah. in the middle of attacking um and a qte comes up the fact that you just hit the button to attack and that wasn't the correct button doesn't lock you out of the qte mm-hmm. you can change course fast enough to actually yeah do the input correctly yeah um, um this is uh, this first phase, phase i really like. like i think this is a really kind of fun interesting resident evil fight like they have there's never been like a melee fight no in a, in a resident evil like this i mean um, aside from just like bestially coming at you and just like doing a swipe well, I mean, but you never engage in a melee fashion back. I mean, yeah, you can fight go. those bosses yeah. with a knife, but like this is a one-on-one, like kind of closest thing to like a peers kind mm-hmm. of fight. Yeah, um, but like when his arm like opens up into this gigantic like wing bat wing fan kind of thing, like it becomes a little bit of a target practice mm-hmm. kind of kind of deal. Yeah, and this is where I was happy to use grenades yep. just on him and come up and hit him because the aiming for his feet, he moves around a little bit too quickly. Like he dodges mm-hmm. shotgun blasts. Um, he's very quick. Yeah. So shooting his feet was more hard than it's worth. That might be a TMP thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's easy if you're sp- you're shooting a spread. Yeah. Uh, with a pistol, it was untenable for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I would just toss a grenade near him, you know, close enough to stagger him, but not so close that it would stagger me. Yeah. And then run up and get a couple stabs. He'd be like likelier to take a knee of you as closer to you when you were shooting. Mm. Is is what I found, and like, you know, take a knee slash slash. And then he would back up and then go to go to do another attack. And if he got lucky, you would fall off the ledge and then you'd have to do the uh, QTE to like attack his ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. does a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the, the Krauser boss fight yeah. uh, with him, which is, you know, pretty cool. Again, um, I like it. A lot of people hate Krauser. I was pretty down with this. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's a it's it's a nice duel, especially because like, you know, oh, Leon. He talked to Ada about how great his knife was, and he uses it a lot. Like yeah, check out his all, knife. <laughs> all of a sudden, he is, you know, kind of like met up with somebody who is going to like. It's a little bit of a like cutscene gameplay synchronicity as opposed yeah. to disparity. Um, and like we talked about, like the Dark Side Chronicles, like uh, Leon and Krauser were like comrades who went on a couple of like missions before, and then like Leon thought that Krauser died, but because nobody really dies in Resident Evil, he was. Um, recruited by Wesker and then mm. became this uh, this kind of force. Um, it is like we're led to believe that Krauser was going to stop the Queen Plaga from being spread to uh, to America. Like he really wanted to uh, to bring uh, the Plagas in America's uh, kind of favor. But that's no good. Even mm-hmm. still, like, come on, dog. Yeah, but not not the best. 
The, yeah. the biggest thing Krauser's death does for me is that it uh, is the prelude to a mic. Yep. Because we're going to be introduced to my, <laughs> my second favorite character in this game after Leon. <laughs> prelude to a mic. <laughs> yeah. Um, Damn. Hey, it's about time. Sorry, bad traffic. I'll cover you. So, uh, your Sadler says, you know, he's going to make Krauser, or make you his guard instead of Krauser. Yeah. Doing the recruitment thing, like that is a villain standby. Yeah. Um, lots of Ganados. However, a chopper shows up because, like, theoretically... This entire time, Hunnigan could have been like, something's wrong. Yep. We we should probably just open up the floodgates on this. Yeah, we should commit war to this country. Yeah. You know, um, what she doesn't say is send a military chopper with Mike. <laughs> Mike is amazing. Like, this whole section was, like, written by a helicopter. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like the equivalent of that. Like, was this written by a Rottweiler? Like, it's that except for a gameplay thing where this helicopter can do everything. Like, it's covering you. You and Mike are just, like, buddying out. Like, just like, thanks, I needed that. Ain't no problem, buddy. <laughs> so, so in the movie version of this, like, I want, um, I want Mike to be voiced by, uh, oh, gosh, what's his name? Boston Comedian. Fuck, I had it like a second ago. Was oh, it no. Breaking Bad? Oh, uh, I know here. Uh, Bill. Yeah, Bill Burr. Yeah, I want Mike to be voiced by Bill Burr. Yeah, he's pretty much, he's very Bill Burr-like. <laughs> like, um, Really, really fantastic. There's a part where he knocks over a water tower on somebody with uh, a helicopter, which like, <laughs> you might be able to do that, that with a helicopter. I'm not, an, you know, an aerodynamics expert. But like, it seems pretty suspect. Yep. <laughs> um again it's so amazing. This, this is a plagas induced hallucination <laughs> it's my favorite hallucination he does that um he helps you through a couple of combat areas yep you know which is kind of fun like you have like oh i have backup yeah you know? i mean like this is the gravity gun segment of this game yes yeah except except you're not controlling the gravity gun right like it's just you know the gravity gun is from off camera until eventually a rocket launcher guy comes and shoots mike down which you have like the the pathos to the amount of time that you have to get to know this character ratio has <laughs> never been this extreme in a video game. <laughs> like the, the, you, this has never been less earned. Like how much <laughs> Leon loves Mike, and how upset I'm, he is that I'm, he gets I'm blown I'm sorry, up. you you pronounced that wrong. I think you mean Mike. Yeah, he does the he does the scream. He does the like do not want thing about Mike getting blown up, and it's like, dude. You have killed 400 people today. <laughs> like but is, Mike was pure. Mike was not compromised. Mike was really even good. I, even I am compromised compared they're to good, Mike. They're good boys, Brett. Like, <laughs> he's, a, he's a good guy, Brett. Like, <laughs> they're good <laughs> boys, Brett. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy, Leon. Like, I don't know. It is this whole Mike section is so good, and just the fact <laughs> that it happens so quickly. Mm -hmm. Like, you could have done this. You know, if this had happened earlier. Like, Mike showed up in five one. Yeah. Then he gets blown up in five four. It's literally you walk to another room, and now Mike dying <laughs> is a huge deal. But like Mike's final attack on all of the uh, all, you know all of Sadler's men, like Hallelujah, might as well play. It's pretty. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. It's it, it's a. It's really good. It's like it's an ad for a helicopter. <laughs> um, like, it is really really special. Uh, I love it. Um, yeah. So you're super sad. You run into uh, Ada. 
and uh, the Plagas actually controls your body and makes yeah, you choke yeah. her out. Um, she stabs you, and then you get a pill that suppresses it temporarily. Yep. Where the fuck was that? Like this is this was one of Lu- <laughs> well, no, you've had those all the time because Luis gave it to you. Well, that's what I'm saying is like why why are, wasn't this in your belly? Yeah, <laughs> you know why didn't you throw, swallow this down your throat? Uh, <laughs> down your throat. God damn it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But like uh, Ada's, you know, Ada says, well, you might as well use this thing. And so we find out like you can get rid of the plugus by using this specialized radiation from these machines. Yes. Uh, but uh, like, oh, because they are entangled with your nervous system, it may compromise your consciousness or, you know, just kill you entirely uh, via the pain. Um, and ultimately, like once you get Ashley um, after this small little combat dungeon kind of thing, like it ends up not being a real factor at all. Yeah. I think that this combat dungeon um, might have the moving bag thing, which is also has yeah. its own entry. Uh, tell me about that. Yeah. Um, it is, you find this bag and there are little things kind of moving around in it. It's really creepy. Uh, Leon comments on it and he's, he's really creeped out. Uh, the wiki, it has an entry and it just has, has you know, nobody really knows what's in it. Uh, but what they said was um, there's a regenerator down the hall from that in the combat dungeon. And they said that this is probably set to trick you into shooting it to attract the regenerator. Which is kind of a cool little gameplay setup. Yeah, I'm sure. But like, why would, know, like, I, I would just see that as being a haunted house set piece. Like, I I saw it. I didn't shoot it. I was like, oh, that's weird. That doesn't pose a threat. Well, I mean, something's going to burst out of it. Yeah, you know, maybe. like I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it went the other way and like a bunch of plagas, you know, facehuggers <laughs> jumped out. Yeah. Um, it this is actually redone in much like worse effect in the very beginning of Resident Evil Five. Yeah. There's yeah. some moving burlap sacks, and it's like, you you just did this, you know, like it is not a. But here it is. It is really kind of neat. And uh, again, there's regenerators, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And the Resident Evil wiki gives every single character its own uh, entry, yeah. apparently. No matter so. how minuscule. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So you uh, you run into Ashley. Um, you're running away with her. Uh, Sadler's chasing you, and he's gone into like you know Plagas trance mode. But yeah. Ida, you know, shoot them with a uh, with her TMP. I love this because he takes the bullets that she uh, shoots into him, and then mm-hmm. like channels them out of his hand, and then uses them back on you, like Bioshock. Yeah, like it looks like it's like a plasmid kind of thing when you collect the bullets and <laughs> shoot them back. Yeah, um, but this allows you to get a way to get to the um, Plagas removal station, mm-hmm. um, which this is, uh, and other people pointed this out that this is explicitly like somebody in the history of the world has kind of got off to the scene. The cadences of this, the noises and the way that the characters act to each other, like in this kind of like, was it good for you? Uh-huh. Is very much like Leon fucked Ashley. Really? Wow. I I totally didn't notice that. Like I was too upset by the idea of like, okay, there's this living thing that is made up of bioorganic matter inside of you. We're going to kill it and then just hope that the bacteria that makes up nine tenths of you doesn't go hog wild on this and then just kind of infect you to death. Yeah. Well, I mean, that, that that is, I think you're thinking with a scientist medical mind. Yeah. That Resident Evil 4, those are terms that this game no longer traffics in. <laughs> like, I don't know. I definitely, I didn't pick it up when I was younger. Uh, this time I had read it beforehand, so I was kind of primed for it. Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I picked it up this time. I'm like, man, oh, yeah. these guys. These it's, guys it's, it's like both of them ride, riding the Sibian almost. <laughs> yeah. And just, and just writhing in exquisite ecstasy. You know, you can say exquisite um, suffering. It's not advertisement. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> you're know, uh, you're writhing, writhing in this 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 beautiful agony. You know, having the little death, and then just kind of afterwards, them just kind of like, 
<sighs> yeah, man. You know, like the, the, the way they interact afterwards. Yeah. Is yeah. Different. yeah. Uh, so I, I can see it. It definitely felt like, like coded sex language to me. I could see it. Uh, I, I didn't see it at the time, but I could see it. Yeah. Um, so we're on to the final chapter <laughs> yeah. uh, here, which is it's mercifully kind of brief at this point. Like, I'm not sick of the game at this point. I want to do this last boss fight. I'm glad there isn't just another combat dungeon. Yeah, this day, yeah. Like, you know? you know, Sadler breaks free from Ada and says, like, okay, well, well we're going to deal with this. Let me free you from your world of cliches. As... Well, and then an eye erupts from his mouth, which is the biggest, <laughs> like, as an evil cliche. Good. It attempts to like, puke up because he's turning into a tyrant monster, you know, like every Resident Evil boss does. But yeah. the visual of his like jaw stretching away a humans wouldn't to have this gigantic eye mm-hmm. up his throat is super, super yeah. good. And even funnier is like as he sprouts these spider legs out of his shoulder, like a lot of the Plagas monsters do, his actual human body just kind of dangles limply yeah. and ineffectually below <laughs> what he ultimately becomes. Something I've talked about, I'm sure I brought this up because it is really um, formative to me. But in the early 90s, there is a uh, X-Men story called The Extinction Agenda. Okay. Um, that is about a character called Cameron Hodge, who was the X-Factor's lawyer and stuff, turned out to be a, a you know mutant-hating human supremacist character. Okay. Um, it was really, really awful. He, uh, he got blown up and kind of destroyed until he was just a head. Um, you know, mostly a head, but some of his body. And he was grafted onto a big android thing. Um, and he serves as like a, a figurehead in Genosha as like an advisor. Everyone's really creeped out by him. And what he does is he has his head on kind of a big tentacle, a big mechanical tentacle. And under his head, he has a cardboard cutout of a suit with a string wrapped around it. So his head kind of looks like a, a regular kind of creepy head on top of a suit, but it's a cardboard cutout. <laughs> and when he actually moves around, the cardboard cutout drags under him. Uh, stuff. And I read this when I was like very young. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, that came out when I was like 11 or 12. Um, and it's always stuck with me as a really terrifying image. And that's what mm-hmm. this reminds me of, this kind of limp human body under a monster. <laughs> thing. I will see what I can't do to find a, um, a shot of it for the, the show notes. Oh, do it, it may be difficult to find this specific thing. I feel like I've tried to Google it before. Yeah. And not been not been lucky. I've done a very so. good job of describing it. Like just that the barest effort that you can take to disguise your inhumanity. Yeah. Yep. 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 That's what's <laughs> going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, like any Resident Evil monster, especially a G type, um, he has eyes all over him. And this is uh like a huge spider guy that you're fighting on like a like a gigantic rig. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of a letdown, like after everything, like he's not that tough and he's not, there's not that much to him. No, and like you know, the, the, the environment is a, is a huge advantage for you. Like you can yeah. swing these cranes around to knock them, knock them down. And then eventually Ada throws you the special rocket launcher. Yeah, um, which you just had to hit him with and that kills him. You get this like multiple angle rocket shot. Yeah. Um, what's kind of cool, just like attention to detail is you can actually kill him through just doing enough damage. Yep. Um, he has a different animation for that or if you brought a regular rocket launcher to the fight he has a different cutscene if you just brought in a non-special rocket launcher um and it actually leaves it behind a different corpse um so <laughs> if you bring in a uh the non-special rocket launcher i think he just kind of blows up the special one leaves all these scorch marks around yeah so pretty cool like attention to detail um the fight is really just avoiding him and doing qtes mm-hmm. in order to like hit those spider legs and hit the the eyes <laughs> <laughs> um grenades are do wonders here the grenades will hit those eyes and again i had tons of them so like yeah this was uh was pretty easy um whereas i usually have a pretty hard time with resident evil and bosses 
Yeah. Um, usually take me a few run ups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so as you finish them, like Ashley says, mission accomplished, right, Leon? Well, we not yet. <laughs> we have to go through the jet ski, jet ski <laughs> escape sequence. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, yeah, so first, so Ada uh, takes the sample. Yeah, from that. Like, like, like she jumps down. You think she's been working to help you, but no, she has her own purposes like this yep. sample that has been in the background. Like she wants it for Wesker, so she's going to get it. Um, and you just have to be uh, satisfied with the fact that you have the president's daughter. Yes. Um, so she hands you this little uh, set of keys with a teddy bear on it that turns out to be to a jet ski. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing starts exploding after you. You're doing this ridiculous like vehicle race. It's like a slow it's a slalom. I found this actually kind of annoying because yeah. if you die, you have to start over. Mm-hmm. Um, I like how over the top it is, but I just, you know, and just like so over the top versus you can die instantly. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't it control just, that well. It, it takes away the momentum from it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, but you're doing this cave escape. It's pretty great. You know, it's mm-hmm. still pretty ridiculous. You get out into the the sunset. Uh, Ash is like mission accomplished, right, Leon? Uh, <laughs> you you grunt something. And then she says something like, how about a private, what did she say? Like, how about a private lesson? How about like, <laughs> she, she pretty much offers herself up to you for yeah. bone Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, I am moist and open. They're like, no, no, I'm saving yeah, she, myself for marriage. She's got a white on for you. And, and it is, uh, it's pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Leon, to his credit, like this could have engaged in that kind of like cliche, like a God of war, you know, like. All right, let's find somewhere to get a little bit more comfortable. But Leon is beyond sex. Like he's yeah. not Leon well, is a character. It'd be like JC Denton hitting on somebody. It just again, they're in that pantheon of like new S rank. He's he's beyond sex for her, but he is totally into Hunnigan. Like he has he, set he his would, sights and it's been there yeah. since the beginning of the game. He would he would bone down on on Huntington. Yeah. Um or so he says. That could be a beard as well. Like I think that Leon <laughs> might just be I don't know what drives Leon. Like it yeah. is not a <laughs> he is, he's a mystery it's not quite a beard like he like if, if it is a beard it's because it, it is beyond just human binary sexuality yeah yeah, yeah it is be, it's beyond and above yeah like it is you know it is it's what we should aspire to be leon sexuals like <laughs> leon um, sexuals. like he 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 does the best on a, he's a shining example of humanity um so we get credits um and this is actually kind of creepy where it oh, shows this, this little this little story of how the Plagas were discovered. Yeah, it's like this super happy village that is kind of going about its life. And then, you know, they find somebody and somebody's infected, but then the church takes effect. And then yeah. all of a sudden, like it ends on this super creepy and the music changes to reflect, the, to, to reflect this. But the, you know, it ends on somebody, you know, with uh, tentacles erupting out of their neck hole. Yeah, it shows the kids in the village. Yep. And stuff. It's pretty creepy. Um we eventually get this little post post credits dinger mm-hmm. with uh with him hitting on Huntington. You know, uh, can H- I and- H- Huntington. Huntington is a city in oh, West yeah. Virginia. Yeah. Huntington. Um, <laughs> you know, may I and and she says, May I remind you you're on duty? He says, Story of my life. Story of my uh, life. Yeah. studio audience laughs and the credits roll. <laughs> and then like that and then that is how Resident Evil Four ends, which yep. is really weird. With, but- with with acknowledging how frustrating it is that you cannot Mac on company time yeah the friend your friend zoning of leon that happens at the end of this um yeah yeah um yeah are you, i mean this might be one of these episodes where we don't i don't have things to add at the end because we're appropriately effusive i i think so like we can talk about it separate thing. ways but like ultimately there do, only, 
Go ahead. Like our, our kind of our type five on separate ways and Operation Ida without going through yeah. all of it. So so Operation yeah. Ida is just mercenaries, except you're focused on getting the sample. Yes. Like there's um, nothing more to add on that except that it is taking environments from the first part of the game and then putting you with a more goal-based, short-term kind of thing. Yes. It even just gives you a goal right at the beginning, like kind of yeah. flashes up. Um, I think Operation Ada is more fun than separate ways to play. Oh, agree. Yeah. Like um, it's, uh, it's a story mode, right? And they give yeah. you like more details in between them, but it is like, here is what is happening while Leon is doing his thing down to the point where like at certain points you can see Leon doing his thing um, yeah. as you go to ring the church bell to distract them away. Yeah, everything, you know. every little mystery that was in the main game gets kind of covered here. Yeah, there are a couple things that are kind of neat about it. Yeah, um, like the things I like uh, specifically, and I mean, there's really just one. Actually, for both of those playthroughs, um, I ended up getting to the Krauser fight and dying. Like, could not beat the Krauser fight with oh, wow. Ada in either of them. Yeah. Um, this time around, I've done it before, but mm-hmm. I, this time around, it was it was too much for me. I just got frustrated. Yeah. Um. But the uh, I like the uh, what they do instead of the uh, Batoris Mendez fight. Uh, oh yeah, we're just in that area before it happens. In that area before it happens with um, a chainsaw guy and like a bunch of ganados. Yeah, like that recontextualizes that area in kind of a neat way. Yeah. Um, the uh, so, so you so you're actually so Ada is actually the person who finishes off Krauser. Um, that's yeah, a cool yeah, fight yeah. because you go uh, between different areas uh, as it goes you, along. You jump from like tower to tower. Yeah. In it. What frustrates me about that is that um, they're all full of stuff. It, it has, again, I, I keep invoking anime as a slur in this. And, like, I know that drives some people crazy. But Krauser does the thing where he jumps to their tower and does the, come on, and then, you know, come hithers. And mm-hmm. then the character just takes the challenge in a way that makes me feel like it's Dragon Ball or something. Yeah. As opposed to staying back and shooting because you have a gun and bullets come out. You know, like, <laughs> it just it's it's just frustrating to me how it feels like a different kind of action. Yeah. movie mm-hmm. um it's also those platforms it's weird the the fight gets hard easier as it goes because the platforms get bigger yep the first one is so cramped mm-hmm. that like it is just really like getting past that first one is kind of the the tricky part because it's so easy just to kind of always be in his aggro range yeah for that not even aggro range like his weapon range mm-hmm. if he swings his weapon on that first platform it feels like you're gonna get hit um another thing i found out during this fight and part of the reason why i quit it was that uh, your QTE kind of dodge roll does not have iframes. Oh, shit. So you can, it just actually just moves you. So if you're in a corner, which you're often likely to be in this like really, really short thing, if he does that jumping up attack, you do the dodge prompt that it wants you to do. If he's above you, he's still going to come down right on you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that up until that point, I had done a bad job of gathering treasure perhaps because yeah. I didn't have tons it's, of resources. It's so limited. Like everything is constrained in the, uh, in the separate ways campaign. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, you, you, and there's less to spend money on. Um, I just had, I just had a really hard time with it enough to where yeah. like, I could just keep beating my head against this, but I don't like it. Yeah. I'm like, I ran into that same thing with, uh, with the Sather fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, man, like I just could not figure out what would actually make that make that winnable because you have to do so much damage to it to get him to expose his eye through his mouth. Again, he has to vomit up an eyeball to, uh, to win mm. this. Um, but, uh, like it would either be, okay, I fire five of the bow bolts into it, or like I use all of my weapon, <laughs> all of my rifle ammo into it to make him do it. 
Um, yeah. and I just didn't do it. And like, and I, I was, I was disappointed because like, I've no, I've no, I've done this in the past, but I have no recollection of what story beats are revealed by that. The, um, I looked, I watched, uh, somebody play it okay. you know, online and I, every time I watched somebody play any of these parts, they had an order of magnitude, more resources than I did. Yeah. Which just leads me to believe that it might be a situation where like, if you start failing, you keep failing, mm-hmm. which feels very contrary to the spirit of resident evil four, right? Like, yep. If the idea is I fuck myself over by not being diligent in the first in the early game, yeah, the game should adjust to that, and these boss yeah. fights don't seem to adjust to that. And, and right? I just was not willing to like restart two and a half chapters before this to like yeah. get back to it with a with a place where I would have more. It's not that long. More it's juice. just yeah, yeah. You know the the content I was playing it for the gameplay situations are actually different. Were too few and the uh, the lore stuff I could read about, and also yeah. I liked better when I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. Like, I inferred that it was Ada, anyway, who rang the church bell. When yeah, she shows up, yeah. it was kind of a cool moment to be like, oh, okay, I've got a guardian okay. angel. And like, yeah, yeah. But then like, to actually have to do it is not that interesting. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's it's a little bit unnecessary. Like, it's more for you if you want a challenge mode for this kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, if you just look at it as the Leon portion of things, like, it is one of these nearly perfectly balanced experiences Yes. That it is it is really, really hard to assail um, if you're willing to take this game on its terms as a, you know, tank controls in disguised aiming base shooter, you know, mm-hmm. that like came before everything, but like established the rules for this kind of action game. Like, I have nothing bad to say about it aside from the stuff that I laughed about before like they're they're, they're really bad QTE kind of stuff but like Mm -hmm. if you took that away this would be just superlative somebody is screaming about this because uh, and I don't uh, not again, not putting you on blast something uh, escaped your notes is there's a part where you're actually where you do a sliding block puzzle ah yeah Um, I suppose Uh, uh, and those should be illegal yeah Um, yeah. I, I hate those like hate Hate, 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 so, hate, 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 hate. Um, like it <laughs> is every, every single micro micro angstrom. Yeah. If yeah. I if I didn't like make a note of that, it's just because I fucking hated it. Um, yeah. yeah. You you were in a hurry to get out of that room and get to more game, so you weren't didn't stop and make notes. Like yeah. I, I totally get that. I just wanna like as far as demerits, which are so so few, like mm-hmm. I really never want to see another one of those again. Yeah. Um the uh and I also one of the frustrating things about that is there's no way to reset it. So I got to the point where I wanted to go on GameFAQs and just do a guide mm-hmm. for it because I'm like, I hate doing this. No, nope. it, it has, it's persistent. Yep. So you can't, I can never get to that starting position. So I just kind of ended up fucking around with it forever. Yeah. And those never feel like puzzles. They just feel like move these things around enough until it works. Yeah. You know, um, super sucks. Yep. But other, like, it's like that, a couple of QETEs, um, a couple of things in the side material and the rest of it is like literally perfect. Yeah. Um, such a joy in my hands. Like it just felt really good to (laughs) when when 80% of a thing is superlative, like, is it fair to judge it against its worst 20%? And when it's worst 20% is like BB plus, right? You know, other than like, again, that slang block puzzle, a couple of like instant death things, but like the parts of this in the last part that felt a little padding, like the combat dungeon things were not unfun to play. Mm-hmm. If that was the first time those things had come up, I would have been overjoyed Yep. to have them show up. Like, it's fantastic content. Everything in this game scales to where, like, you know, regular enemies maintain being fun to fight. Regular items are fun to use. Like, <laughs> everything, the core gameplay of it is so strong that, like, it never, 
actually gets bad. Yeah. It's those parts are only bad judging on a curve. Yeah. You know, so it's if if everything is a plus except for part of it that is B plus, like yeah. that's still, you know, a four point oh in in my book. Yeah. Um. And, and so, like, what's frustrating is, like, you know, if somebody is looking at this, like, I am a Resident Evil fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one, two, three, and Code Veronica are very different things than four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I can see that they attempt to at least fictionally, you know, juke toward very similar ideas. But it's like, recognize that they're trying to do different things. Judge this by intent, you know? And at the very least, I, you know, Resident Evil 4 is like a cheese pizza. We can all at least agree on it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's the the nice sweet spot between there. Like, even if you're not going to be into the early Resident Evils, which like, Slagging on early Resident Evils is a pet peeve of mine yeah, because it's not yeah. because it's people should like it, but because when people do it, the language they use, I feel like is inaccurate. Hey, Gary, high five. You know, hey, <laughs> uh, you know, games don't need defending. Games aren't people. I right. don't need to defend their honor, but it is the way people talk about that game kind of bothers me. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so this game is in a weird position, though, where it's it's getting it's getting the best of both worlds, but also the worst. Yep. So like people, you know, since this isn't a Resident Evil one podcast, like we, I think we already went through that rant and remake mm-hmm. for this. People will come to this game with wanting a verb set that came from later, you know, games that like they want get regenerating health, things that kind of became associated yeah. with the, the like genre. They'll, they'll come to this from Gears of War because Gears of War probably wouldn't have existed as quickly without this. Mm hmm. And and you again the same way you have to take RE one on its terms you have to take this on its terms as well mm-hmm. and if you start paying attention I feel like and like, that might sound condescending but it's one of those things where yeah. if you're looking at the design the game is designed it, it is the only possible version of it it can be yeah you know and that is that is a definition of perfection right like if if every element if you took anything away it would ruin it and if you added anything it would ruin it mm-hmm. that's perfection yeah you know that's Tetris. Um, this has a lot of that going for it. Yeah. You know, a lot of kind of regenerating health would ruin this. You wouldn't have scarcity. You wouldn't have, you know, the sense of tension, Mm -hmm. a dodge, you know, a quick dodge button would ruin this. Yeah. Like you, you know, you don't, one, you don't need it, but two, you have to be a little bit vulnerable to have any sense of danger. You know, if you could kind of like, you know, a lock on would ruin this. Yep. Um, you know, it's a game about aiming. Like a lot of these kind of modern conveniences of these types of games uh, won't work for the game that they made. Yep. You know, for as revolutionary as it is and influential as it is, it is very much of its time, but it's also timeless. Yep. You know? Yeah. So, like, if you can fall between those relatively wide goalposts, like, mm-hmm. I mean, this is as close as you're going to get to an unequivocal win. It's actually, like, as far as things that we've done for the show that are, like, Perfect Ten kind of things this is the easiest one to recommend outside of say, you know, like super Mario world or something. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, this like this is, this is the classic Nintendo level perfection. Like I yeah. love, 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 love shadow of the Colossus. Right. Mm-hmm. I can imagine the person who would not like it, mm-hmm. you know, Hey, this is too slow. These things that you love about it are kind of singular and they're more yeah. for a niche audience. This yeah. lack of this loneliness is not something that everyone seeks. Yeah. At the, at the very least as somebody who really, really got active in gaming as of like 2012, like, mm-hmm. let's say when Spec Ops The Line was, like, getting out there and subverting this exact same style of gameplay. 
So let's mm-hmm. say like, you know, if you're somebody who was getting active in that and, and, and you know, Gears of War 2's, you know, Spec Ops line kind of way, like this is a way for you to like work backward and get the flavor of the things that at least we here on the show really value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It is. Uh, it is the easiest to recommend 10 out of 10 that we've done for the show. I agree. And it's been a long time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know when we're going to get to this next 10 out of 10 level. There are just so many games. Uh, episode 200. Ah, true. Like we, which, I mean, that we, which we're keeping secret. Yeah, we've got planned, but it's, I, I think that's, that's up there. <laughs> so, but even that is not, yeah. I mean, I don't want to give out more, but like that, even that's different. You yep. know, that's even a hard, that's not a, I can, I can run into a hundred people and recommend a hundred people play it. Yep. So this yeah. is uh yeah, I'm really glad we did it. And this is do it. You know, like it's yeah. super available. Like if you have mm-hmm. a PC and if you don't run into that weird little instability bug, go for it. But if you have a yeah. console, like, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, whatever you have, whatever you crazy kids are getting into, this is going to be available for you. Um, and that is a huge feature of the way things that have, you know, of the way things have evolved over the past 12 mm. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it's, I just played it and it doesn't sound like playing a new game doesn't sound bad. Nope. You know, like picking I, it up like, like right now feels pretty good. No, I want to go good. through. I want to get that Chicago, uh, Chicago typewriter. That thing so trivializes the game in such a fun way. I know, right? Like it, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then the uh, Ashley suit of armor. Yep. Uh, that makes her invincible is very fun. Yeah. Where the, there's so many like little details to this, like when uh, Ashley, if if you catch Ashley, you'll kind of grab your back for a second <laughs> afterwards while she's wearing the uh, the suit of armor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if she has the suit of armor or uh, Ganado's will as well, if they pick her up, <laughs> they kind of grab their back because she's too heavy. Yeah. Um, tons of that little that little attention to detail that like. You know, yeah, and and that's the stuff that led Platinum to being like one of the best studios that exists today. Yeah, 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 really phenomenal stuff. Um, so yeah, that's what we think about this. Yeah. Um, if you have anything to say about our poll winner game, which yeah. we're ready to announce, is the next game we're recording. We have our next episode will be a live one, or is the poll winner coming out before that? Uh, it is going to be the live one, and then the poll mm-hmm. winner, and then WRPG. Okay. The um the live episode is about Pokemon Yellow. Yep. Um, recording at the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Mm-hmm. Um, the time this comes out, I think you still have some time to go get maybe to that. A, maybe a day or two to write in yep. about Bastion. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I was going to say to go to the go to the the show. Oh shit! Yeah. It'll come out next yeah. Thursday. Um, if you're in the Pacific Northwest, please come to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. We would us, love uh, to meet you. Um, I yes. would like to think that we are um, personable people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the uh, that night, that Saturday, the twenty second, um, we have a meetup. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be at Quarter World uh, at 7 p.m. There's a $3 cover to get in. We just It's pretty informal. We just have a couple tables set up where we need some snacks, play some weird video games. Yeah. Uh, drink. Drink. Yep. Uh, drink, 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 drink. Yep. Drink, drinks. Yeah. Uh, but we'd love to see you there. So please come to that. Yeah. Um, after um, that, we're talking about Bastion. Bastion. Which won our poll. Yeah. Um, so if you have anything to say about Bastion, that's duffy.tv forward slash contact. Yes. Um, so after Bastion, we're going to uh, be doing our Western RPG, which is going to be a little bit more nebulous than the way we've done things a little you know, before. Yeah, this is this is the most we've kind of agonized over one of these. <laughs> um, picking it, and I'm really glad where we landed yeah. um, on it. Because so the big gaping uh, kind of blind spot in our Western RPG thing is Bioware. <laughs> Yep. Um, we've done, you know, we've done Bethesda. We've done you know, all these things. We haven't done Bioware. Uh, so we're doing Neverwinter Nights 2. Um, but for those of people who are 
you know, freaking out about this or anything, we are also including Mask of the Betrayer. Yes. Which is uh, probably we're going to spend most of our time. We're still kind of figuring out the delineations. Yeah. We we have to play it more than anything. And that is the uh, the peril with any of these is yes. you have to play it before you know how you're going to split it up. My sense and my gut is that Mask of the Betrayer, given its Avalone touch, uh, is going to re- you know require a lot of our attention. Um, but uh, a lot of that attention is going to require the context that the base Neverwinter Nights 2 yeah. uh, game gives. Yeah, and it is this weird situation where, uh, I, I speaking for myself, I am barely in a spot where I can do this, but I, I am just kind of, I'm assigned, ahead on assignment play, finished Pokemon, I finished Bastion, mm-hmm. or I'm going to finish Bastion like an hour. We, like, um, we, we both beat Bastion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're both, yeah, we're both really, really far ahead. We're not quite to the bonfire side chat section where we're going to be playing full games for it. Right. This game kind of got in right under the wire. If Dark Souls 3 had been a little bit shorter mm-hmm. than it is, um, or if the DLC was not coming out when it is, uh, which is really soon, yeah. um, then uh, <laughs> this would be a significantly harder thing to do. But we yeah. happen to be in a position where we can do 80 hours of <laughs> of crunchy Western RPG for the show. Yeah. And I've never beaten Neverwinter Nights 2. Mask of the Betrayer is like the Chris Avalon thing I care about that I haven't played. Yep. Um, you know, I, at some point I'll play KOTOR 2. Um, it's hard to go over the Star Wars thing for me. I will probably never play that South Park game, but this <laughs> is so up my alley that it's it's silly that I've never done it. Yeah. No. So I'm excited for this uh, just because I love Neverwinter Nights 1 um, and that engine that it's in and the creation engine. Um, I, I want to go back to uh, Forgotten Realms, especially in the wake of us really starting up this 2E uh, monster manual podcast that we've mm-hmm. done called monster my podcast um, Forgotten realms great yeah yeah Forgotten realms great um so i think this is gonna be really good if you want to write in about that uh that is duckbeat.tv slash contact we will sort everything out uh <laughs> as it goes uh, mm-hmm. but um you know uh expect that stuff to be divided between the main game uh mask of the betrayer and then whatever the thing of storms is which nobody really talks about yeah, yeah, and we're, I'm gonna take a look at that and see if that's. I'm not necessarily committing to that. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But we know at the very least we're doing the basic base base game and Mask of mm-hmm. the Betrayer. Yeah. Um, here's something that we should announce now. Uh, we should talk about Duckstream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least say when it is. Um, so we've scheduled our charity event. Yes. For the fall, a lot of people have asked about it. Um, it's going to be the weekend of November 11th. So uh, that night, starting on Friday, November 11th, uh, through the night of Sunday, the 13th. We are going to be charity live streaming. Yes. The exact content of that is still up in the air. Yep. Um, first 24 hours is Portland Branch. Uh, so that's going to be me, Brayton, and Nick, as well as uh, guests and friends and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, Will said he'd come by and hang out for a while. Nice. Doing stuff. Um, traditionally, I've always done uh, played done a full Souls game playthrough. <laughs> um, this year, I kind of opened up a bunch of Twitter polls. I'm not going to do that this year. Yeah. Um, I, you know. Yeah, I could play through Bloodborne, but I think it would take me longer than I'm comfortable with. Um, yep. I'm not thirsty for another Dark Souls 3 playthrough. So True. skipping that, um, I think what we're going to do instead is play through some old NES games, to kind of their completion. Mm. Um, we have a lot of fun stuff planned. Um, we're going to have donation incentives uh, where for if you donate a certain amount of money, you can dictate uh, either a uh, game we cover for Check It Out Comrade uh, during the coming year or a song that we do on Teenage Dirtbags mm. during the coming year. Uh, we're doing live performances of both those podcasts. Nice. Uh, Nick is going to play through Journey for the first time, and then we're going to do an episode about it. 
Oh, nice. Um, it's going to be a rollicking good time. Yeah. Um, and for the Cincinnati uh, tier, just because, you know, Dennis has two children and a wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that is the only person that I have locally to me here out in the barren Midwest. Uh, we may end up uh, bringing in some uh, some folks. I will uh, talk about that as it goes on. Um, but mm -hmm. um, I am trying to decide... Uh, Gary, let me know because, like, mm -hmm. I want this to be an open uh, discussion. Do you want me to do Final Fantasy IV in its entirety, or do you want me to Ooh. do as many Resident Evil games as I can be, as I can do, starting from chronologically the beginning in Resident oh, Evil wow. Zero? That, that's really um, my instinct. So I will be sleeping during this, so I probably won't be getting. Oh to watch yeah, it. for sure. But like, just let me know as as a person yeah. who knows entertainment. I think that the Resident Evil thing is great. Yep. Because then, I mean, even if you just get through like three of them, uh -huh. that's still really consistent and, and kind of full <laughs> as an experience. Yep. My um, worry with Final Fantasy IV is that you would maybe not get through it. Yep. You know, that game can be longer than that. If you have to end in the middle of like a section, that's kind of a bummer. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, I was I, like, that was the thing. The other thing I was going to, you know, thought that maybe you would say that, uh, have you done a stream yet? Have you done Silent Hill 4? Oh, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because that's, that's a game that I'm curious about but don't really want to play at the moment, so that would be one <laughs> it's, of the It's up on YouTube, man. YouTube.com cool. slash ChuckVTV. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, do the uh, do the Resident Evil thing, man. Yeah, yeah. That's a great okay. idea. Yeah, we'll see. Um, so we may have some uh, some very helpful and uh, loving folks uh, coming in to uh, stop me from going crazy with anxiety as I stay up much longer than I ought to. Um, but mm -hmm. <laughs> this is going to be a fun weekend. It is for uh, an amazing cause. Um, yes. I think that we're going to uh, kind of break some records for ourselves I hope as so. we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so again, of course, so we didn't mention this yet. We do this for Transactive Gender Center every yes. year. Yeah. Um, you know, a cause that we really love. Um, mm -hmm. They're fantastic. You should reach out. Um, in the past, we've also done, uh, West Coast has done like a a certain threshold in which we do something. So the last time it was the um, the relaunch of the pitch. Yep. Which game we got to a certain level and then uh, did that. That's reaching its end. Um, this year, if we reach a threshold, it's probably going to be like $2,000. And to keep it modest because we want to do it, and also I don't want to get you know <laughs> cocky about it, um, Brayden and I, in looking through our Teenage Dirtbags archives, have found video footage of uh, one of our old celebrations every year for Teenage Dirtbags since the podcast started in Pripyat. Um, <laughs> the two of us go to a karaoke place and sing songs from the podcast to each other. Oh, shit. Um, as a two-man thing, and we found video footage of that. So okay. we will release that as a ransom on oh, Duck Street. Gary, is this going to get in the way of me singing smooth at PRG? I, they are unrelated. We did this years ago. Okay. I mean, when we sang smooth, we sang all of the songs from that we've done on Teenage Dirtbag so okay. far at this uh, at this thing. But you should definitely, uh, you know, we don't own smooth. We okay. don't own <laughs> so, so, smooth. Yeah, nobody owns smooth. You can own a smooth. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be, I mean, there's lots of good reasons to give. It's such a good cause. Yeah. And we love doing it every year. And like, it's going to be really fun. So yeah. hopefully you'll join us and details will go up. Watch social media spaces. Yes. For that stuff. No, it is a, it is a fantastic cause. It helps uh, just a lot of young people um, and mm -hmm. just a lot of people who, you know, could use our help. So yeah. um, this is the third year that we've done it. Mm -hmm. um, and boy, oh boy, I couldn't be prouder of the way our community is, uh, our community has responded to this. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is really, really astounding. Um, if you want to help us out, um, boy, done announcement city here after the end of like <laughs> our longest episode, I know 
The um, we recently restructured our Patreon goals. Yes. If you go to patreon.com forward slash deck TV, you can see what those new goals are. Yeah. Um, they're all structured to give you more stuff to do more things. Mm-hmm. Um, and we think you'll like them. Yep. Uh, that's going to take effect a couple of days after this episode comes out. Uh, November 1st is the time when all of those are going to uh, take place. Um, but check this out. Make sure that you know what you're getting into. Uh, we think that it is going to work out best for everybody. And uh, boy, oh boy, does that get you more and more content like our Adaptation Decay podcast, um, our Duck Tracks, which is replacing a bunch of other stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm really proud of it. I think that Gary and I um, have found a way to uh, make this work. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be really fantastic, I think. Yeah. So um, please join us there. Um, you know, we love to we love to have you. You get a lot of cool stuff, um, ratings, reviews, all that stuff. We've already run long, so you know that stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah. So uh, until next time, what should they watch out for? Cool. Uh, watch out for Garadors. Those are the blind ones, right? Um, Novistor. Ah, here they come. Yep, they're man eaters. <laughs> I know during that entire episode, you were saying, why didn't they bring up the snakes in the boxes? Why didn't they do it? And I'll tell you, like, you know, 20 hours after we recorded that, I was walking to the bathroom. Normal bathroom is just going to take a pee. Regular old urine, just out of the old dangarang. Same thing I do, like, once every couple weeks. And I slapped myself in the forehead and I thought, we didn't mention the snakes in the boxes. For the record, the first time that happens is hilarious. It's almost as funny as anything in this game. But we forgot to bring it up because we talked about the game for four hours uh, and covered, I feel like, almost everything else. So do apologize for that. I apologize to any snakes out there. Um, I like you. I apologize to any boxes out there. Uh, and yeah, so uh, next time we'll do better by snakes. That does not mean we'll be doing a snake rattle and roll episode. It does mean we'll be doing a uh, MTV Snake My Video episode. Thank you.